warning, pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 391. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Pushovers, pop culture. Leftovers. And the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Leftovers. You're listening to the only podcast with the balls to bite a radioactive spider. It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, five, five four, 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 three, three, two, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake, and, and we're, we're the leftovers. leftovers. Yeah, yeah. Had some had some audio issues earlier, Jake. That we I think you're coming in now, uh, pretty loud, pretty good. All right, all right. I'm glad I'm breaking your ears now. Not really. No. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. I'll cause pain in other ways later. Oh, I'm sure you will. Pain in my ass. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> we're not alone. Thank God. Thank God. Uh, we got uh, Paul Hart from the Apple to Oranges podcast. Hey, thanks for having me on. I'm excited uh, to talk to you guys tonight. Paul, question. Any relation to Kevin Hart? Yeah, totally. You don't see the family resemblance. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> uh, uh, this is going to be a bad week, Jake. I don't know. <laughs> yeah we needed paul there and we got nothing <laughs> no that, that's all me man like the setup was terrible paul went with it but man there was on my end it was ser- seriously lacking uh and we're also joined uh from uh from uh yeah yeah jake i'm fucking up <laughs> you got this brian come on <laughs> It's my fault. <laughs> we also have uh, Kevin Shanks from the Toxcast, Dose Makes the Poison, and Nobody Asked You, Kevin. Welcome, Kevin. Hey, I am glad to be here tonight. Thanks for having me. Happy to have you, sir. Uh, yeah. I don't know. What are we doing now, Jake? <laughs> Shit, I don't know. You want to break again? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know anymore. All right. Yeah, we're doing a show. We're going to be talking about things and stuff and everybody. Yeah, that's how it works. Uh, let, you know what? Let's not bury the lead, Jake. I, uh, I want to let everybody know that I did, uh, I did go see, um, uh, early screening, uh, in St. Louis. They were of, uh, the Suicide Squad. They were, um, 
And actually, I found out like uh, an hour or two before I actually got like the official email from DC saying that there were going to be screenings. Stephen Farshid found out and sent me, you know, the information. So I signed up for tickets in uh, St. Louis and uh, didn't know if I was going to go or not, but I wanted to make sure that I had a ticket to go see it. And then kind of like last minute decision, I was like, I'm going. I'm going to go see the Suicide Squad uh, Thursday night in St. Louis. And so I did. It's kind of wild. Like what they do is uh, you'd sign up for it. They send you – it's a free ticket. You don't pay for it. And um, they you print out your ticket. They scan it. But they print out more tickets than they actually let people attend the event. Oh, no. So if you don't show up early and get a seat, uh, they'll turn you away. And so <clears throat> I showed up. I showed up an hour and a half early. I got awesome seats. Um, I don't fuck around with that shit, Jake. When I when I go to a movie, I'm gonna if it's something like that, you know, like a big movie, I'm not gonna fuck around because I'm not gonna be stuck in the front row or I don't know, you know, some some shitty seat. So yeah, I went to. Sing. I had a there was a fucking car. So I'm driving. I it was I was almost like uh, like nature like. Did not like Mother Nature. Did not want me to watch this movie. First off, there was a storm on the way back that was insane. But anyway, on the way there, um, this car, this this fucking truck, excuse me, like all of a sudden, like I see this truck swerving, and the tire, their front left tire is like turned, turned instead of like I how how would I say this instead of turned like going the direction of traffic it's this front left tire starts taking its own right <laughs> and, and oh my god dude <laughs> and all of a sudden like this fucking bolt is bouncing down the road i thought it was a rock and it was actually a bolt and it hits my fucking car didn't damage my car thank god but then this fucking tire flies off this truck and starts coming at my car <laughs> Oh my god! I'm like, what the fuck? So I had to dodge this fucking tire, <laughs> and I'm literally like three minutes away from the theater when this happens. It's it's almost like it's almost like you know, yeah, fucking the universe. Final destination shit. Yeah, the universe was just like, fuck you. You're not gonna be able to watch this movie. Not today, sir. No. And uh, but I dodged the fucking tire and and felt bad for dude. But I was like, fuck you. I gotta watch the Suicide Squad. <laughs> so I, <laughs> just left him there with this piece of shit truck uh but yeah <laughs> got to the got to the movie and uh and i have seen the suicide squad so uh i did promise uh on social media and on you know facebook and twitter that i would be giving my rating a week early and uh you know i guess uh, I, i'm not going to get into sp- too too much spoiler territory. I'm not going to spoil the movie for you, but uh, I am going to tell you a few things about the film uh, and definitely my rating. Um, yeah, man, uh, a lot of hype for this movie. And Jake, I'm going to tell you right now, like this is going to be your favorite. I know this is kind of a dumb statement, but it's going to be your favorite DC movie out of all these DC movies that have come out. Um, I believe it. I believe yeah, it, I know. It's, I mean, I've said multiple times in this podcast, it's my number one anticipated movie. And I, words can't express how jealous I am that you, you were able to get to this thing. Well, I fucking, I, you know, 
I wanted you to come, but you couldn't make it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was trying to fucking move mountains, but, of course, like, the day you ask me, someone walks out on my job. And, yeah. Yep, yep. You know how that works. Yeah. Um, I this, – this is – I haven't felt this way about walking out of a, a superhero movie probably since, like, Endgame. Like, it's – and it's, but it's different than Endgame. Like you're thinking about different things when you leave Endgame than what you're thinking about when you leave the Suicide Squad. Um, the Suicide, like the Endgame just had like, you know, a lot of like fan service and, and, uh, amazing moments in it. And talk about fan service, like, you know, Cap holding Mjolnir and stuff like that, which is really cool. And that, you think about that kind of stuff when you leave that movie. And of course, Tony's death and his sacrifice and everything. This movie, you just leave thinking like how super fucking cool this movie was and like how amazing, um, it is that, uh, James Gunn was given the, the free reign to do this. I'm going to rate it. Let me, let me, I'll, let me play the rating system here real quick, just in case this is your first time listening. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. It's a Tupperware, like right out of the gate. It's a Tupperware. This is this is phenomenal. Nice. It's just like I, I can't believe how fucking amazing this movie was. Like Warner Brothers gave him insane amounts of freedom to do whatever he wanted to, especially taking advantage of this R rating because it fucking right like right out of the gate. It is fucking brutal, brutal. Um. <laughs> Um, movie starts with even just like a, like a, a little bit of violence. It's just a, such a small scene the way it starts off with, but it's just like the tiniest bit of violence. The movie, it'll start with, it starts with a Johnny Cash song and you see Michael Rooker's character of Savant. I'm not going to get it. I'm, that's, that's all I'm going to say there, but it gets super fucking violent and there are some amazing kills in this movie. And, um, I will tell you that Amanda Waller is so fucking evil in this movie. Super fucking evil. And she is so goddamn good in this fucking film. Um, <laughs> I couldn't believe, uh, her character. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, ask me some questions. Go ahead. If you have any questions for me about the movie, Go ahead and Without ask. Without spoiling too many song choices, what was your overall feel of the of the score? I liked it. I liked it. There's there was uh I think maybe one song like I really didn't connect to, but other than that, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, and there was a lot like it had that James Gunn kind of thing where there was maybe six or seven actual songs played yeah. throughout the movie. Yeah, it's nothing like Guardians at all. It's nothing like Guardians at all, but it yeah, it, there's definitely those yeah, there's definitely a, it. It feels like a James Gunn movie, but it feels like a James Gunn movie. It's just it's not. This is not Marvel. Like I've had somebody on Twitter ask me, like, is does this just feel like a James Gunn Marvel movie, but in DC? And I'm like, no, not at all. Like he he wants to give you he he is pushing this R rating in this movie. 
There are kills. There are, there is blood. There is sex. There's a fucking, and there was an article written about it. And I, I told John Arvidon from, um, uh, comic book resources that there's full frontal male nudity in this fucking movie. That happens. Like I, I was like, what in the fuck? And it, it's good. <laughs> and it, it's hilarious too. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Any other questions? I, I yeah. Was there a, oh, go ahead. I was going to ask if it, like, if seeing this got you excited for the Peacemaker show. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. I'm definitely, I can't wait for Peacemaker. I, I was going to ask, um, uh, can you say, does Polka Dot Man have a large role or is he just kind of a ancillary character? Is uh, that too much? No, that's not, that's not too much to ask at all. Um, Polka Dot Man is, is, as far as like your major characters go, um, I mean, I think a lot of people get, a lot of people get a lot of screen time, the, as much as they can give them. Um, and Polka Dot Man does get some screen time. He has a character arc in this, and okay. it, his right. character arc is awesome. Um, I will say one thing, Polka Dot Man, and this is not spoiling really anything at all. Polka Dot Man has serious mommy issues and it comes up in this movie and it is so fucking incredible how James Gunn, um, handles this character of Polka Dot Man, which is like a character that's like laughed at, you know, in the comics. And he takes mm-hmm. this character and he, and oh my God, does he give Polka Dot Man, um, David Dusmalkian gives him this amazing character arc. And I love it. They explain his, his powers. Um, you see, I don't, I, yeah, um, I don't want to get into it too much because everybody's going to be able to watch this in a few days. So was, uh, was King Shark awesome? Yes. Oh God. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love King Shark. I absolutely love King Shark. Stallone is fucking great as the voice and, um, does a great job. So I loved King Shark and, um, I will say, uh, Cena is really good. And, uh, yes. there's, there's this really cool kind of like, um, you know, like alpha male rivalry going on between Peacemaker and Bloodsport played by Idris Elba. That, and there's a scene in the movie that is just incredible between those two. Uh, incredible and hilarious. And then there's another scene later in the movie that's equally as amazing. And how it's all set up. Oh my god, it's so fucking cool. Um, I also will say that James Gunn, in my opinion, has given Harley Quinn the best action scene we've ever seen her in. Oh, that's the, big. The best. And if it would be criminal for them not to let James Gunn direct the next Harley Quinn movie. Like that's, this is a match made in heaven. James Gunn and Margot Robbie working together. Like I, after that action sequence and after what he did with her character in this movie, I cannot see her under anyone else. And I, you know, and I'm, I'm one of the people that loved birds of prey, but like Mm -hmm. that movie pales in comparison to what James Gunn did with her in this movie. Have you seen the news this week that he pitched to both Marvel and Warner Brothers? To it's in our Harvey news. Quinn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's in a, it's it's in our news section. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, yeah, I'm excited. Was there a post-credit sequence? There that are. Was my question. Yeah, there's, I think it's, I think, from what I can remember, I know there's a mid-credit sequence, and I think there's like, yeah, there's a post-credit sequence after all that, too. So there's two. There's a mid and then a post, from what I remember. Like, I, I'm trying to remember, like, I, I'm trying to remember, like, where the second one was. I felt like it was either at the tail end of the movie or if it was like right at the end of the end of the movie. But I, I can't remember, but yes, I think there's two. I guess I just have one more question. Then, how was the, um, the bonus stuff with the James Gunn interview that you got to see exclusively? Oh, it was cool. It was cool. I enjoyed it. I, I didn't stick around for the whole thing though, Jake. Um, I stuck around for probably like 15 minutes of it because it was, super fucking late and I wouldn't get back until um, really late and there was a storm coming through uh, and yeah the storm that I got caught in on the way home was fucking insane like I Ooh. couldn't see shit it was in Litchfield and Raymond and I, I couldn't see this rain and wind and I had semis driving by me and fucking put pushing more water on my car i had to drive like 35 miles an hour through litchfield and raymond uh before i got out of that shit so i wanted to get out of there to kind of like beat the weather but um yeah it was cool from what i saw it was good that's cool i'm surprised it was even more than 15 minutes of material so wow he really went all out for that it was um yeah i feel like i feel like i watched 15 minutes and it was still going um this is uh, I'm telling you, this this is one of the. I haven't been able to stop thinking about this movie. I loved it so much. I love this movie so much. Like I'm, I, I'm not even doing justice how much I love this movie. I. It was it was, has the most like creative way of of showing us like like when it says Warner Brothers presents, it's the most creative way you've ever seen it done in any movie. It is so fucking cool. Um, this movie is so super fucking cool. Uh, I can't stop thinking about it. Um, and I cannot wait to watch it again. And I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna be owning this movie. I, I've already been looking at like the, the Todd McFarlane, he's got like a, uh, the Todd McFarlane, um, figures for this movie. There's Peacemaker, Harley, Bloodsport, and Polka Dot Man. I've had my eye on it. You can buy it like the collector's edition set on uh, Big Bad Toy Store for like a little over a hundred bucks. And I'm just like, oh my god, yeah, I think I want it. I I love this movie. Is Bloodsport's fucking guns in this movie are so fucking cool. Oh my god, so fucking awesome. Idris Elba and his daughter, his daughter who we've seen in the trailers, they get in this fucking shouting match while. While he's in prison, that is super dark, but you're laughing because it's so fucked up. Oh my god, this movie, like James Gunn has just made the, an incredible superhero movie, R-rated superhero movie. And it's just, it's kind of a goddamn shame that the pandemic's going on and like not everybody's going to be able to watch this in the theater and we won't ever know like the true numbers of like what this would have done in the box office because I think like this is another one that I think would be up there with like Joker and um, Deadpool and Logan as far as like these R-rated superhero movies that just blow up the fucking box office because this is 
there is a part in this fucking movie, and I'm not exaggerating at all, where I'm literally slapping my knee from laughing so hard. <laughs> that is the God's honest truth. I was slapping my knee. It was that fucking funny. Um, and it was like this joke that he kind of set up early. And then later on, it comes back, and I lost my shit. And it is, oh my god, the action's incredible, the gore is incredible, um, the way James Gunn writes Harley Quinn is absolutely incredible, and I'm gonna tell you one thing, no one is safe in this movie. No one. Do not expect anyone by the end of this to be alive. Like, did someone just die there? <laughs> yeah, sorry, that was me. Something, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I thought I might have killed someone. Um, don't expect anyone. Like, if, if you've got, like, seriously, just feel like, yeah, just look at it as, as if you're fucking, they're all Sean Beans and it's Game of Thrones. Seriously, that's the only way to watch this fucking movie. No one is safe. You'll never guess who's, like, left by the end of this movie. I, I, you'll never guess. You'll never guess. You just gotta watch this one. No one is safe. Everyone is on the table. Anyone could die at any moment. And that is just so fucking cool to watch this movie. James Gunn really fucking knocked it out of the park with this one. I think this is my favorite James Gunn movie. I, no, I know this is my favorite James Gunn movie because it, it, it takes like, you know, and I love what he did with Guardians, but man, goddammit, I love a good R-rated movie. I love a good R-rated movie that pushes the envelope. And I love good R-rated humor when it's not just like, you know, dick and farts and raunchy bullshit. I mean, you get a little bit of it in here, but like, it's funny. It's funny. Like, some people like overuse the F word like myself on this podcast, but some people like when, when, when you, when you use uh, the F word, you can make it super funny. And James Gunn has like gone uh, above and beyond with this R rating and just fucking just knocked it out of the park. I, I can't stop thinking about this movie and I am pissed off that I can't watch it again until like fucking Thursday when I go back to watch it a, a second time. Oh man, are you going to take advantage of being able to watch it at home a bunch of times too for a month? Uh, I'm going to watch it in theater as much as I can. Um, but yeah, I'll probably, I'll, I'll probably get to the point where it's like I'll watch it at home, but I'm going to take advantage of and watch this one in the theater because it is, it's really awesome. The theater that I went to had, a, it was a nice screen. It was a, it was a, uh, Marcus theater and those are really nice. And I got to sit, it was a recliner, so I got to like lean back and enjoy this one. Oh my god. Yeah. Fantastic experience. I, so glad I went, wouldn't have traded it for the world. Fucking amazing. Yeah, it's absolute Tupperware. This is, this is, um, James Gunn, I think this is his finest movie that I've ever seen. And yeah, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Suicide Squad. Cannot wait. Absolute Tupperware. You guys are gonna love it, Jake. You're gonna fucking you're gonna you're gonna fucking love this movie. Oh my god, I'm so excited. We're going Thursday. I'm just like counting down the days. Oh, oh I can't wait. Where do you rank it with all those other R movies that you named? Is it the best of those? Mm-hmm. Shit, that's a. It's uh. And I'm talking the Logan, yeah. the Joker, uh-huh. Deadpool one, yeah. Uh-huh. That I, I like when you said that I was like oh my god this is a hard question and then it's it's not 
Like this is, yeah, this, in my opinion, in my personal opinion, and this is not shiny toy syndrome. This is like me not being able to stop thinking about this movie since I left it and how super cool it was. And (laughs) yeah, this is better than, in my opinion, like it, like Logan, it's hard to beat Logan, really hard to beat Logan in my opinion. Cause like that's, that's, that's Hugh Jackman, man. That's fucking, that's 20 years with that character. That's hard to beat, but like, I, yeah, I think this is better than that. Oh man. Oh man. It sounds legendary. I, I can't believe it. So I, I think the only one that comes close to it is probably Logan. Cause Logan's, a, that's a hard one to beat because I mean, that just puts a cap on like a man's career as that character and it's a beautiful send off. So it's, yeah, hard. it's a great movie. We waited yeah. so long for a great movie. We yeah. got, you know, a lot of clunkers and a lot of okay movies. Yeah. Yeah. God damn it. Um, it's definitely, it's definitely better than Deadpool. Um, and definitely better than Joker. Yeah. In my opinion. And, and, you know, people are, gonna, people are going to have different opinions about this. I, he goes out of his way. To, there, there are things in this movie that, that will gross certain people out. It's just gonna gross them the fuck out. If, first off, if you have a phobia against rats, do not watch this movie. <laughs> like, there's a character called Rat Catcher 2. Rat Catcher. <laughs> yeah, there's a character called Rat Catcher 2. And so if you have a phobia against rats, you're gonna hate this movie. I will say, uh, the, uh, actor that plays Rat Catcher 2, she is fucking phenomenal. Never seen her in anything before. She's really good really, really fucking good. I loved her interactions with King Shark. Absolutely loved her. So yeah, you guys are gonna, you guys are gonna fucking, Jake, Kevin, Paul, you guys are gonna love this fucking movie. And if you don't, there's something wrong with you because it is fucking incredible. <laughs> this, this news is making my day. It's gonna get me through the entire week now. You're gonna, wait to you're gonna love this. it. Oh my god. Oh god. Waller is so fucking ruthless. Like, she looks like a kitten in the first Suicide Squad compared to this. Yeah, she really doesn't do anything all that evil instead of just kind of, you know, toying with those people's lives. But it's never really painted as malicious or like, or that evil. It's just kind of the plot of the movie and move on to the next thing. Yeah, yeah. So I'm excited that you're saying there's so much gross out stuff because that's always so much fun on like an opening night crowd, like seeing people ooh and do do stuff like that to a movie. So I can't wait to see like reactions to things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I can't I, wait. Taking my kid to go see it. He's yeah. going to great. He's going to have fun. How old is he? He's 11. Oh, God. Oh, my God. (laughs) He's seen just about every other movie that I've seen. Yeah. No, like, I could say, oh, my God. But if I was 11, this is exactly the kind of fucking movie I want to see. Perfect. For sure. For sure. I remember seeing, like, Total Recall the day it came out. And that's kind of what I compare it to. It's like, you know, we'd seen Schwarzenegger movies before, but I'd never seen anything with that much fucking violence and blood in in 90 minutes. It was mind-blowing at that age. Oh, God. Well, I think for me it was, like, it was uh, RoboCop. Oh, that's a good one, too. (laughs) So, oh, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. You guys... 
you guys don't even know what you're in for. You have no idea what you're in for. And maybe I'm gushing. Maybe people are going to think like, oh man, he's gushing way too much about this movie. And it was just because it was like this, you know, pre-screening. I don't think so. I don't think so at all. I really don't think so. I think like this just... If you look at reviews, yeah. I mean, the early reviews, I mean, like on Rotten Tomatoes, it's like a... I mean, there's like 86 fresh reviews and only four Rotten at the moment, so... Yeah. It's overwhelmingly positive. This movie checked a lot of boxes for me, Kevin. It checked a lot of boxes for me. Jeez. You you have, I mean, you've got the, the violence, you've got the humor, you've got great action, you've got over-the-top fucking, just over-the-top villains in certain cases, like um, the thinker. Like, <laughs> he just looks ridiculous. Um, the Oh, it's the Doctor Who guy. Um Peter Capaldi. Peter Capaldi. And he just looks ridiculous. But man, it's just, and I'm like, I'm like, I can't believe they're doing this. This is such a departure from like the Snyderverse stuff. Like, it just feels different. Um, yeah, like James Gunn, I hope that after this, he's just like, yeah, let's do, you know, I'm doing this Peacemaker series. And, uh, yeah, can't wait to get started on my next DC project. Hmm. I, 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 and Stephen Farshid was messaging me. He went and saw this early as well. Stephen Farshid from Smorgasbord podcast with Neil. He, he was like, he was, he was thinking that James Gunn is, he thinks that James Gunn's already writing a, a Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy movie. And I, I, I really think that that could be in the cards. I mean, I've, I've, I have gone on record saying that I, you know, just from hearing James Gunn and Margot Robbie gush over each other and, and this production, that if she likes working with him and he likes working with her, that's who should do the next Harley Quinn movie. And I, after watching this, there's no doubt about it at all. There's no doubt about it. And... um Think about Harley Quinn. She has been, you know, the last movie we saw her in, she's been dealing with the breakup with the Joker and this movie, like James Gunn doesn't miss a beat. He's like, okay, now we've got a Harley Quinn who's not with the Joker. She's single. She's on the market. And man, it's, it's really cool what he does with, with her character. And then like, like I said, the action sequences with her in this are absolutely um, incredible. And then like some, just some of like the, the characters, like yeah, it's the suicide squad and there, there's going to be a, you know, a lot of people that die, but like just some of the characters that you get to meet for such a, like, like a limited time, you know, he just does such a great job and makes like, uh, every moment that they have memorable and just shocked me in certain places where I was like, I can't believe he just fucking did that. Um, there were, there were moments where I was like, oh, like I'm gasping, you know, like, <laughs> like I already told you, I was slapping my knee from laughing so hard. There's moments where I'm gasping in this movie and, uh, I just left with like a smile on my face and on the, on the drive home before I got hit with this fucking hurricane. Um, all I could do is just think about this movie and how I could not wait to see it again and just how super cool it is. It's just a super fucking cool movie. You guys are gonna love it. So that's all. That's it. I'll shut up about the Suicide Squad. Oh yeah, gosh, I I, I cannot fucking wait. I, I'm just so excited. How you're just freaking out about it? Like I can't wait to 
talk about it next week with you and not be so you know veiled yeah yeah <laughs> i can't wait to talk to you guys about it next week it's gonna be so much fun oh man all right all right okay let's move on let's move on um yeah let's jump into what do we oh fuck i don't even have the itunes reviews pulled up all right hold on let's pause all right yeah it's uh time for itunes reviews All right. Yeah. That's fun. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> First one comes from Dread Army. Dread Army. And it's titled, Thank You. And it's five star. It goes on to say, Hey guys, I just want to show my appreciation to Jake and Brian and all the guests you have on. This podcast is something special to me. Not wanting to go down that road, but I struggle with suicidal uh, I struggle, I've struggled with suicide and to hear you guys talk about it makes me feel like you guys are talking to me. I wish the PCL team the greatest success and keep up the great work. And then they go into a, a, a Shang-Chi theory, which, um, I don't know. Not, not, I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm happy for the review, Jake. Love the review. Thank you for the review. I just don't know if iTunes reviews are like the place for like Marvel theories. Yeah, right? yeah, we brought this up before. I, I do not think it is the place for Marvel theories. I don't. Maybe I don't know. Maybe an email. Hmm. Yeah, that'd be much better. It, I mean, not only is it out of place, but it's like that was such a good review. Yeah, it was so sincere and made me feel good about the stuff we do. And then it's like now oh, we're talking. About, now we're talking about energy bands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we're talking about Fing Fing Foom and dragons and ninjas. Yeah, it's like maybe it wasn't sincere. Maybe it was just a road to get to this Marvel thing. Yeah, yeah. No, I, it's. I think it's sincere. I just, I just think. Uh, yeah. If you uh, thank you for the review, and if, if anybody wants to read the theory, it's it's up on our uh, on our iTunes review page, Apple Podcast review page, you can read the theory. I just, yeah, send, send, send me your theories to, uh, comments at popcultureleftovers.com. Don't, don't put those in a review. I, what I, what I like in the reviews is like, you know, like, oh, this is why I like to listen. And, you know, this is the episode that I listened to first. And I really enjoyed this episode. And thank you for this or whatever. And then, uh, you know, tell me what you're doing when you listen to the episodes. Are you a mailman? Are you this? Are you that? But when they start going down in the, into theory territory within the iTunes review. It just kind of, yeah. Not, not my favorite thing, Jake. No, no. Bit of a turnoff. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Next one, uh, next one's titled, The Only Podcast with the Balls to Be Unique. Unique. It's a five star and it comes from Strazier. And, uh, this one, it's the opposite of the last one. This one starts off really terrible and then it gets really good. <laughs> <laughs> so like these these reviews kind of bookend each other, Jake. <laughs> I like it. I'm excited. Yeah, because I'm to say, hey, Pinky and the Brian and Jake off. Oh boy, I know. <laughs> I, I respect you for being able to read that. It, yeah, that's a thing. It, 
I'm embarrassed just listening to this. <laughs> Come on, I got to do better. And then it goes into a Shang Chi theory, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, I've been. Do you think is Jake off? Is that a joke about like jerk off, or is that like the Nicolas Cage John Travolta movie from the late '90s? I believe '90s was it. Is it '96 or '98? I think it was '97, wasn't it? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Could... Is it face off? Is it is it a face off reference? Because mine is a mine is an Animaniacs reference, a show I'm famous famously never really watched. Which <laughs> so okay, and Jake, is it is it jerk off or is it a face off reference, Jake? Uh, my gut says it's a jerk off ref- reference. Yeah. Uh, See, I was thinking like a, a circle jerk jerk off of Jake's. Oh, the Council of the Jerking Off Jakes. <laughs> 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 Just a bunch of Jake clones jerking off in a circle. All the variants of Jake from the different multiverses. Yeah, yeah, and they've all decided to gather together and jerk off in unison. <laughs> we can bring an economy sized bag of socks and <laughs> I've been listening for a couple years now and finally decided to leave an iTunes review after episode 389. Last year was horrid for all of us. I too dealt with suicidal thoughts and tendencies, uh, job issues, family issues, etc. The past two years, you guys have made me feel at home just through conversations that you have. Uh, unashamed, unhinged, and unrelenting. Um, Jake, all you words there. Yeah, those were good. Mm-hmm. I like the alliteration. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, what if he would have thrown it at like just like the shits and giggles umbrellas? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that would have meant. Nah, I think it would have meant that fucking circle jerk off. Nobody's getting the fucking Gallagher watermelon splash from you fucking masturbating all over your clothes. <laughs> I mean, that's why we bring the socks. We're prepared for that. Oh, that's true. Just jerk off into the sock. <laughs> Mm. 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 umbrella i mean you don't really want to have to do something with another hand yeah imagine the laundry from that (laughs) yeah which one of the jakes is doing the laundry (laughs) (laughs) i think everyone's responsible for their own stuff on that the first one the first one to i like that i like that i like gambling and that's that element to it (laughs) Your first, you the laundry. As a small town Indiana boy who moved to the West Coast, this podcast is like talking to my friends back home amongst the corn. Thank you guys for what you do. You've inspired me not only to keep moving forward, but to start my own podcast. Can't wait to hear your reviews of Halloween Kills, as it's easily my most anticipated movie for 2021. And Brian absolutely loved Halloween, uh, talking about the first one from 2018, not the first, first one. Uh, four hours feels like no time at all with the pop culture leftovers. And that comes from Straziar. So thank you, Straziar. That, that did get a lot it gets better. Gets way better. better. Yeah. To be fair, there was nowhere but up to go after that. I mean, it may have been the most cringy thing I've ever heard you read on the podcast. Yeah. P.S. Got a Shang-Chi theory. No. Uh, <laughs> I feel bad. I, I don't, I, and I'm not, and, and like, I don't, I, the person that does that, like, I don't want them to feel 
like bad that they did it or embarrassed. Like it's yeah, you, it's a thing you did. Are we overreacting, Jake? Should we just should we just should we just go with the flow and be nice guys and and read the Shang Chi theory? Are we are we are we overreacting, Jake? Are we asking too much of people? I think we're underreacting, honestly. I think we're being very polite and and honest <laughs> about why we don't like this instead of just losing our cool, which we'd be very validated to do. Right. I like you know it makes sense. Like I, like people send me Marvel emails, you know, like it. You know, they sent me an email and like this is their Marvel theory and stuff like that. I just it just doesn't feel right in an iTunes review. You know what I mean? No, not at all. Not at all. It is terrible. Yeah. I Paul, don't worry, Kevin, I won't drag you into this. You you guys can stay you guys can stay neutral. <laughs> well, no, I think you're right though. I mean they're they're the time and place for everything. You don't give your reviews in an iTunes or you don't give your movie theories and shit in in a uh, iTunes review. Right. The time and place. No fuck it a family reunion. I mean, it's one of those things. <laughs> well, you guys have said this before too. It's not like this is the first time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but I, mean, I like that defense. Uh, I, yeah, we've said it before. Maybe maybe it's a newer listener. You know, they haven't they haven't gone back through the catalog of uh, other episodes where we piss and moan about shit. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like this happens at least twice a year. It does. It does. It really does. <laughs> <laughs> like. Oh, yeah. All right, let's see here. What are we doing here? Oh shit! Uh, so thanks for the iTunes reviews. Um, we've got. Uh, oh, I wanted to also thank um, uh, listener Aaron Ramey who sent a donation. Thank you so much, hey, Jake. This is like two or three weeks in a row where we've gotten donations from from listeners, which is awesome. Yeah, it's been much appreciated. Thank you so much, Aaron. It's very generous of you. I also wanted to. Last week we read the uh, um, iTunes review from uh, from Cody from the Anime Trap House, and he sent me an email saying he was really bad. He was really up. He was really uh, sorry. Excuse me. That he was really sorry that uh, he mentioned uh, me coming on his show, and that he mentioned you know the name of his show and all this stuff. He felt really bad, and I was like, dude, no, dude. It's Jake, you know me. I just gotta call people out on shit sometimes, and like, and he didn't even. He's he's a listener. I'm gonna I'm gonna let him get away with it. It's no big deal, man. It's no big deal. He felt yeah, really yeah, bad. Yeah, we'll we'll let it slide, but not without a good heaping of shit thrown on top of you. Yeah, initially, an initial heaping of shit, followed by after you clean off, followed by hugs. So hugs all around. <laughs> Yeah, it's like Biff gets shit dumped on him, and then he's allowed to clean our car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the funny thing about that, Jake, is like I was actually thinking of Back to the Future when we were talking about heaps of shit. So uh, the whole that's min- funny. We, we were both getting there. yeah, yeah. I was just like, ah, I'm not going to bring that up, even though you're thinking it, Brian. Don't bring it up. And then, and then you did, Jake, and it, it, it got some laughs, and I was like, fuck, I should have brought that up. <laughs> uh, let's go over our contest, uh, winner from last week. Last week we had the, uh, contest for, uh, Star Trek Discovery Season 3. Guys, I'm not sure if it's on DVD or Blu-ray, but somebody's gonna win it. And, uh, yeah, let's go over the winner right now. I'm going to be choosing the winner here for that, and then I'll reach out to you, and we'll get it sent to you. The winner is going to be Marissa Armstrong. All right. Good job, Marissa. What if she's got, like, really weak arms, dude? 
<laughs> like I'm talking like frail Mr. Glass Samuel L. Jackson shit. Oh man, oh man, that that would be very ironic. My my second grade teacher's name was Mrs. Armstrong, and when I was in second grade, we still had uh, swattings if you were bad, and uh, she was known to be the worst swatter, as in the best she with the strongest swing and the strongest arm so her name was very fitting oh wow mrs arm she was a bitch wasn't she yeah she was a she was a professional bowler which really added to the mystique of how hard she would she would wow (laughs) wait wait she was like she was a professional bowler well she was like you know she made money bowling and had trophies and so as professional as you could get, you know, back in the oh the sure, 80s. sure, yeah. I just didn't know if I'd be turning on ESPN and see, you know, Mrs. Armstrong there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, this is this is pre we had a million sports channels, so I, I don't think that kind of thing was getting much air back in. There was no Ocho back then. I got I I, I almost got hustled years ago from a from a pool player, and. Um, at the end of it, he was like, you know what? I was going to hustle you out of some money and blah, blah, blah. He's like, I really, he's like, I really like you though. So I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but, um, and we became friends after that. We would hang out and shit and then, you know, we'd pick him up and we'd all go out drinking and shit, but he would do amazing like pool tricks and shit. But anyway, years later, I hadn't seen the guy in forever. What he would do is he would just go, <laughs> Jake, he would go from town to town and just fucking like go into different pool halls and make money off of people, and then once people found out that he was a professional, he would then move on to the next town. And yeah. he would he would sell off all his shit. I bought his TV from him. I, it was like a 32-inch um, Sanyo TV, and I got it for like 100 bucks or something. He was just like, I'm selling all my shit and moving to a new town. Anyway, long story short, fucking... I'd say mm, six, seven years later, I turn on ESPN and there's Alex on TV. I'm like, holy shit. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cool guy. He, he would play me. For, he started, uh, hustling me, playing me for beers and I, I beat him like three times. So I won three beers and then he was going to go into cash for the next game. And he's like, dude, I'm, I was going to go for cash for the next one. And, uh, I'm not going to do this because I like you. This is the deal. That, that that was what he did. Did he proceed to show you how good he was the next game too? Oh my god, he fucking whooped my ass, dude. <laughs> oh my god! And then he would do like these amazing pool tricks. Like he would set like the he would set sticks up. It was like a game of mousetrap on the fucking table. It was insane. <laughs> all the shit that this guy could do. It was so cool. Oh, guys, we've got a new contest. Uh, hailed by critics and audiences around the world, the biggest thriller of the summer, A Quiet Place Part 2, is now available on 4K Ultra HD, Blu-ray, and digital. Following the deadly events at home, the Abbott family must now face terrors of the outside world as they continue their fight for survival in silence. Starring Emily Blunt, Killian Murphy, and Jaiman Hansu, the terrifyingly suspenseful thriller A Quiet Place Part 2 comes with exclusive bonus content featuring director John Krasinski, who takes viewers deeper into the world of A Quiet Place. Also, you can experience the whole Abbott family saga with the two-movie collection available exclusively on Blu-ray and digital. This is rated PG-13 from Paramount Pictures, and we're giving out five physical blu-ray copies of a quiet place part two 
to celebrate the movie's uh, release. All you need to do, I'm going to be sending out a Quiet Place Part 2 tweets and a Facebook post. All you have to do is share it or retweet it, screenshot that you did it, send it to me, comments at popcultureleftovers.com, title it A Quiet Place Part 2, and next week I will go over the five winners of this contest. This is a great contest, Jake. Oh, yeah. Maybe the best movie we've ever given away. Oh, yeah. Yeah, fantastic film. I fucking love this movie. I don't know. The Indiana Jones ones were good, too, Jake. Oh, yeah. I, I forgot about the Indiana Jones. That was a fucking steal. I mean, it came with... There's nothing bad about A Quiet Place Part 2, though, and Indiana Jones came with Crystal Skull. That's true. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Guys, enter the contest. We'll go over the winners next week. But uh, I fucking love The Quiet Place Part 2. Um, saw it in the theater once. I've been wanting to go back out and see it again. Just haven't made the time. It's on Paramount now. You can watch it on Paramount Plus. But not everybody's got Paramount Plus. So if you... You know, and... It, Fuck, I just like owning these movies, Jake. If I had a preference, I want to, I want physical copies. I was having a conversation about this the other day. Actually, in the theater, I was just talking to some random guys in the theater before Suicide Squad. And we were talking about just physical copies. Because, like, you can't trust these services that you buy them from, Jake. We don't know if these services are going to be around in 20 years. No, I agree. I agree. It is scary. And I'm someone who has pushed away all my physical media and gone completely digital and yeah, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I get scared just with the the way sometimes like, you know, within 10 years, things aren't accepted the way they were anymore. And they have the right to like alter the copy that you digitally own into a different yeah. movie than what it was when you bought it in the first time. And it's like as someone who wants to see the original versions, the way these things were put out, it, it's kind of scary being only digital. Yeah. Yep. I agree. I agree. Uh, let's see here. Got uh, got some emails here we're going to go over. Uh, first one comes from Andrew K. And, hey, Brian, uh, I 100% agree with everything you said on PCL 390 about He-Man. Once again, it's the loud, toxic male fan base throwing a hissy fit because the show isn't 25 minutes of He-Man just punching enemies. God forbid we get some actual character growth and insight. And I agree the most brilliant elements... Uh, element of the show is the question, what is Eternia without He-Man and Skeletor? It's the death of Superman's story all over again. I think they made it pretty obvious that Tila is the daughter of Sorceress. They were at least, uh, there were at least three hints, including how protective Man-at-Arms was about Sorceress when he was about to reveal the big secret. I don't know, you know, I'm gonna stop reading, getting into maybe some spoilerish territory possibly. Um, also going to go back to episode three. No, but I, I love the new He-Man. And like, I don't know if anybody else listened to Fat Man Beyond, uh, last week with Kevin Smith, but he was basically saying like, you want He-Man, you're going to get it. Episode six, you're getting He-Man. Like you're getting these things that you want. Like just, just chill out. Just, just wait for it. It's happening, you know? So, um, and that was a fantastic episode of Fat Man on Batman. He had, uh, excuse me, Fat Man Beyond. He had on, what's the, the, the voice of Orko, uh, Griffin Newman. He had that guy on. He's a voice actor. Really funny guy. Really funny guy. And, um, yeah, that was a great episode. Also going back to episode 389, thank you for discussing your suicide attempt with the audience and for every time you've talked about it in the past. The COVID pandemic has hit people with mental health issues particularly hard as many of them couldn't get the help or sometimes medicine they need. If your story helps bolster even one person who has been contemplating suicide to reconsider it, then you've done a great service since so many people invite you into their homes every week. Your words are often the help or support 
that they may feel they're missing elsewhere. Thanks and keep up the great work. And that comes from Andrew K. P.S. Got a Shang-Chi theory. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I mean, this would be the place to present it, though. Yeah. We, would have glad- we would have gladly yeah. read it and discussed it. Here. It's true. It's true. It's true. I feel like, I don't know. I feel so bad for, like, shooting down... The guy took time to write that review, Jake. Should I, should we just be, we, and we were begging for reviews. We were, should I, uh, I feel bad. I feel bad to my core. No, that's part of our charm. We beg for something and then we complain when we get it. <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, let's see. I think I got, is this just one more email? No, oh, god damn it. We got, I don't know. I'm gonna, I might read these next week. Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, we, have, we haven't done this this has been like a, I feel like it's been over a hundred episodes since we said alright pause these emails till next episode <laughs> I remember another long running PCL tradition <laughs> we, we, we would stop reading emails because we were like we're done stop, oh, stop with the stop with the interaction <laughs> <laughs> alright enough enough we're getting uncomfortable let's get on to good pop bad pop I should have, I'll read them. I'll read them. Hold on. This one comes from uh, Jake Merrill. Uh, subject is three thousandth Instagram follower. I just want uh, I just want Brian and Jake to know that I uh, Jake not Jake not the one on the show. A different one. Oh yeah, his name's Jake. Okay. Why the yeah? Why would you fucking email me that? I would, I'm not confused. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that joke. That joke did not land. I was just about to ask Jake Merrill to the Jake off, but I, I think he would say weird shit. Jake, Jake was like, Jake was like, did I write this? Yeah. I don't remember writing this. <laughs> right. Jake. He goes on to say, I am your 3,000th Instagram follower. See, he should have said I love you 3,000 in this thing, and he never fucking does, Jake. Yeah, that's a big whiff. Yeah. Big swing and a miss. Swing and a miss! <laughs> <laughs> Just a little outside. Okay. <laughs> uh, I am your 3,000th Instagram follower. I fully expect a cookie with a glass of milk. Oh, my God, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> this guy. This is a real cringy fan <laughs> interaction. <laughs> And it came with a dick pic too, so it's just like all over, it's all around. This is a terrible. No, I'm kidding, Jake Merrill. Uh, I also want to say I've been listening to the show on and off since your Civil War review, and Brian, you have been a huge inspiration to me, and I've made like ten podcasts since I started listening to you guys. Um, my current podcast. Yeah, just plugging it. Here we go. My current podcast, Lads Movie Night, is, I think, my best one, and I'm having trouble getting some traction in terms of viewers. Brian, I was hoping you could send the leftover army my way so they can toss, taste, or Tupperware my show. Anyway, many thanks for the incredible show you guys put on, and much love. And that comes from uh, Jake Merrill. Jake Merrill, he's uh, he's been, you know, I, I've seen your name pop up. Here and there on Facebook, so he he is a listener, Jake. I've I've seen this guy for a while, so I have no problems promoting people that actually listen and enjoy the enjoy the show. I have no problems with that. Yeah, that's awesome. You should check out Lad's movie reviews, where they review all the uh, Cheryl Lad movies. 
Yeah, yeah, all the Cheryl Ladd. And it's called Ladd's Movie Night. Maybe, oh. but Jake, are you aware of another Ladd's movie review podcast where they where they do go over all of Cheryl Ladd? Jake, Jake nice pull with Cheryl Ladd. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. <laughs> I, that's one of those things, like, now I'm ashamed that I didn't think of it. Like, Jake was like, holy shit, man. Jake, like, in his hip pocket, he had Cheryl Ladd, and he was holding on to that fucker, waiting for me to shut up, and he's like, Cheryl Ladd! And I was like, oh my god, Jake. Like, the was- whole time I was worried that you were going to ask me to name a Cheryl Ladd movie, and then therefore I would fall apart with this joke. Jake, got a question <laughs> for you. <laughs> could you, could you? <laughs> Now he's Googling Cheryl Ladd movies. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> No, thank you, Jake Merrill, 3,000th follower. Thank you, sir. Uh, last email comes from Jason Feld. Hey, gang, I just finished uh, 389 last night and wanted to reach out and thank you, Brian, for your candor and telling your story. That takes an incredible level of bravery and vulnerability to speak openly like that, and I wanted to let you know how much I appreciated it, as I'm sure other listeners did, too. It was my first time hearing your story that I remember. I've been listening to the pod for about a year and a half now. First of all, I want to say like this, like me telling my story, listen, like I, it's not like, it's not like, I don't want people to think like, oh wow, you're, you're brave for telling this story. I was a fucking idiot the night that I did it. It was a dumb fucking thing. I just, I just tell the story so that way other people can, uh, you know, maybe learn from my mistake and, uh, and not, uh, not go down that same road and put up, put off put off having a discussion and getting some uh, healing in their lives because that's what happened to me. Um, you know, you, you, I just put it off for so long and not talking to anybody and just like letting it all just, it's it just, uh, just kind of stew within me and then it just came out. So, you know, um, but anyway, thank you for all the work you put into this podcast week after week. I love the extra Loki episodes, too. You are all a bright spot each week getting to listen to the pod. I usually try to spread the episode out over the week. Sometimes I zoom right through it, and then I'm bummed. I have to wait till Sunday again. I thoroughly enjoy the dynamic and conversations you have. Some of the best parts are when you go off on fun tangents unrelated to the subject at hand. Maybe you start talking about a Shang-Chi you know, theory in, a, in an iTunes review. Those are the things. No, I'm kidding. He does not say that. <laughs> yeah, we would get that crazy no 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 (laughs) though i do that listener is done with us jake whoever fucking wrote that (laughs) review is done with us they're like fuck this show fuck these guys they won't let it go no he loves it he loves it he's a listener for life i think now uh though i do It's, it's one way or the other i don't even think this guy's gonna fucking see shang chi now i honestly don't he's like he's fucking scarred jake Oh, it's one of those things like when like you and like a girlfriend have a favorite thing and then after the breakup you you can't stand that thing anymore. Yeah, that's yeah, that yeah, that's that was our thing. Fuck that thing. It just reminds me of that bitch. The Shang Chi trailer and just throws his popcorn out. Yeah. Fuck this. And then that seriously, Jake, we're that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm honored. <laughs> Though I do for sure enjoy and appreciate the reviews as well. I've watched things I don't think I would have otherwise watched, if not for your reviews or the movie giveaways. Uh, thanks again. And Brian, 
keep on holding out for that hero. Winky face, smiley face. Seriously <laughs> laughed so hard during that episode. So that comes from Jason Feld. Thank you, Jason Feld, for the email, sir. Yeah, that was an awesome email. Mm-hmm. And don't sell yourself short, Ryan. I think it was incredibly brave of you to recount that story. And, and trust me for the reasons that you do it for. So... I don't like yeah. I don't like putting a brave label on it like you're brave for telling your story. I <sighs> I think a lot of people see that kind of thing as a, a you know embarrassing, which it very well you know very well may be, and and just you know makes people uncomfortable. And I, it takes a special kind of person to be able to say that to the public, and for the reasons that you do it too. It's just very just. Yeah. Be- before the helps. before the Suicide Squad uh, showed during the when I went there, I got up in front of everybody and said. I myself attempted suicide. Now that was incredibly stupid. Yeah. (laughs) Now enjoy the movie. (laughs) (laughs) What were you saying, Paul? I'm sorry. No, like I was going to say, I completely agree with Jake because, um, you know, you may not like to say it's brave, but like, dude, we need to destigmatize talking about this. And that's some of the first steps is just what you're doing. So I think, yeah, man, I think it is brave. I think it's awesome. Thank you. Um, yeah. All right. Yeah. Sorry. What? No. Did you like that Pixar movie, Brave? I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did. <laughs> Very freaking awesome. Come on. That's a good. That's a good movie. I like that Brave. Good, I like that brave. <laughs> anyway, let's. Uh, you, you guys want to jump into good pop, bad pop? Yes. Oh, please. Time <laughs> <laughs> for more leftover reviews with good pop, bad pop. Good pop, bad pop is where we talk about the things in the previous weekend or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things. We went over the rating system, toss it, taste it, Tupperware. All right. Uh, first thing I want to talk about real quick is uh, hopefully everybody got a chance to watch this one. Uh, it was the new Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer that came out this week. Yes. Yep. Thoughts? Uh, Kevin what, uh, Kevin Shanks, what did you think about the, the new Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer? Uh, I absolutely loved it. I mean, we got to see a little bit more. Um and it's one of those things that first trailer really, I mean, I thought the first one that I saw all was good, but it just really didn't kind of pull me in completely. But I think this one did. This one got me really, really excited for this movie. And I, I cannot, I absolutely cannot wait to watch this now. So the second trailer was much more effective for me. Um, just seeing some of those extra scenes. Um, and, and <sighs> I don't know what it is, but I mean, just, being able to get a little bit more background in from what we knew before, um, story wise, mm. uh, just kind of amped me up a lot more than um, what I was for it before. Is and I'm going to ask you this, Kevin: Is Gozer the Gozerian the right choice? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. know. It's a tough one to answer, right? Because like, I don't know. It's a tough one to answer. I, Right? Yeah. I mean, think about, like, how iconic that villain is for the first movie. Yeah. And think about, in my opinion, I, we've seen some 
mishandled characters, in my opinion, over the past few years, mishandled franchises, Star Wars mm-hmm. in the movie universe is, is one, in my opinion. I will also throw Bill and Ted out there. And I didn't think you could fuck up a Bill and Ted movie. <laughs> like, like, literally, like, go back and listen to me before that Bill and Ted Face the Music came out. I was just like, oh, I love Bill and Ted. If they fuck it up, like, like, uh, they can't fuck it up that much. They can't fuck it up that much. Like, it's just Bill and Ted. Like, you're not gonna ruin the franchise for me. And I, flat, they flat out ruin the fucking franchise for me. <laughs> and so, I think, like, I'm gonna bounce off what you said. I love this trailer. Everything minus the miniature Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Oh, which I you thought, don't like miniature Stay Puft? That was fucking stupid. <laughs> like I don't, I don't. So cute, so cute. I know we got to sell toys, right? Okay, of there's course. some. We got to stick something in a Happy Meal. I was not a fan of that, but everything else I thought was f- pretty fantastic. And I Tupperware the trailer. I think it was great. My biggest worry is the fact that they are going with Gozer the Gozerian because this is, dude, you are, you can, you can really fuck this up now because this movie's canon. This movie's canon and you can really fuck up things. And like, I don't know, Ghostbusters is a tad bit more beloved than Bill and Ted for me. Like I love Bill and Ted. That's just a fun movie. Bogus Journey. That's just a fun movie. And they fucked it up, but I could, you know, that, but this is Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters means a lot to a lot of people. And I don't, I don't want, like, Jake, is this going to be the Emperor all over again? Jake, what were your thoughts on the trailer? And uh, yeah, it goes to the Gozerian. Is this the right choice here? Yeah, uh, Ghostbusters is, is probably one of my top 10 favorite movies of all time. Um, I sit very opposite of, I guess, of where you and Kevin sit. I absolutely tossed this trailer. Uh, I thought this just seemed like utter garbage to me. Um, tonally, I do not understand what the fuck is even going on here. Like, I thought Ghostbusters was a comedy. And this is the most somber, deadly, serious version of Ghostbusters we've seen yet. And I don't think I have any care or want to see a movie like that. I, I think the mythology is meant to be like, you know, the butt of jokes and part of the humor. And and I think the Gozer thing is a bad idea. Like, I don't think any of that stuff needs expanded upon. I, I don't understand what's going on here. It feels like a complete 180 since the last time they did a comedy didn't work. Now let's try for this, like, somber sequel that I guess fans are really wanting. It seems like most people seem really excited by this, but... Yeah, I don't know. I'm surprised by the reception this is getting because this does not look anything like Ghostbusters. Yeah, I think the I think the big tell here, though, for this movie going to be humorous is the fact that they cast Paul Rudd in it. Like, I, I can't, I can't. They, they can show me whatever the fuck they want to in that trailer. At the end of the day, I think there are going to be jokes. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not convinced that there there will be jokes or. I, this just seems so weird to me. This, this was a very odd trailer and I, I did not care for it at all. I, I, I don't know. I, for me, it was, uh, I, I, I need to watch it a few more times. Go ahead. Somebody was about to say I, something. I was just, I was just going to say, I don't see how they would make a complete, I mean, just a Ghostbusters movie with, without humor. It's right. got to have something. I mean. Well, it's got I mean, Paul Rudd in it. That's your answer. You said Paul Rudd. He's not going to sign up for a movie like this, I think. I mean without some sort of humor. That's what he does. That's what he's good at. 
Um, they can't so spare I, I, one joke in two trailers, though. I mean, the music is somber. The colors are somber. The tone is somber. We're talking about dead Ghostbusters. I how many times? How many times have we movie. seen the, all the jokes in the trailers? But by, by the time we've seen the movie, we've seen all the jokes. I I think they're holding on to that, man. You know, I, I just I can't I believe. Hope so I hope so. I'll see this movie because I'm interested in what they're doing with the franchise. But my excitement level is lower than it was after seeing this i i love the trailer but my biggest concern is is going with gozer that's my biggest concern that's my big like i mean i get it you're you're the son of ivan reitman jason reitman's directing it um i just can't see that the son who like holds this stuff very beloved and who is like hanging out on the sets and and i can't see him saying okay let's take a serious approach and a jokeless approach to the Ghostbusters. Let's do it like that. That's what's going to work here. I feel like if you've got the guy who's the son of the guy who brought this all together in the first place, you know, um, and then, you know, I, I'm sure he was working probably pretty closely with Dan Aykroyd um, as far as like uh, maybe I don't know how much Dan Aykroyd's involved in this. And I apologize. I just I just don't know that. But um, I can't imagine him not going to Dan Aykroyd for some sort of, you know, advice and how they should handle this movie. I, Paul, let's get Paul in here. Paul, what'd you think? Yeah. I mean, I thought it was a decent trailer, but like, I didn't get that like ghostbuster. Like, I mean, when I think of ghostbusters, I think of like, you know, the comedy and, and the funny stuff. And then I think of the supernatural stuff. Second, like it almost felt like it chapter ghostbusters, like the vibe I was getting, like it was going to be pretty serious. And we're going to sprinkle in, some comedy. I mean, like, I, I I do love the first Ghostbusters movie. I've seen Ghostbusters 2, like, once or twice. So, like, I do enjoy the franchise, but I'm not, like, a hardcore fan that, you know, is all about it. But, yeah, like, I would give it, like, a middle-of-the-road taste it. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Kevin, what'd you rate it? Oh, I, I would Tupperware this. Absolutely yeah. Tupperware. I mean, like I said, it, it pulled me right back. I mean, it pulled me in more than the first one. So, oh yeah, yeah, I like the first one. I, I just thought that this was much better. I can't mm-hmm. think of it. if we're gonna see little tiny fucking <laughs> Stay Puff Marshmallow men. Like, like there's gotta be fucking humor when you're looking at little fucking Smurf Marshmallow men running around. I mean, to me, that's humor right there. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we've seen that. I'm sure you guys saw the extended scene that they showed a couple months ago with the tiny marshmallow men. I mean, I thought that didn't play very well either. Like, there wasn't any laughs to be had there, at least for me. I I guess I will agree that those are attempts at humor. Yeah. (laughs) Much of our episode has been, Jake. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it'd be like a PCL reboot where we're not going to use the F word anymore. That's what this trailer felt like. Yeah. It's so weird. Uh, let's see here. Next one. Uh, let's see here. Let's talk about uh, The Last Mercenary on Netflix. A mysterious <laughs> former Secret Service agent must urgently return to France when his estranged son is falsely accused of arms and drug trafficking by the government following a blunder by an overzealous bureaucrat and a mafia operation. It's directed by David Sharhan with a screenplay by Sharhan and Ismail Sai Savan. The film stars Jean-Claude Van Damme in the lead role along with a supporting cast. And uh, let me just jump in here and say real quick that uh, 
I felt this movie was so awful that I couldn't finish the fucking thing. <laughs> this is the, the I, this is the one movie that I could not finish this week. I I I I literally tapped out of this one and I said, "You know what? We're fucking 45 minutes in here. You haven't enjoyed anything that you've seen. What in the fuck makes you think this is going to get any better?" And is it going to benefit people for me to fucking watch the rest of this fucking show, this movie, to get on the podcast and basically just fucking destroy this fucking movie for being so terrible? I was just like, you know what? I'm out. I, I tapped out of this fucking movie. It had an hour left. And I was just like, you know what? You're not paying attention anyway. It's so bad that you're, these last 10 minutes you haven't been paying attention. You, I, I'm, I, and I'm angry at myself for watching this. I'm angry. <laughs> I'm angry at myself for watching what I did watch of this movie. Um, yeah. So, uh, I tossed this movie so fucking hard. It was so bad. Like I was thinking to myself, like Jean-Claude Van Damme is trying to do what I feel like is like a, a Jackie Chan action comedy and failing on every fucking level and leave the action comedies to Jackie Chan and if you are going to have an action comedy, give me some Jean-Claude Van Damme action, because I didn't see shit in the first 45 minutes, barely anything. And there were some callbacks to like him dancing and shit like that, and I was just like, <laughs> okay, all right, all right, let's stop trying to recreate all the silly greatest hits here. Knock it off. I'm done. I tapped out. Last Mercenary is a toss-it for me. Um, Paul, what'd you think? Oh man, dude! Uh, so I love Jean Claude Van Damme. Like I, Street Fighter is one of my favorite movies, just because it's so bad. But like, it's a fun bad. This was just a fucking terrible bad. Like I, I hated this movie. I remember I reviewed that Extremo with you a couple weeks ago, and I thought that was terrible. But that makes you know, this last mercenary makes Extremo look like fucking Citizen Kane. Um, and it's so funny if it, like if you would have stuck around, you would have missed Jean Claude Van Damme fighting in drag. Um, <laughs> and then like it's so it's so great because I have in my notes that you bring up a Jackie Chan action comedy because like literally the final fight scene of the movie takes place in a game room and they're using a lot of like the scenes from Rumble in the Bronx where they're using pinball machines and like pool tables. Like it was trying, like the whole movie was trying to reference all these other badass movies in it. Like one of the bad guys is actually trying to be Al Pacino from Scarface in yeah. this game room. When they're fighting around, you see posters for like Rocky Balboa, and you know, like he even stops to look at like a blood sport poster. Don't you love it when movies remind you that there's better movies? Yes, yeah, that's what they did. <laughs> that's what, like he literally stops and is like, "Oh yeah, that's a good one." Like so, you call it that he's literally trying to relive like his greatest hits, and it just. It came, oh, this was so bad. This is an absolute toss-it. I was literally thinking of just, like, going back and watching Kickboxer and Bloodsport and Cyborg and all these other movies that he was in that I loved. And and uh, while I was watching this, I was hating myself. And uh, <laughs> 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 it was very, it was, it was a reflective moment for me. Um, no, yeah, yeah, it's a toss-it, <laughs> it's a, a toss-it for me and Paul. Uh, Jake, uh, Last Mercenary on Netflix. 
Yeah, I'm right there with you guys. This movie is awful. I don't want it to go underreported that this is one of the worst dubbing jobs I've ever seen in a long time, too. Oh, my gosh. Like, Jack Claude's voice changes. Like, it's a yes. different voice actor at some point. Well, didn't... Yeah, it is was, so was that bad. Was that meant to happen, Paul? Like, was he... Tr- was that meant it to happen? It happens multiple times in the end. There's a... He's got... Yeah, he's got this... I mean, with the story, I think he's got this ability to... Change his um, voice. Like, in like uh, act as another person. Right. Yeah. I picked that it's, up, too. It's some weird-ass thing. I don't know. That, that was just another reason why I hated this movie, though. Yeah, it felt like a it felt like a weirdly like a terrible like kids movie too. It just had this aura to it that it, it felt like it was directed to like eight year olds. Like it was, it never got quite violent enough or actiony enough, and the story was very like elementary. And I, yeah, this was really bad. What the fuck, Netflix, Kevin? If you Tupperware this fucking thing, uh, I'm gonna absolutely not. I, um... <laughs> I, I just want to say up front, there's nothing quite like watching a movie and then you get a close up shot of some pudgy fat dude in a tidy whiteies riding a motorized scooter. <laughs> because that was, this is the absolute worst movie I've seen this year. This is terrible. This is terrible. And I watch a lot of terrible shit too. But this is terrible. Yeah. I mean, Jean-Claude Van Damme's looking pretty rough anyways and he's only 60 and he's looking pretty rough like that. And that wasn't, just wasn't for the character. Um, but man, he, the cheesy eighties music or sounding like eighties music, uh, the, the acting, right? Well, I mean, all of, all of it was just crap. I mean, the yeah. failed attempts at comedy, um, the Scarface wish Tony Montana knockoff guy. I, I, I don't know. It, it was just terrible. I can't say that enough. Terrible. Um, and you're, very, very, very lucky you didn't watch the rest of it. Yeah, I tapped out. I was just like, I can't do it. Why am I doing this to myself? But there is an, an end credit scene, by the way, of this movie. No, I did not you know stick that? around for that. I didn't either. I let it play as I was as I was doing something else. And yeah, there's an end credit scene at the end. I mean, or credit scene at does the end. Does he have another kid? What's going on? He does. It, it, <laughs> he, the, the one... Um, younger woman character i can't remember her name i don't even recall her name um but archie archibald has a kid with that woman and then jean-claude van damme's character is actually present in the room and he's like dressed up as the doctor then archie notices that he's the doctor and 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 he pulls down his mask and he's like i always told you i'd be there for the big moments in your life and then it ends yeah, I, it, it's really dumb. It, it, it did one of the, I, I will say this is the worst movie I've seen. Complete toss it. Oh my god, issue. It was so bad. It was so fucking bad. Last Mercenary on Netflix. Absolute toss it. Don't waste your time. But, um, but for, before you go any further, but I do thank you for that um, tidy whities thing that I had to watch. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. <clears throat> Glad I could. I did see that scene. Uh, it wasn't shortly thereafter where I tapped out. Guys, uh, <laughs> let's see here. Uh, the Green Knight, uh, hit theaters this week. Uh, King Arthur's headstrong nephew embarks on a daring quest to confront the Green Knight. This is not a Seth Green movie. Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen. That's the guy I'm looking for. That sounds like a, doesn't that sound like a Seth Rogen movie? The Green Knight? It does. It's it just, does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he was in this. <laughs> <laughs> just a bunch of him and his dipshit friends smoking weed. Um, 
uh, daring quest to confront the Green Knight, uh, a mysterious giant who appears at Camelot. Risking his head, he sets off on an epic adventure to prove himself before his family and court. Uh, it's a medieval fantasy film written, edited, produced, and directed by David Lowry. Uh, the film stars Dev Patel as Gawain, a newly appointed knight from King Arthur's Round Table who sets out on a journey to test his courage and face the Green Knight. It's based on the 14th century poem, Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. The film also stars Alicia Vikander, Joel Edgerton, Sarita Chowdhury, Sean Harris, and Ralph Innocent. And, uh, yeah, uh, Kevin, Green Knight. Yes. What did you think about, uh, the Green Knight? Um, I'm just going to 100% say right now, highest of Tupperwares for me. Um, highest of Tupperwares. This is, I think, the best movie I've seen all year. Um, but I, I think it really does help if you know this. I mean, I, I don't know who doesn't know some of these King Arthur legends and stories and things, but if you know a bit about the original poems and everything, then this, I mean, it obviously would help knowing what the heck goes on in this movie, but uh, absolute Tupperware. Absolutely loved it. Paul, did you get a chance to see this one? Yeah, I did. I saw it last night, and, and I have not I have not been able to get this movie out of my head, man. Really? Um, yeah, I have, like, I didn't see any previews. I just know it came up on the list, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go see this. So I had no idea what the hell I was walking into, and I just wouldn't, like, when the credits hit, I looked at my friend and I just started laughing. So I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Um, I, I had no idea how to process it, but man, I've been like going on Reddit holes all day. This is, this is an absolute Tupperware. I thought like the cinematography and like the colors, like it was just a beautifully shot movie and it was like moody as fuck. Like it was so good. Um, and there is an end credit scene. So if people don't know that, you should stick around and check that end credit scene. But yeah, I loved every bit of this movie. I want to go see it again. Like this is one I want to see multiple times in the theaters because I feel like a second or third viewing will help enhance everything I've seen so far. Interesting. Guys, I, I, I liked it. I didn't love it. Um, and I didn't, you know, like I'm familiar with these stories, uh, but not as, I'm, I, I, you know, I'm familiar with King Arthur and all this stuff, but I'm not like steeped into like this specific 14th century poem. And so I thought it started off great. I loved it at the beginning. Like it felt like a very like, like 1980s kind of like fantasy, you know, fantasy film, mm. um, you know, medieval fantasy film. And then just as it kept going, like, it started to lose me at the, uh, right, you know, towards the end of the movie. It started to really lose me. Like, what the fuck is going on here? This is so, this is so weird. I want to see this Green Knight movie, but with Seth Rogen getting high with Danny McBride and <laughs> James Franco and whoever the fuck else. Like, give me that movie. I was kind of lost at the end. Like, not going to lie, it lost me yeah. at the end. Um, and so, and... Paul, I, you know, and I get it. Like maybe you were lost at the end too. And you're like, well, I'm going to look into this. I'm going to go to Reddit and I'm going to do, I'm going to do all this reading. Like for me though, at the end of the day, I feel like sometimes if you have to do that, it's like, maybe that's not like the best movie then. Cause not every casual that goes to see this movie is going to 
start yeah. researching these movies after they leave the theater. They're just going to leave and be like, that was dumb. And then like leave, you know, <laughs> and then they're going to, they're, they're going to, they're going to go home and drink some Michelob and, you know, pass out, on, <laughs> pass out on the couch. Um, and I, I kind of took that Michelob approach where I was like, all right, I'm, Okay, that was a thing I saw. I didn't really understand the ending. And um, you know, yeah, maybe if I looked everything up at the I don't feel like I don't feel like every fucking movie though that I need that I watch that I have to read some fucking companion piece on. And I'm not knocking you, Paul. Like I think I I respect no, I, I respect the fact that this movie fucking got into your head so much. You're like, "Oh my god, I got to look this shit up." But for me, I was just like, "You know what?" Fuck this extra research. I research all goddamn week doing this fucking show. Last thing I fucking want to do is fucking go down this fucking rabbit hole with the Green Knight. Um, For me, I wanted to see how far off I was from where. Like, I'm pretty sure everything went over my head. So I'm going to go see, like, if I'm even on the same page as everybody else and turned into the whole, like really getting into it but yeah i I totally get you it's weird it's like it's 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 i think it's like at a 59 percent audience score the last time i looked which is which is a rotten score but if you get to 60 it's a it's a fresh score so it's like right on the brink of being fresh for the audience it is it is a, a fresh rating for uh for the critics um I love the way this started off but man it just it kind of fell apart at the end for me because i didn't know what the fuck was going on so <laughs> Am I just a fucking simpleton idiot, Kevin? No, no, absolutely not. It is if 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 you have no idea what the fuck is going on in this movie, that is very. I mean, one hundred percent. I can easily see that because it is a weird, mesmerizing, weird ass movie. I it, it's. I mean the the events that are in here are very strange. Okay, what was magic, what was the deal with sorcery? What was the deal with the march of the naked giant Sinead O'Connors? Like what was? <laughs> well, those are giants. In, in, I believe in the original poem, he encounters giants along the way, um, and it's just a. Uh, there's some a lot of things I guess changed from that original poem to, um, or that to this adaptation of it. I mean, the, there's several things have been changed story wise in this one, um, but those are giants that he had encountered along the way on his journey. Okay. I don't Just know. Weird, weird ass things. I'm glad you loved it, Kevin, and I feel like you, you came in there with a, uh, armed with a little bit more knowledge uh, about this poem and uh, and the characters. Yeah, I mean, it, like it's, if you do know any, I mean, a bit about it, it helps a hell of a lot. I mean, in knowing who these people are, some of these characters. Um, I when he, I'll just say he went to the that lake or with them. Um, what was her name? I can't remember her name now. Um, the lady that was like emph- that had had to find her head. Yeah, the, well, she 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 was played by uh, Emphis Nest, the and she was also uh, in uh, the Falcon and Winter Soldier. That actor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, if you know a little bit about the story, I'm not. I don't want to spoil anything, but if you know about the story, then you'll know kind of what's going on there. And all of these things he encounters along the way are tests of his what a knight should be. Um, uh, he gets tested on, I mean, chastity, honesty, honor, bravery along the way. And it's all a test along. The entire thing is a test, not just the end, but the entire thing has been a test. And it's been 
I'll just say cooked up in the in the story. It's been cooked up by a specific person. It's all been set in motion by one specific person. Um, that kind of muddles it right now. Did you um, watch the post credit scene, Kevin? I did not watch the post credit scene because I didn't know there was a post credit scene, so mm-hmm. I missed it. So I'd have no idea what happens. There. Did, did did the post credit scene tie it all in for you, Paul? Not at all. Did not uh, at all. Did 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 Nick Fury show up and recruit this guy? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly what he did. That's his, I, I still feel like the, I feel like the title should be called "The Green Knight and the Origin of the Wankerchief." <laughs> there was. I'm not shitting you, okay? There yeah. was a. It's in the theater. I was in the back row, and there was a kid, and I think <laughs> his dad and his mom sitting there mm-hmm. this kid had to be about 13 14 uh, i got you beat i got you beat oh god and it was the most uncomfortable feeling i had there at that point there was a was sitting a couple rows down or a couple seats down from them i got you beat i saw the mom squirm in her seat there was a fucking 5 year old in my theater oh my god there's a fucking 5 year old in my theater I don't even see how a five-year-old pays attention at all to it. I mean, let alone understand all this stuff and not get that. <laughs> I swear something. to you, there's a five, six-year-old girl in the theater with her parents watching this fucking shit. Oh, my God, dude. Yeah. I th- I literally thought, like, okay, they are in the wrong movie. Like, as soon as the movie starts, they're going to get up and walk out and go watch Jungle Cruise. Maybe they thought it was the newest Pixar movie. <laughs> 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 it's kind of the Green Knight. kind of sounds like it. Oh my god, yeah, dude. There's fucking full-on cum in this movie. All overs. Dude, everybody in my theater, you could all, you could see everybody <laughs> look at the person they were with. Like, did that just fucking happen? Uh, unless you're watching Pornhub, there's not a lot of cum in movies. Have you ever seen the movie Crash? Yes. Yeah. Well, there's two Crash movies, and I'm not talking about the one Crash movie that the other one. I'm talking the about one the with, uh, David. Um, fuck. I'm talking about the one that's got. Uh, oh God, I can't remember her name. But yeah, it, the, yeah, the Crash where they're fucking like these people fucking take these cars and they crash, and that's what gets so they, them off. Yeah, they get off on it. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that was from the '90s, wasn't it? Yeah, I think late '90s. Yeah, but there's a scene where like, so, like some. Like some dude fucking comes or some shit and then like puts his hand, like hand on like the, the upholstery, leather upholstery and you see all this fucking cum on, on the seat. Oh. Am I remembering that right? James yeah. Spader was in that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That movie was fucked up. I could, I was like, why the fuck am I watching? I think I watched it like as soon as it was available to rent because I had heard it was just fucked up and I was like, I got, I, I'm going to watch some fucked up shit. And it was fucked up. <laughs> Did not just <laughs> All right, let's see here. Joe Bell. Uh, yeah, this came out in theaters. It actually came out last week, but I watched it this week. An intimate and emotional true story of an Oregonian father who pays tribute to his gay teenage son, Jaden, embarking on a self-reflective walk across America to speak his heart to Heartland Citizens about the real and terrifying costs of bullying. Uh, yeah, it's based on a true story. It's directed by Ronaldo Marcus Green from a screenplay, uh, screenplay by Larry McMurdy and Diana Osana. And it stars Mark Wahlberg, Reed Miller, and Connie Britton. And, uh, Kevin, did you see Joe Bell? 
No, I didn't. It was not playing around me. Yeah. I had to drive probably about 50 miles, and I honestly wasn't going to drive that far for Mark Wahlberg. There you go. There you go. I, 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 I had to drive out of town to watch this one. But, Paul, you saw this. What did you, what'd you think about Joe Bell? I, man, I, I didn't like this at all. Um, I think I was taken out by the casting of Mark Wahlberg in this as being a tolerant dad because he's pretty much the opposite. <laughs> um, but, like, I didn't know anything about the real story. And, like, not to get into anything, but there's, like, kind of two big twists. But there's, like, it's just weird because there's not, like, a lot of real character development, at least in the terms of, like, actually seeing them kind of change their ways. So, I don't know. Yeah, I, this is a low taste it. I, like, I love I love seeing Connie Britton, man. Like, Principal Tammy Taylor, dude. I'll always take any chance to watch her, but I thought the performance of The Sun was awesome, and I thought her performance was great, but I yeah. just... Yeah, this is a low taste it. I, I respect Mark Wahlberg for trying to take on this role. Um... And I thought Reed Miller was great as the son. Connie Britton's great. I'm also going to give this a low taste. That dude, there's a great message and there's a great story in here somewhere. But man, this director just did a shit job of putting this they movie together. They didn't get it out. Like just it a, gets lost in translation. Just a. This is a powerful story. This is a super powerful story. But I feel like there's so much to the story that they're kind of just the way that it's presented. There's like this guy going on this walk to pay tribute to his son who was bullied and his son commits suicide. Very heavy stuff. This is very heavy stuff. And I hate saying that this is a low taste it because like this has got such an incredible, like at its core, an incredible message. Like this should not be happening in schools. A a, a student should not feel like this, a a student. Mm. But the way that this movie is structured is just terrible. They have – I think – I honestly think that the father and the son had did, had this really weird relationship. So in, 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 in every time that we saw real moments with those two together on screen, he's basically like yelling at him because he wants to watch the game. He's getting on his son's ass about something. And then we get to see all these tender moments where he's talking to his son, but it's all of him talking to like the memory of his son. Yeah. And it's just the weirdest fucking setup for this movie. I feel I, and, and then he's going on this walk. We're seeing him go on this walk and have these talks in these schools. And he's a terrible speaker. The worst, the worst speaker (laughs) ever. Terrible. And then we're like 30 minutes away from the end of this movie and they're finally giving us the reason and the moment where he's like, I'm going to go on this walk for Jaden across the country. And it had like no impact at that point because we've already been seeing this motherfucker walk for the first fucking hour of this movie and it was terrible then. So it had no impact on me. It was just it, this movie was structured so odd, and the way that they presented these real life events mixed in with fictional moments between him and his fucking ghost son. It was so bad. It was so bad. 
but there were, but there were moments like I did love the moment where he was at the, um, he was at the gay club and he was talking to some of the drag queens there. Mm -hmm. I, I love that. I thought that that was a lot of fun and very cool. Um, enjoyed that moment. And then there was some interactions between him and Jaden, like the one in the rain, which I really liked. But then again, that's fucking imaginary Jaden. So I don't know, man. This movie, go ahead, Paul. This movie was a low taste that it had some redeeming parts of it, but my God, this is the most fumbled way to present this message. Well, Joe Bell comes off as like the villain of the movie. He does. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, all the interactions he had when he was alive, he was a piece of shit. Totally. And, like, it's even, like, even on his walk, he's, like, he's treating his wife and son like like crap. Like, he's never calling yeah. in. And, like, they really make it seem like he's only doing the walk so he can be, like, on Facebook and get these interviews. It's yeah. like he's not even doing it for the son. It's so weird. And then, like... The ending just fucking came out of nowhere. I was like, what the fuck? Like, I went on Google. I'm like, did this actually happen? Like, is this is this another swerve? I'm like, holy shit. Oh, like, it was so weird. Like, it yeah. was such a choppy, weird movie where it's like, yeah, you got this great message. But, like, your lead character is supposed to be spreading this message is like a fucking asshole. And, like, there's a scene where, you know, like... Jaden is like, hey, man, you know, like, because he's like real nice to people that are using real derogatory language at like a restaurant. Yeah. And it kind of builds up that the next time that happens, Mark Wahlberg's going to be more firm. Right. And there's never any payoff to anything that's set up in this. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is a huge miss. And uh, yeah, uh, don't honestly like, you know. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't pay to see this in the theater. This is something that I would wait for it to drop on a streaming service if you're wanting to watch this one. And it's sad because, like, like I, I don't know. Is there a good story in here? Because honestly, at the end of the day, I got that, that there's nothing good about this Joe Bell guy. No, he's like like the best part of the movie was Gary Sinise. Yeah, Gary Sinise is great. Like his character, like I would have liked to follow his character, take a walk. Like, they could have had him connect with more people in these towns he was going to. Yeah. Like, but no, he's just, like, kind of bitching and moaning the entire fucking time. Yeah, I mean, I think then if you start doing that, you're getting into fiction. I just think this is who this guy was, and it's like, why make a movie about this guy when he's not a, he, he's not inspirational at all? There was nothing, like, I, when I watch a movie like this, like, I want to leave with, like, like this, like... Wow, what an inspirational story. And I left with like, oh my God, everything was tragic. Your whole family was tragic because of the way that you fucking, this, this town was tragic. The way that you handled your son was tragic. And now you're going on this walk and I really don't understand why the fuck you're doing it because it, it didn't make sense. Like, and everybody that he would interact with and he would try to talk to about bullying, he'd just say, uh, my son, you know, I'm on this walk against bullying. I'm raising where bullying is bad. There's my speech. Wow. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> like, and even the reveal of him being a ghost, is, it, it just like, it comes out of fucking nowhere. Yeah. I was just like, wait, what? And then like, it kind of took me out. Cause I'm like, Oh, everything that's happened up to this point, the real nice, sweet, tender moments of them singing Lady Gaga together is all bullshit. Never happened. Like, every every real moment he had with his son, he's fucking yelling at him. 
treating them like a piece of shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. Fuck this. Uh, not a big fan I'm of this movie. Toss it now, man. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad, guys. Uh, let's see here. Let's take a break. We got we got more good pop, bad pop to go over, but we're gonna take a quick break. Come back, and we'll uh, we'll finish up this section. Hi, I sound like Morgan Freeman. I bet most of you do some online shopping with Amazon. It's just so easy. I myself logged in today to buy adult diapers. No, I'm not embarrassed. I have zero shame, and I really don't give a fuck what you think. I'm at that age. You'll get here too one day. And don't think that you won't, you naive asshat. One day you too will be just like Jamie Lee Curtis and shitting your body weight and Dan and yogurt. And the next thing you know, you'll be on Amazon ordering adult diapers saying, holy shit, that freckled face fucker was right. Anyway, the whole point of this is to tell you that popcultureleftovers.com has an Amazon shopping link. What that means is when you click on the link from their website, it helps the show. It doesn't charge you extra at all. You just shop like you regularly would, and Amazon takes care of the rest. It's easy and convenient, just like these diapers. I literally blew up this diaper while recording this ad. Hashtag truth. All right, hey, we are back, and it's uh, we got more good pop, bad pop. Uh, flying up into your dick holes with this. Uh, what are we doing here? Jesus Christ. I know. So crass. <laughs> so crass. One star. God, you're going to have to make me walk across the country to protest your humor. <laughs> God. <laughs> I'll join you on that walk. Fuck <laughs> you're talking to Ghost Paul. Ghost Paul. Oh, man. Uh, F- <laughs> F-Boy Island. It's dropped on HBO Max. It's a competition show, dating competition, reality dating competition. Uh, features three women looking to separate the men from the boys. The men will stay in a villa with 24 guys as they try to figure out which ones are there for love and which ones are only looking for fame and money. And uh, so basically, yeah, it's a reality dating competition hosted by comedian Nikki Glaser on HBO Max. And uh, you've got uh, different guys there, and uh, even the audience. We don't know. We can kind of guess. Uh, we don't know. There, there's there's nice guys, which these women are looking to date nice guys, but they've always been attracted to the F-boys, <laughs> guys who just want to fuck and have a good time, and they're out for themselves. They're not serious about commitment. They just want to get into your pants. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and so they're trying to avoid those guys, and... Uh, and, and find the nice guys, but the, the F boys are trying to come off as nice guys because there is money at stake here. Uh, up to a hundred thousand dollars is going to be awarded in this movie, uh, this show to somebody, um, by the end of this thing. And, uh, so yeah, you've got, uh, Nakia, CJ, and I, I think, uh, what's, is the white girl, is that Sarah? Sarah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nakia, CJ, and Sarah. And, uh, they've got three episodes. They dropped three episodes. And, uh, Jake, did you get to watch this? Yes. Well, how many episodes? I watched just the first episode. Okay. And, and what are your thoughts on F-Boy Island? 
Um, I absolutely loved F Boy Island. Um, I would have watched all three, but Michelle liked it quite a lot too. And she wanted me to not just blaze through it and wait for her to watch the next couple. Um, this is an absolute Tupperware for me. This is just fantastic trash TV. It's like a combination of Love Island and the mole with its aspect where even the audience doesn't know, you know, exactly. They give you a few, they tell you a few nice guys and a few F boys, but for the most part, until these people are eliminated, we, we don't even know which one these people are. So it's like we get to play along in this game too. And, uh, oh man, the sizzle reel for what's coming up on the season just got me really excited. It's like there's some serious drama, including fights potentially over who's going to win this money and who's going to win these girls. Um, yeah, I think this show is an absolute blast. I love Nikki Glazier as the host. I think she did a fantastic job. Um, I laughed a lot at her, uh, F by as the closing remarks to someone when they get eliminated. Um, yeah, this was, this was a good time. I could see how people would hate this, but this was right up my alley and I loved it. <laughs> yeah. I, I already know that like Rebecca would hate the show. <laughs> Just on name alone. I know. <laughs> name alone. Now, would, would she like it if it was called guard that pussy? Would she like it then? I think she would like the name better, but if it's still the same show with the new name, I think it's still it's still bad. All right, all right. Uh, Kevin, uh, did you get a chance to watch any of F-Boy Island? <laughs> yeah, I watched uh, the first episode, and then I watched the second, and then I watched the third. I watched all three. Um, I was I, – I, I normally love stuff like this. I, I mean, I either love it or like it, and um, very few things I really trash like this, and – I absolutely love this. I, I I would Tupperware this for the from the first three episodes. I will continue watching just to see all of these douche canoe guys out there just <laughs> playing with trying to I mean just trying to win them and win their love and, yeah. or fuck or whatever they want to do. But I <laughs> this is I mean from the very beginning. I mean you have Garrett with two with an E and Garrett with an A. And you have all these stupid, dumb dudes out there just just playing for and, and playing for all three. And then you have, I mean, won't get in. I mean, won't really spoil, but you have moles. I mean, in tip, the typical reality show, you have people who I mean, act as a mole or whatever. But it, it this, uh, <laughs> I mean, and, and come on, you have. What nice guy Grotto and Limbro and all these places? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Limbro. <laughs> after you get after you get voted off, they then finally reveal if you're a nice guy or an F boy. And for some reason, these guys are sticking around, and the nice guys go to uh, the nice boy Grotto, which is basically like this nice resort. And they get uh, Mai Tais and all these uh, pina coladas <laughs> and cocktails and they get to lay out on the beach and uh, and get a nice tan. And they've got just it's, – it's just gorgeous. They're, they're living the life. Now, the the F-boys that get voted out go to like like this Mad Max village. <laughs> and it's, it's called uh, Limbro uh, instead of Limbo, punny. But uh, it's uh, – <laughs> 
Yeah, man. And and I think they're definitely keeping these guys around for um, a reason. Probably, I would guess, to maybe like vote on who's going to get the $100,000 at the end. Or they might even give like a chance for some of these guys to possibly come back in the game. So we'll figure that out as the season goes on. Still don't know that yet after three episodes. But um, <laughs> Paul, what did you think about uh, the reality dating competition show F-Boy Island on HBO Max? Oh man, I I did too watch all three episodes. It is so fucking trashy, but I love the shit out of this. This is <laughs> this is an absolute Tupperware. <laughs> it is so it is so fucking just stupid, but I love it so much, man. Like uh, like just seeing them trying to break open coconuts to just drink while the other guys are drinking their fancy drinks and waving at them, but like. The end of that third episode, I, I was really upset that there wasn't a fourth episode because shit really gets set dude, off. Dude, boy just fucking threw a grenade and was oh like, all God, right, man. deal he with that. Anybody no. out. Deal with that. All right. Yeah. Fucking no, – he went fucking – he just fucking threw a grenade and just – all right. I'm out. And See ya. And it's fucking great because like – when they're like on all their like kind of group dates, like they like everyone is making out with that girl, like in front of each other. Like it's just so like it's so cringy, but I love it so much, man. I just like and when like the two guys were about to fight, like I got mad that they got broken up. Like, no, dude, I want to see you guys brawl. Like, come on. <laughs> there's oh my god. Yeah, there's like there's 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 a lot of like alpha males together oh on this God. island too man <laughs> and you guys come in it really oh, then, stirs shit dude, up the dude's name is welcome come on <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. That's the one guy like literally there's no place to sit but he still just powers himself in yes. there <laughs> just move over he calls everybody else disrespectful. <laughs> oh my god, I fucking, I'm, yeah, I also Tupperware this show. It is, it is 100% trash and I fucking just call me a fucking trash panda because I'm eating this shit up, man. I fucking, <laughs> I love it. Oh my god. Yeah, like, uh, it, and it's stupid. It's stupid. All these fucking shows like this are fucking stupid. Now, it's, it's like, it's like they're competing for a prize and the prize is just to be the winner at the end of the day. This is like, you know, you can say, Oh, I'm here looking for love. Blah, get the fuck out of here, man. You're looking for, you're looking for fucking screen time and you're looking to fuck. Minutes. Yeah. You're 15 minutes of fucking fame. It's all you're fucking doing. I mean, if it was flipped, if you had the women, if you had the, the same women, and then they were competing for some man. They would be, they would, they would all be competing for that man. It's the same fucking thing, no matter what the format. It's just, but I love it. I love it because I just like this, this, this drama that these social experiments create. And I like kind of like what they've done here in like, it definitely in that third episode, like at the end, you know, fucking some, oh, some dirty secrets come out. They were promised some dirty <laughs> secrets. Dirty secrets came out. Dude just fucking, threw some motherfuckers under the bus and was like, all right, I'm out. And I was just like, holy shit, dude, I want this fourth episode now, now give it to me now. Mainline that shit. I want it. (laughs) 
someone's going to prison at the end of this. <laughs> after after one episode, I'm not going to lie. My favorite person was one of the F boys. It was it was Chris who had started all the fake oh, drama man. between Garrett and um, oh I forget which other girl. It might have been CJ. But oh, I loved that spreading that Colin was an F boy, and then him thinking <laughs> it was Garrett and all that stuff. I was like, "Oh, Chris, you you know what you need to do to make good TV here. <laughs> just, just you were doing now. God's work." Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. I think like the only I start I, Sarah bores the shit out of me. The blonde. Mm-hmm. She's boring as shit. I love CJ. I think CJ's got a lot of personality, and I actually start really liking Nakia in this last episode. I was kind of like, okay, I like this girl. She's fucking. She's like, I'm not just gonna kiss any dude. I don't want to kiss an f boy at the end of the day. I'm like, okay, I like her. She's cool. She's cool. Colin so. is getting fucked over. Oh god, yes. Hilarious. They make it look like CJ is gonna quit. In the sizzle reel. Oh, really? I haven't seen that. Yeah, she's like, I've had enough, and they show her like walking off set. <laughs> oh, did you guys? Did you watch the uh, the uh, episode four preview? No. Oh, after episode three, they had an episode four preview. Watch that shit. F boy island. <laughs> Yeah, I would rather watch that fucking pre pre. Uh, fuck the post credit scene in the Green Knight. I don't even care what happened, dude. But the fucking preview for episode four of F Boy Island, I'm all about. You know, well, I, I can't believe that I just Tupperware the Green Knight and F Boy Island. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the wonderful thing about this podcast i mean about pcl you can come on here and you can fucking tupperware a great movie like green knight yeah and then you could tupperware trash trash tv like f boy island I, oh, man. I was, blo- I was blown away by you saying um the van damme movie was the worst movie you've seen all year followed by the green knight which you claimed was the best movie you've seen all year i'm like that's that's insane what a whirlwind what a whirlwind of a week it's been for kevin shanks <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm highs and lows, ups and downs here. Well, I mean, in Kevin's Wild defense, guy. I'm sure a lot of F-boys are using wanker chips just like the green. <laughs> <laughs> that is true, Paul. Oh. I'm sure it's happening. Oh, my God. Yeah. Come Bucket Island. <laughs> Let's talk about a movie that featured no cum. Except for the cum in my seat as I watch The Rock. Let's talk about Jungle Cruise. <laughs> he is just, he is just a hulking man. Oh my yeah, god, I was, I, here's the fucked up thing. You're watching like The Rock hold Emily Blunt in this movie and I'm wishing it was me he was holding. <laughs> I, I just, I just, I want those big hands on my, on my tiny frail little body. <laughs> I can't fault you. I don't know why you. I don't know why we're laughing. Oh my god! I want that. Yeah, I just want to. Oh god! I fucking. I would love. Man, that's one of those things. It's like you just. There are certain people in. Oh shit! Um, (laughs) You're just too nervous talking about it. (laughs) (laughs) There are certain people in Hollywood. It's just there. There's certain people in Hollywood that it's just a shame that it's just like we just can't talk to because i would like the rock just seems like such a a fun and personable guy and um i think he just i think 
it's crazy to say that, Jay, especially after like watching the Scorpion King years ago. To to think that a, a guy like this, like no matter what movie he's in now, I think he just takes it to like just having him in that movie, just kind of like his presence in any movie is just it's worth watching that movie um, at this point. Like it, it, it's wild because like you know like you wouldn't think like a, a movie like San Andreas <laughs> would be like a great movie, and it's not like the best movie ever. But I had a fucking blast watching that movie, and a lot of it fell on the rock shoulders, his big, broad, sexy shoulders. <laughs> A hundred percent, a hundred percent. He's like a franchise, like Band-Aid almost, too. Like, you can just, like, oh, your franchise franchise isn't doing as well, you know? Right. There's some rock in there. And right. Glam. It's yeah. Like rejuvenated the whole thing. Just yeah, add rock. Him, didn't they call him Franchise Viagra at one point? It makes sense, yeah. man. It makes sense, dude. Fucking, yeah. You don't need the blue pill. Just fucking drop some rock in there. Um, but yeah uh jungle cruise dr lily hofton enlists the aid of wisecracking skipper frank wolf to take her down the amazon in his ramshackle boat together they search that's i think jake i think that's the first time i've used the word ramshackle on the podcast uh you probably i I wouldn't be surprised if you used it before though ah man this is where we need our PCL historian Johannes on the podcast to let me know if I've used the word ramshackle. Yeah, I, I think you might have. I don't know. I think I say things like that and I just leave you guys like, like, why are we talking about this? I leave you in a state of like, why is this conversation happening right now? I'm, I'm still <laughs> caught up in the word ramshackle. <laughs> it just like blows my mind when people use that word. Yeah. I, uh, it's not a it's not a common used word ramshackle. No, bring it oh. back, bring it back. Oh god, I'm bringing ramshackle back. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> in a state of severe disrepair. Oh, Jake, why do you have to talk ill of our podcast, sir? <laughs> <laughs> Touche. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and we're the ramshackle leftovers. <laughs> Pop culture ramshackles. Um, together they search for an ancient tree that holds the power to heal, a discovery that will change the future of medicine. Directed by Wami Colette Sarah from screenplay written by Glenn Fakara, John Requa, and Michael Green, uh, based on Walt Disney's theme park attraction of the same name, uh, stars Dwayne Johnson, Emily Blunt, Edgar Ramirez, Jack Whitehall, Jesse Plemons, and Paul Giamatti. Uh, man, if you, if, if you ever wanted to see a movie with Jesse Plemons and Paul Giamatti, the, you can cross that off your fucking list, cause that happened in this one. I saw this in 3D. Um, only there, there's only one theater playing it in 3D, and I went to the theater to watch it in 3D. I'm glad I did. I thought I thought 3D brought it like a little extra to it, man. I really do. I thought there was a lot of fun scenes uh, to be had in this in 3D. Um, I'll start off with my rating. Uh, I'm gonna give it. I thought it started off great, and I think like the the last act isn't perfect. But it was fun enough, and I'm, I'm going to give this movie a high taste. It I, I really enjoyed it. I, I kind of like at the beginning when they're on this adventure and all this shit going on. It like brought back like 
memories of like all those old like adventure movies that I was watching when I was a kid, like Indiana Jones and Romancing the Stone and stuff like that. And I really enjoyed that quite a bit. And, um, and uh, I thought that I think like the, the saving grace of this movie is the chemistry between Emily Blunt and Dwayne Johnson. I think they're great together. I, I thought that they were fantastic together. And, um, I cannot get enough of Jesse Plemons saying "Halluschen" in, in, in the trailer. I fucking love that. I thought Jesse Plemons was fucking great in this movie. He's a great villain, um, and I loved his uh, Captain Kangaroo look in the last act of this movie. So I'll give this the highest of taste. It's I wanted to Tupperware. I just think like the third act kind of wasn't uh, as much fun, and and uh, it, it didn't. Make Make me feel like a kid as much as like the first two acts of this movie where they're just um you know going on this adventure and i don't know i but i i did i really enjoyed this movie quite a bit and i would actually like to see this again but in imax it was a spectacle i thought it was beautiful and directed great i love the colors everything really popped and and uh, the rock is really fun in it and fun action scenes in my opinion um some memorable action scenes and uh, i like it the, the the highest of taste it's i really wanted the tupperware the uh, tupperware this one um kevin did you get a chance to see jungle cruise yes what um, I, I i saw it in imax oh nice um, and it looked beautiful um but uh, I'm I'm a Disney nut. I, I I am huge Disney World fan, and um, Jungle Cruise is my wife's favorite attraction at Disney World. So we've been looking forward to this movie for a while. Uh, the movie's corny, eye rolling, but it's supposed to be that way. I mean, if if you've ever been on that attraction, uh, dad jokes are the just terrible jokes are are the 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 linchpin of that mo- of that ride. Um, so this. I had a lot of fun with you. You had already said um, the rock and Emily Blunt, just their chemistry was perfect for this film. Um, and I thought the score was great as well. Um, there's dude been, fucking, you know, was that lot. Metallica at the beginning? Yeah. What yeah. The James f- Howard's James Howard's um, incorporation of Metallica's nothing else matters there. So good. Um, and that symphonic score and, I know some people won't like it, but I absolutely love it when they do stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but this movie gave me, I mean, you had already said shades of Indiana Jones, um, Brendan Fraser's mummy movies. Yeah. Um, the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Um, just kind of the feeling I had when I first saw that movie. I got a lot, much of the same feelings with this one. No, no. Um, uh, I, any fans of Romancing the Stone? No fans? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Romancing mm-hmm. the Stone as well. Um, but, I mean, I... <laughs> I, I mean, I high taste it. I do think it, it did feel a little bit long in a couple of points in, in the middle towards the end. Yeah. Uh, yeah but I did, yeah. did love the setup of the film and the ending I thought was pretty good. Um, it could have been done a little bit better. Um, but yeah, high taste it for me. Nice. Yeah. Oh God. I, it's definitely, definitely worth a theatrical viewing in my opinion. And I, I'm sure it looked amazing in IMAX. I think I'm going to have to do that. Yeah, I highly recommend seeing it in IMAX if you can. Paul, did you take the kids to go see uh, Jungle Cruise? No, I didn't because I did not have them uh, this weekend. Oh. But we are I get them Monday, and then it's the first thing we are doing is we are going to see this movie. I 
I absolutely Tupperware this. I like one of my favorite cinematic experiences was like the first mummy because I was younger and I just I remember just being so enthralled with it. And I had like Kevin said, I had very similar feelings to watching the mummy. I and Brian, you said it perfectly, man. I mean, we've been huge Jesse Plemons fans ever since he was fucking Landry. Yeah. Friday Friday Night Lights. Yeah. I feel like he almost stole this fucking movie. He's so good. Like, yeah. He was he was that perfect mustache twirling, just piece of shit villain that was enough to be funny yet enough to be menacing. Um, Dwayne and uh, Emily Blunt fucking killed it together. Like, I want to see more of them in these types of stories together. Like, yeah, I, I adored this and I cannot wait to take my kids to it. I know they're going to have a blast with this. But, yeah, it's an absolute Tupperware. You know what wasn't ramshackle about this movie? Definitely the script and, and, uh, okay, I'm gonna shut up now. I just wanted to use ramshackle again. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> never forget. Hashtag never forget ramshackle. Jake, Jake, you saw Jungle Cruise. Yeah, I, I thought this was an absolute joy of a movie. Uh, it was a giant Tupperware for me as well. I, I echo just a lot of the same stuff you guys have said. I thought, the chemistry between um, Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt was just so good. I thought Emily Blunt herself was just such a fantastic lead character in this as well. Uh, I didn't expect her to bring as much humor to it as she did. And yeah, it was so much fun. I had a lot of respect for the trailer after seeing this movie too. Cause like I was kind of bummed out that they gave us that Jesse Plemons reveal of him popping out of the submarine. <laughs> but then, I mean, that happens in the first like, 10 minutes of this movie practically and yeah. i'm like oh my god you know that that's over with and who knows what's going to happen from this point um i was kind of a dumb audience member during this movie too i was never too ahead of the twist and turns and maybe i should have been but i was like gasping at some of the reveals that we get later on in this movie about some of these characters so i thought that was really well played um i agree that there's a lot similar to that first pirates movie it definitely had that vibe to it but i actually enjoyed this much more. Um, I hope there's a sequel to this. I'm excited to see where they would go from where they left off. And yeah, this is, this is a great time. Um, I definitely want to catch this again before it leaves theaters. I, I, I too saw an IMAX and wow, it was just grand, really great special effects. I'm excited that you got to see it in 3d. I can really see with some of those villains, how the 3d would have brought an extra level to it because even in the non 3d, you could like almost see through some of those characters. It was very, well, very well done. Even just those like the villain designs were great. The title card in 3d looked amazing. The trees as you're passing the trees on the jungle cruise looked amazing. When Emily Blunt is hanging off the ladder, that looked amazing in 3d. There was a lot to enjoy in 3d in this movie. And I bet I, I had, I, I loved the map scene in this as well. Like that classic Indiana Jones where yeah. they travel on the map to get the destination. Like they do it in a unique way. I've never seen in any movie in this movie. Well, and then they do kind I, of I, like a, a slow screen wipe too. Yeah. Yeah. It just had that old timey feel. I, I was looking at the poster as I was leaving the theater and I love how it's that hand drawn Indiana Jones, jewel of the Nile type of, you know, classic 80s adventure movie poster even i thought it was a gorgeous poster and it just really invoked uh, like a feeling in me that a movie hasn't invoked in a long time like it just yeah. almost made me feel like a child again watching this movie it's one of my favorite movies i've seen this year <laughs> it was really good i wish i could give it a tupperware i just felt like the third act for me was kind of like <sighs> kind of like where i don't know i i i the adventure kind of like it didn't end for me, but it just 
I guess the third act wasn't my favorite part of this movie. Um, and I guess I just, I, I just come off of the suicide squad as well, which so, so, um, but, uh, th- this was really good. I will definitely be watching this again and I, I wouldn't mind seeing this in, in IMAX. So. Yeah. I also, I'd be remiss not to mention, I thought Jack Whitehall was really great in this too. And I thought the McGregor character was a very interesting character and it was nice to see them not fall into certain tropes that they really easily could have fallen into with this character. I thought it was handled very well. And I didn't pick up on the twist either, Jake. So don't feel bad. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was a lot of fun. I was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. It's some of the reveals later on. I was like, Oh my God, they're, they're in a, they're in the jungle. Oh my God. They're they're taking a cruise. Oh my God. I love I loved the uh, the animals in this movie as well, especially yeah. the uh, the tiger. It was, no, that was a fucking leopard, bro. Oh, well, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man! That's why you never watch Tiger King. You don't know the fucking difference, bro. <laughs> no, no, no. My National Geographic show got canceled immediately. Jake was like, Jake was like, I Brian, I finally watched the Leopard King. What, are you, Jake? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> You are no, you are no Jack Hanna, sure, sir. I will say that. I know. You are no Jack Hanna. That's all I'm saying. Uh, the millennials have no idea what I'm saying right now. (laughs) Anyway, Paul's like, who's Jack Hanna? I know who Jack Hanna is. All right, all right, all right. (laughs) You insulted Paul. (laughs) (laughs) And I really came hot with that one. I apologize. Let's see. Uh, Myth and Mogul, colon, John DeLorean. This is a uh, Netflix three-part docuseries, and uh, it's the, uh, uh, in the automotive world, John DeLorean rose from engineer to executive to icon, but under the hood of his self-created legend lies darkness and deceit. And this is, uh, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a docuseries on Netflix. Uh, goes over the life of John DeLorean, the guy, uh, who, uh, you know, created the car after his name that everybody's familiar with from Back to the Future, the DeLorean. Goes over that story, and, uh, I think this is like maybe like the fourth <laughs> DeLorean, <laughs> uh, movie slash docuseries that I've watched probably within the last three years. And so I, I I'll be honest with you guys, I'm, I'm, I finished uh, half of this, so I'm about an episode and a half in, and um, uh, it's good. It's good. It's just I feel like I'm so DeLorean out. I feel like if somebody is not familiar with the story of John DeLorean, and you watch this, you'll be like, "Holy shit! Wow! I didn't know this about this man. I had no idea that, that there was like this." You know, like what a time crunch they had to get this fucking automobile put out, where this guy came from, and then, you know, the criminal activity that happens at the end. That might blow your mind, but I, guys, I, I, I think I'm DeLoreaned out because I think it's, I think it's good. And it'll be interesting to hear what you guys think because I don't know if everybody on this podcast has like watched everything John DeLorean. I'm not saying I've watched everything. I've not watched, but in the in the past three years, I've watched like I think I watched like the Alec Baldwin movie that was like part like docu series, part acted out. I, I watched uh, another movie that was acted out. I watched another docu series. I've just I've seen this story. I know this story, so I'm going to give it a taste. It. I don't feel like I learned too much new about this, and I feel like some of the other projects that I've watched 
that dealt with John DeLorean handled it a little bit better than this and a little bit more compelling. But uh, that might also be due to the fact that I'm also familiar with this fucking story. Um, so it'll be interesting to hear what you guys thought if you weren't as like steeped in John DeLorean lore as I was going into this. Like this is not like this is not DB Cooper for me, but I've watched enough John DeLorean stuff over the past few years. So I'll give it a solid taste and I think it's good. Um, and like the rating could go up if you're not familiar with like the man, John DeLorean. But I've watched other stuff and they, they also had, you know, interviews with his son. And so I've seen a lot of this stuff. I think maybe the only new thing in this was like the interviews with like his wife. Um, but, uh, Kevin, did you get to watch any of Myth and Mogul, John DeLorean? Yeah, I, I did. I watched the uh, first episode of it. Um, I mean, it was okay. I mean, nothing spectacular. I, I have enough knowledge of his background and who he was. Um, I in just to think that this was okay. I mean, I'm not at the point where I, I don't want to see any more, um, and I don't know all about him. But I, I the first episode I did like a lot of the visuals of, of Detroit in the '60s and '70s and and some of the things going on in the episode. But um, I'll eventually return to it later. Um, I mean, right now I would pretty much I mean you said just taste it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but it, it's it's something I'll eventually go back to to see the next few episodes. I don't even know how many episodes there's going to be. Um, uh, but uh, it's three. It's three, and I think oh, that it's just three total. It's three episodes. They're around forty-five minutes a piece. And honestly, oh. the last episode might be like the juiciest stuff because that's when they're going to get into like the. And I've seen these videos. It's the recorded videos of him like on video and okay. and you know getting busted. So okay, yeah, okay. yeah. I, 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 for some reason, I thought it was like six or seven. So if it's three, then it's much more manageable. We can do that. Yeah. 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 Paul. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I watched all three of these. I, the only two things I ever knew about John DeLorean was that his car was in back to the future and a Snapple bottle told me he used to smuggle Coke in his, uh, in his DeLoreans cause of the stainless steel. And then, and so, then that same Snapple bottle says, not that Coke, keep drinking Snapple. Um, so I didn't know anything about him. I fucking love this. I, I, I went right through all three of these. This is, okay. This is an absolute Tupperware. Like that's good to know. Like the whole Ireland thing fucking blew me away. And then that last episode when they get to like, just the kind of person he really was in those tapes and oh my God. That was that was fucking insane. And I had uh, to go back to the beginning. I had a moment where you know, like you have something with an ex girlfriend or whatever that's now ruined. His ex wife hosted this talk show that my ex wife and I watched every morning, and then I stopped. So when she popped on, I like just had to stop and flip a table and then come back and watch it. But... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm loving that visual right now. <laughs> I just paused and calmly walked up and flipped the table and sat back down. But no, it was, <laughs> it was crazy to see her because we watched her for years on that home and family show. So to see her pop up, I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, my God. Um, How many fucking episodes did I watch of Trading Spaces on fucking – was it TLC or whatever the fuck that was? Oh, no, it yeah. was – yeah, oh, my God. 
Thank oh god. Thank you. I'm thinking that X right now. I oh my god. So much of my life was wasted watching trading spaces. I don't take down the ceiling fan. Jesus Christ. And then it went on to you know you know move that bus guy and that shit. Jesus. Move that bus guy. (laughs) 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 Oh my god. What a fucking nightmare. What a fucking nightmare. Go. I'm sorry, Paul. No, that's about it. I, I just. If you don't know anything, and I think it was really cool, like, the way – you're probably not going to agree with this, but, like, I love the way they did the timeline thing. Like, like it reminded me a lot of The Last Dance, how they would be, like, at a certain point in uh, time, yeah. and they would, like, end it with a line, and then you would see the years count back yeah. to, like, what helped get that. So, yeah, man, yeah, it was, it was fucking great. This guy – this guy was a piece of shit, man. <laughs> like, you know, what, Paul, I'm gonna give. I'm, you know, what, I'm gonna take. A, I'm gonna take a moment here. I'm gonna get Jake's thoughts here in a second, but I'm gonna give you a high five because you reached out to me today and you said, "Oh my god, I love the Jackass Forever trailer." Oh my god, I got that yesterday for the Green Knight. <sighs> oh god, it's fucking <laughs> <laughs> really set me up for a weird movie experience. <laughs> I love no, like I've been trying to stay away from it because I don't want to know much. Because I grew up with Jackass, yeah. And, like we did all, like we were sixteen, yeah. When the CKY stuff came out, we were going to like Suncoast to buy those uh, like bootleg movies. And then Jackass comes on. My dad got so mad when he came out watching us drink gallons of milk like as fast as we could. Like, <laughs> before really Jackass, before Jackass even came out, when I when when I was a kid, and this is a story with uh, with uh, leftover Jay. Uh, for those of you that have been listening long enough and remember Jay, uh, me and Jay and our buddy Kyle were hanging out in Jay's garage, and uh, <laughs> we would get into some. We would get into some jackass kind of level shit. And this is like 1991. And we, we put some, we took a mop and we put like some kind of like flammable substance on it. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> and then we lit the end of this mop. And this motherfucking, I'm not kidding you. We are in Jay's garage and he's holding this fucking mop handle, this long fucking handle, this long mop. And the end of this mop is just this huge fucking fireball. I am not, and Jay, Jay is just, Jay is freaking out and just moving this thing around side to side and he doesn't know what the fuck to do with it. You can't set it down. You can't like. What do you do? <laughs> Pieces of it are falling off. Oh my god! I cannot get that image out of my head. Ah, <laughs> oh, that was fucking. We also did this thing called Car Wars, where we would, <laughs> where we would all fucking. There was like three or four of us that would get into, um cars and be the driver so we had like four cars going out and then there'd be you know guys in the back seats and um we have this thing called car wars where we drive around jay's neighborhood and throw food at our cars (laughs) and we would throw like cream pies and and those hostess apple pies and cherry pies at our cars and then like at the end of the night we'd all fucking go to the car wash and wash our cars off. But anyway, 
there was one night where I was like, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to be the guy and I'm going to bring some little firecrackers and throw them out the window at the other cars. And I lit a firecracker, (laughs) threw it out the window and it like, it hit the ground and it blew up and like the car swerved and we all laughed. And I was like, okay, that really, that went off without a hitch. I'm going to, I'm going to do this again. So I lit the firecracker. And that motherfucker went off in my hand. Oh no! <laughs> oh, it was no, it was well, like yeah, the, like my hand, like it was a small firecracker, dude. I'm not using like a, I'm not stupid. I'm not using like an M80 or anything. <laughs> it was a small firecracker, but it went off in my hand and it fucking blew up. And like my hand is like fucking like. You know, like when you can feel like your heartbeat in your fucking hand, like it. I was like, holy shit! And like there was like some cuts in there, and it was burning, and it fucking sucked. And so I'm in the back seat of the car, going, "Oh my god!" (laughs) And so this other guy, Kevin, throws one out too, and it blows up in his hand, and we're both in the back seat, just like nursing our hands. (laughs) (laughs) What are the odds? Okay, what were you, DeLorean? Uh, Jake, what did you think about Myth? Did you watch any of Myth and Mogul? Yeah, I'm right there with Paul, except I knew even less. I um, I never got that Snapple bottle, so I was only aware. <laughs> I was only aware of its presence in Back to the Future, and I ended up watching all three episodes of this, and it was an absolute Tupperware for me as well. This was like all new information for me, so I was just kind of wide eyed and, and like agape at this it was crazy i couldn't believe it and yeah you're right like every episode gets more wild than the last and by the third episode it was just the footage they got was just incredible like some of the audio recordings and footage and i liked how this was kind of like almost a documentary about another documentary like i would never quite seen that before and i thought that was handled really well too it was like they were talking about work that someone else had already done but that didn't it seems like enough time had passed where a lot of people wouldn't know of those original films or you know the original camera people that followed this guy around and yeah i thought this was really great lots of great interviews um yeah, this guy's story is just so so tragic by the end of it and i i did not expect an appearance by uh Larry Flint to be really important at the end of this episode. Dude, too, so. what the fuck was that? See, <laughs> so I highly recommend this, and I, I, I would be interested in watching some of the other shows you talked about after seeing this, because if you thought there's even better material out there, I, I think I'd really like to see that. Uh, it's unfortunate that the drama has Alec Baldwin in it, though. I think I will steer very clear of that. It's still good. Um, it's still good. It's 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 mixed uh, with documentary and uh, movie. And then there's another who, uh, and I feel bad because I don't remember the actor, and I loved him from Pushing Daisies. Uh, and he was also Ronan in Guardians of the Galaxy, but he plays John DeLorean in a movie. Pace, Lee Pace, Lee Pace, and he does a fantastic job. So yeah, there's a, that's another movie. And then I've seen another documentary as well. So, but see, that's the thing. That's what I wanted to know. It's like some of this, like a lot of this information that they're giving me is stuff that I already knew. So I wasn't as blown away as you guys, but I feel like it's something that I'm still going to want to finish at the end. Maybe there are some nuggets that I still don't know about by the time we get to like the third episode. Yeah, as charismatic as this guy was, his business management and, like, his ability to, uh, like, you know, uh, be an accountant and, like, deal with this money correctly was not good. (laughs) Oh, my God. Bill Collins seems like kind of like the mastermind behind a lot of things. If you've watched the other documentaries, like, 
he really needed Bill Collins, and he did him dirty. Oh, it's really unfortunate what happened to poor Bill Collins. Yeah. yeah. The fact that they were, like, moved to, like, some scummy, like, warehouse across the street from the actual factory. Like, holy shit. What a dick move. Yeah. 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 Kind of an asshole. His son, man, his son basically just wants to distance himself from everything. Yeah, yeah. except the paychecks. Except the paychecks for one of these. Paid. <laughs> he definitely, he wants the appearance fee. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he's gonna be. He'll be at conventions, fucking uh, doing <laughs> doing photo ops and signatures. Was, is it true that like the doors don't open on these things? The like they they did they fix that eventually? That was one thing that was unclear <gasps> to me. They said when they first like released yes. these things for sale, none of like people were getting trapped inside of them. That, I, that, I think that's true. I remember hearing that in one of the other documentaries. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that is wild. They had to have, like, the fucking engineers come out and, like, let this one guy out that was, like, test driving it for, like, a publicity stunt. Yeah, for a commercial, he was supposed to open the door and be, like, the Lord in heaven. It's like, I couldn't fucking open the door. <laughs> Can you believe, though, it's like, you know, you watch the Back to the Future, um, the movies that made us, and they wanted to use a time-traveling refrigerator at one time. It's yeah. like, can you imagine <laughs> them not... Yeah, can you imagine a Back to the Future without the fucking De- DeLorean? And like, and especially at the end of that movie where like the fucking wheels like pop up and then it takes off and flies off and you're just like, and you, god damn it, in 1985 when you saw that, Jake, did that or did that not blow your fucking mind? Like, what the fuck? Dude, the longest wait in my entire life was the wait between Back to the Future 1 and 2. Well, it makes sense after – It felt like eternity. It was four years and it it did. It felt like an eternity uh, waiting those four years for the second movie. But it makes sense after watching the movies that made us talk about that movie and how he was filming, you know, Family Ties during the day. And then at night he was doing Back to the Future. And so he was just fucking wiped out. Like yeah. and and you know as you learned it's not it wasn't even intended to have sequels that was just kind of a joke ending yeah 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 oh god damn it oh boy yeah <laughs> that's I, I wonder what that refrigerator would have looked like for Back to the Future Part Two like what was it going to do that was going to blow our socks off at the end of Part One mm-hmm. yeah what was the <laughs> fucking refrigerator going to do I mean you know thank God they didn't do that because then like you know the it would have been. Bill and Ted, I don't think that they would have gone with the telephone oh, the phone booth. booth. Yeah, yeah, it would have yeah. just been, would have been, yeah. been there, done that. Maybe they would have had the car. Yeah, they would have done the DeLorean. And then they would have, <laughs> then they would have fucked it up in that third movie with Face the Music. Jesus Christ, what a, what a fucking, Kevin, did you watch Face the Music? I did watch it, and I, I mean, I thought it was okay, but not, I, what, I mean, what, I thought it hit a lot of the right spots for the time that I viewed it in uh, that time period but it it's not on the same level as the very first one and second one i mean it's i it was all right i know jake and paul loved it and uh, you know what more power to you but but god damn it that movie fucking that movie just fucking that movie ran me over (laughs) 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 that movie that movie joe belled me paul <laughs> it was like hit by a bus. What the bell? Oh man! 
Uh, let's talk about uh, Stillwater. Stillwater. I think uh, I think me and Kevin are the only two that watch Stillwater. An American oil rig roughneck travels to Marseille, France, to visit his uh, stra- visit his estranged daughter in prison for a murder she claims she didn't commit. Confronted with language barriers, cultural differences, and a complicated legal system, he soon builds a new life for himself as he makes it his personal mission to exonerate her. It's directed by Tom McCarthy, uh, based on a script he wrote with Marcus Hinchy, Thomas B- uh, Bittigain, and Noe Debra. Uh, it stars Matt Damon, uh, Camille Cotton, and Abigail Breslin. And it's loosely based on the story of Amanda Knox, a woman who was wrongfully convicted of murder in Italy in 2007 before being exonerated of the charges in 2015. Yeah, a lot of controversy going on right now with this whole Amanda Knox thing. And uh, Kevin, did that th- does that affect your uh, rating and, and uh, experience with that with this movie? I'm curious. No, because I, I mean, I saw it before I saw all of the actual controversy. Sure. And her Twitter posts and her tweets and her write, she had a write up in the Atlantic, I think as well today or whatever about it. But I saw the movie before that. Um, I mean, if you talk about this controversy or whatever, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I agree. Um, I'm wrong a lot about a stuff, a lot of wrong a lot about stuff though. So, um, this movie, it, it, I mean, of course, I mean, the only, really to me, the only thing similar is college woman goes to foreign country. She, um, a murder, a murder is committed and woman gets put into jail. Yeah. That's the only similarities. And there were two different countries. Her. This was France in the movie I mean, and she was the, in Italy. The setting, the location, the characters, the narrative, the events, the side stories that go on are all different. I paid yeah. attention to the Amanda Knox stuff when it was, I mean, from 2007 until 2015 when everything happened. She was wrongly convicted twice and um, a lot of crappy police work and just un- outright corruption there right. um, in that case. and. This movie is not like that. Right. So I, I, I I don't know. I don't, the director has said that, I mean, they did use her initial story as a jumping off point for the, the story. Um, I, I mean, inspiration for movies and other films are taken from everywhere. There's nothing. Everything is at its roots. Everything is kind of, you can take everything and, and, uh, compare it to Shakespeare. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing original out there, honestly. Right. Right. Um, I mean, there's no claim during before, during or after the movie that it's based on or meant to depict accurate or true events. I don't know. I mean, I think it's to me, it's much ado about nothing or someone taking something out of too much of a context. Yeah. I'm not going to look at the real world stuff and. And let that affect my rating, to be honest with you. And if if you're that kind of person that like, you know, that you feel like they did or dirty or whatever, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I, I watch this without all that. That's that's same, all. I mean, that's yeah. the same thing. I watched it without knowing all the controversy and knowing a lot about the that her story, and I didn't even think the two were that similar. I mean, I didn't right. even think about her story when I watched it, so I don't know. Um, I, I give it. You want me to give my rating? Mm-hmm. I mean. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I, I taste the movie. I just give it a taste. It. I mean, it was good. Um, but it, to me, again, this one felt a, a little bit long in the middle with some of the side events and side stories. And they spent just a little bit too much time on um, about 20, 20 minutes or so too long, I think. Could have been shortened. But just I mean, middle road, taste it. I thought it was a good movie. Yeah, I'm 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 opposite of you. I I loved it. I loved it. Uh, I I thought it was fantastic. I thought Matt Damon was uh, spectacular in this movie. Um, what really got me in this movie was really not a lot of the stuff kind of like going on with uh, with the whole uh, uh, you know daughter being in prison. It was this kind of fa- like him. Uh, Dropping everything, moving from Oklahoma and living in France and, uh, you know, trying to support his daughter while she's there, even though she's not talking to him for a certain amount of time. But he kind of sets up like this relationship with this, you know, this, this, this single mother and her daughter, Maya. And I love the daughter, uh, the girl that played the daughter and, uh, the woman, uh, Camille Cotton, uh, plays the French woman. Um, that uh, that he that he meets in this movie, I, I really like. That's the story that I fucking I absolutely loved, and uh, you know, so I, I really got caught up in that whole. I don't want to spoil too much about this, but I really got caught up in that kind of like, and it's not even a side story. It's like it's it's a it's yeah, a, that's it's like a big the, focus. one of the main story. I mean, story arcs. Yeah. And that has nothing to do with the real story of Amanda, uh, of yeah, Amanda Knox. I mean, zero. Yeah. I mean, zero. And, uh, I thought, I thought the way that, you know, Matt Damon was playing this oil rig roughneck and, um, the way he researched this role and like went to Oklahoma and spent time, you know, with real oil rig roughnecks and, and got to know like the culture and got to know these, these, these men. And, uh, I think it, I think it like really bled into his, his performance here. I, I think this is one of the best acted, uh, performances I've seen from Matt Damon in a very long time. I, I Tupperware this movie. I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And, um, yeah, yeah, it got a five minute standing ovation uh, at Cannes. Wow. At, at Cannes, it did. So, yeah, five minute standing ovation at Cannes. Um, wow. I, I mean, I personally, I don't. Wow, I did wouldn't expected that to have happened. But hey, cool. I'm yeah. glad it's getting. Um, people are liking it though. I mean, it's a good story. Yeah, yeah, I really dug it, man. I really dug it. Still water, still water. Um, yeah, it's out in theaters right now. Last thing for good pop, bad pop that I wanted to talk about. Is, uh, it's a, another kind of like a reality, kind of a, not a competition, but it's a, it's a reality show. Tattoo Redo on Netflix. Uh, when terrible tattoos are too much to bear, you cover them up. Five of the most talented tattoo artists in the business take on some of the most embarrassing tattoos and turn them into amazing masterpieces. So basically you got a bunch of people here that in their youth, uh, got stupid tattoos. Maybe they got it from a friend. Maybe they got it from somebody that didn't like respect their vision of like really what they wanted. Um, and so now they're wanting to have a tattoo cover up from one of these tattoo artists and, uh, have something on their bodies now that they're proud of. Um, you've got women here that got like tattoos below their, you know, on their back, right below their neck. And so like, if they're wearing like, you know, 
uh, a dress that shows off their back or something like that. Like it's, it's super embarrassing for them. So, um, they've, they've got this show here and they bring people on, they show you, uh, their embarrassing tattoos. They give you the story behind the tattoo. And the twist here is that they've brought someone with them, whether it be like a, a boyfriend, girlfriend, a husband, wife, um, or just a friend, uh, their friend is the one that gets to choose the tattoo that's going to go on their body permanently now to cover up their old tattoo. So will they like it or will they hate it? That's like the, the main, you know, uh, I guess hook of this show. And, uh, there's six 25 minute episodes. I watched two episodes and it's a cool concept. Um, I'm going to give it a taste it. I just don't like at the end of the day, um, I think it all kind of like hinges on like how bad the tattoo is, what the story is behind the tattoo. And then like, I guess I just get, I, I, I guess I just kind of get sick of seeing like how many flowers we can cover up <laughs> this tattoo or like this one. I feel like these tattoo artists are just like doing stuff that is, um, uh, that, is good like their strengths as a tattoo artist. Like this one guy is like really good into like Japanese art. The other guy is kind of like really good at like drawing flowers. Um I feel like at the end of the day, like I didn't see anything new coming out of this. Like it's like, okay, here's flower guy and here's the Japanese artist guy. And you know, like it just felt like that's what I'm gonna continue to get from this show. I, I'm two episodes in and I think I'm kind of done with it. Um, it's, I would rather watch, you know, as far as like shows, like I would rather watch like, um, what is it? Like the, um, kitchen nightmares or, uh, what is it? You know, like the Gordon Ramsay when he comes in there and fixes like the hotels or fixes like the kitchens and, or the, the bars, the uh, bar rescue. Like I would rather watch that kind of stuff than, than this. I just didn't think, or, you know, face off where, you know, people are doing like, you know, makeup for like movies and stuff like that, you know, making werewolves and, and, uh, you know, like universal monsters and aliens and stuff like that. That's the kind of stuff. This just didn't really hit me. Um, I guess it's kind of fun. Why, like seeing like what ridiculous tattoos these people have, but at the end of the day, them getting it fixed and what I saw, I was just kind of like, okay, cool. All right. The guy fucking, he put a bouquet of flowers on your leg. Cool. All right. I'm done. So I'll give it a taste it overall. Um, Kevin, what did you think of tattoo redo? Yeah, I watched all six episodes. Um, uh, I give it, I mean, I, I want to give it a high taste it, but I, I'm going to probably stick on taste it. I will stick on taste it because my issue with it is what you basically brought up was a lot of these aren't original. I mean, they don't seem that original. I mean, they seem more like, I mean, they're drawing it and they're drawing up the idea, yeah. but it seems more like a flash piece that you would see in a tattoo shop on the wall somewhere. It's not like it's a generic flower, a couple of right, flowers. Yeah. It's a it's a cat with a I mean, like a, a snake with a knife or a knife with a snake ro- around it. Or I mean, those gen- more gen- general things. Dude, I was totally um, turned off at the knife through the cat head. Yeah, <laughs> that one was interesting. That that one was something I would definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure what that's supposed to symbolize, but um, 
Well, and then- the guy was the guy. I mean, the guy was in a you know he was gay, so maybe he's saying I hate pussy. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good I, interpretation. I just, yeah, I just. I mean, I like the cover cover up aspect of it. I mean, I, I love tattoos. I have a ton of tattoos. I've gotten a, one covered up in the past um, and gone through that whole process. And um, it, I do love that process of trying to pick something out and trying to get something to work yeah. so that it covers up the old piece. Yeah. Um, I, I did like the kind of the twist where you had the other person pick what you wanted and you couldn't see it until the end. Right. Um, I would never want to do that. I mean, I, I would never trust anybody to do that sort of thing. I mean, like getting someone's name tattooed on you you don't do that um so i i thought it was pretty cool i my my favorite was probably episode two where they had that stupid ghost pepper ass tattoo (laughs) on his butt and um he had his hairy ass hanging out on the screen but um but i liked what they actually turned that into they didn't really i mean they kept the pepper theme made it a little brighter and everything a lot better but um i just who, I can't remember the host's name. Um, the host is uh, Jesse May. Yeah. Um, she started getting annoying in this thing as well. Yeah, um, I didn't like her either. Yes. And attempted like wit and quips and all this crap. She's a, she's I, a like, comedian. A little annoying. She's a comedian. I almost but, like, thought, but Nikki Glaser did a great yeah. job in F-Boy Island. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to say. I was like, I watched F-Boy Island first and then I watched this and then I thought – the woman in this one, the host in this one, was doing a terrible job of impersonating what Nikki Glaser was trying to do or was att- or was doing in F. Boy Allen. Just I love with- Nikki Glaser was just fucking like these guys when she they would great. when she when these guys would say stupid shit, she'd call them out on it. I love well, that. It, when she first introduced them in that show, uh, or when she was first talking to them, introducing herself, she just started roasting them. I mean, there yeah. were several yeah. different lines that she threw out were great she's this funny one, she's just funny yeah. yeah i mean there are people that are just there are people that are like super funny and off the cuff uh, off the cuff just funny and she is she's funny she's just funny she doesn't need time to sit around and write a joke to be funny she's just fucking off the cuff funny and i felt like this host just felt very canned yeah definitely i mean i again taste it I watched them all in one sitting, just boom, boom, boom down the line. Yeah. But, I mean, I would watch more, but, I mean, it, I wouldn't just kind of, like, run to the screen and try to, I mean, because it wasn't that great. So, I guess taste it. See, I'm going to be watching. I'll be, uh, you know, I'll fucking, I'll watch some fucking uh, uh, Pawn Stars or fucking Storage Wars before I'll oh, watch. Storage Wars. I love Storage Wars. Me too. Wars. Oh, God. I mean, any of the, that, those sort of, and then you had brought up, um, like, Kitchen Nightmares and yeah. um, those sort of shows. I love Kitchen yeah. Nightmares and those things. This was just okay, though. It's okay. It's okay. Jake, uh, Tattoo Redo, did you watch any? Yeah, I watched the first two episodes as well. I, I'm going to give it a low taste it. I One of you guys already used the word that really came to mind for me was canned. And I thought a lot of this show felt really canned, and that felt really annoying. I thought it was a... A very interesting concept. There was a few moments that did make me chuckle quite a lot. Uh, I could not believe the uh, cum poem tattoo that that one guy had on his <laughs> Dude. <tongue>. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised they aired that, really. Yeah. 
absolutely unbelievable. But one thing that was a real turnoff to me about this show was they've got this like twist where, you know, your friend or whoever you come in with, your, your, your date, your whoever gets to pick your tattoo, but it never goes anywhere. In fact, the only reason I watched a second episode was I wanted to see someone absolutely hate the decision that the person had gone with. Um, I guess, Kevin, you've seen all six episodes and you can tell me if this happens, but it makes me feel like it won't because they, they teased it as hard as possible in the second episode. It's like, Oh, I don't want flowers. I don't want flowers. Oh my God. He went with flowers. She's going to hate it. And they almost advertised that there's going to be this like confrontation of hate because of the flowers that he picked. But no, she loves it. She can't believe they found a way to make flowers look good on her body. Just a big wet fart of a fucking like twist. And yeah, I, I thought this was a great concept and it could be a lot better if executed in a more interesting way. The and guy yeah, the that host was very lackluster. The guy that had like the cum poem, Jake wanted them to just have like a dick coming on his shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to tell you if you, if you, yeah, I'm never going to watch another episode of this. Okay. So. Uh, everybody likes what they have either likes or loves it. There's nobody. I know that was something I wrote down when I was finished. I was <laughs> like, absolutely nobody threw a fit or had an issue with the piece that they were that was put on them. That's absolutely no. Six episodes, eighteen people. Not a single one had yes, any problem. That's with what I mean, they and I think done. that lends credence to your little your um um uh, kind of canned area i mean it just felt like it a lot of it was scripted it did well and then like in episode two like the hosts and the tattoo artists break away and they like they're placing bets on like whether she'll like it or not and it just felt very scripted like the producers like stopped filming and said hey let's throw this bet into the mix as well yeah, fuck this show. That makes I'm gonna go ahead and revert to a toss it, <laughs> knowing with with Kevin's knowledge that not, not a single one of these 18 people. Like to me, the whole point of that twist is to like have some kind of like, oh my god, I can't believe you put a fucking onk on my ankle. I fucking hate it so much. Yeah, you know. Oh my yeah, god, I was I was waiting on someone to. I mean, like actually, like, hey, this is going to cause us to break up. We're, I mean, divorce something. <laughs> um, I, I was, I mean, I was towards when you, once you get to episode four and you don't see it, and then five, you're that last episode. You're like, I want these fuckers to just destroy their marriage or whatever because there is, it's all everybody likes it. You're they're either in love with them or in love with the piece. Or they really, really like it. There is nothing that is, else. That's so that. fucking dumb. Ah, oh, Jesus, Paul, tattoo redo. No, I was not. I was not able to watch this, uh, and I feel like with the whole DeLorean thing, I'm like tattooed out, man. I love that black ink crew and and all the Miami ink stuff, but like, it's making me think of that Snooky show where she hosted, where people would give terrible tattoos to like their boyfriends and girlfriends and shit. Uh, and if you're looking for some awkwardness and drama, I would suggest you check those out because there's literally people getting like, I'm breaking up with you tattooed on their girlfriend's arm. Uh, so if you want I'm that, surprised. Stuff, I, I remember that show and I'm surprised that thing even aired because that's crazy that they would dude, people people were, allow that. Dude, that one guy like had a ball sack put on his girlfriend's back. It was yeah, insane. See, I, I, I that's I, terrible. I see how that aired. Yeah, that's oh, man, that's taking so advantage of people. And, that's exploiting people. Yeah, yes. 
Yeah, but if you want the drama, there it is. But yeah, no. No, I, I, I definitely do not watch this one. They tattooed a dick on her at, on her back? Dude, man, one guy put like a a fucking hamster like PMS scene. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, what? That's fucking insane, man. What the fuck, dude? They had some like very terrible stuff. Like. How could you even buy fucking tampons for a PMSing? <laughs> <laughs> Asking the important question. <laughs> what the fuck, bro? That's so crazy. What's it? What's that show called? How far is tattoo far? Oh my god, that's, that's such a dumb name. Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> so Jake, next week I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna be like, I burned through that whole fucking series. <laughs> what channel was? I'm assuming that was like the MTV. Yeah, that was MTV. That what's was the, MTV. What's the worst? What's the worst reality show you've ever watched? What's the worst? Like this, the dumbest, or just like I can't believe they fucking made this reality show. I'd say that one. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I'm thinking. You're on. I'm on the spot. For me, there's two of them. There's um, there's the one with the the parking meters, the the meter maids. Oh, that's a good one. Course. That's a good one. And then, th- did you ever watch? <laughs> did you ever watch? It was on True TV. It was called <laughs> Wiener's Circle. <laughs> there's a there's a there's a there's a hot dog stand i think it's in chicago that is known for being rude to their customers oh yeah and it was called instead of winner's circle it was called wiener's circle and it was a reality <laughs> show and they just fucking gave you like a feed from like their like cameras that they had there of like the employees at this at this fucking hot dog stand being rude to their customers. That and place shit. got crazy. And it was called Wiener's. Yeah, it got crazy. It was called Wiener's Circle. Yeah, because you had that one girl that, like, after midnight, if you ordered a chocolate shake, she would, like, fucking take off her shirt and shit. It got wild. What? Yeah, like, they always censor that up, but, like, I swear to God, there was one. Where where the guy's like, so is this the place where I can get a good chocolate milkshake after midnight? And she's like, he said it, he said it. And she, like, started taking off her fucking shirt. Like, it was insane. Was she hypnotized or something? <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, But, like, it just kind of fit into their whole, like, we're going to be as off the wall in your face. Yeah, dude, if you Google it right now, it's called The Wiener Circle. It's in Chicago. And it's it says famously surly staffers serve char dogs and more at this tiny institution that's open late. <laughs> and they fucking made this shit into a, a reality show for like it like ran for like one season. Yeah. What was the other bet? Like what was I remember there was like a show where Lorenzo Lamas was judging people if they were hot or not. <laughs> <laughs> what? Lorenzo, dude, dude, I fucking, I'm, I met Lorenzo Lamas at a uh, convention, and he is the, he is what, he is one of the nicest motherfuckers, dude. I'm not kidding you. Lorenzo Lamas was like super nice to talk to. I found that one. It was called was it? "Are You Are You Hot?" The Search for America's <laughs> Sexiest People aired on ABC in 2003. He wasn't nice in this show. He had, like, he had, like, a laser pen, and he would, like, go in, like, on their thighs and be like, you think you're hot? Like, 
your, your thighs are saying no. You're like, holy shit, dude. <laughs> fucking Renegade is a dick. Dude, I fucking – I talked to him about like – he was on – he was on some reality show. I talked to him about his appearance on the reality show. And then I talked to him about like, on, you know, I talked to him about Renegade and, uh, cause he was on that show, but he was super fucking nice to me, man. I couldn't believe it, man. He was just talking to me. Like there was nobody at his table and I just dropped by and I was like, dude, I really liked you on Renegade and I liked you on that reality <laughs> show. And man, he, he just chatted me up for like fucking five, 10 minutes or whatever. He was nice. Did you ever watch the Tommy Lee goes to college? Yes. Oh, yes. no. <laughs> I fucking love that show, dude. It was, uh, yeah, Tommy Lee. I fucking love Tommy Lee goes to college. That was like, that's like one of my all time fucking favorite reality shows. I love that show. Oh, wait. I think at like the same time they had Gene Simmons teach it. Like they did like a whole school of rock thing where he was teaching like, like he went to like a Lutheran school and was teaching the choir how to like do rock and roll, and he was I always fighting. This. Damn, he was like always fighting with the head nun. It was great. Oh God, what was the? Oh, the Simple Life with Nicole Richie and Paris Hilton. Did you guys watch that? Yeah, I watched that. I've yeah. seen it. Yeah, I fucking own the first season on DVD. I love that shit. <laughs> I love that life. shit. The Simple Life. Oh, the Simple yeah. Life. Oh my god! I love all the washed-up celebrities. They had like Webster. That was and, uh, oh oh the that sur- was a favorite of mine. The surreal life. Oh my yeah. god! I fucking love that. Um, did you watch the season with Tammy Faye Baker and yeah. fucking? It was Tammy Faye Baker, Vanilla Ice, and Ron Jeremy. <laughs> oh, I saw it. Oh my god! <laughs> Have you seen the trailers for the new Tammy Faye Baker movie? Yeah, no, I, I want Joe to. Bell. Jessica Chastain, Andrew Garfield. Oh my god! I won't be reviewing it on the show, but it looks really fucking good. You know what show I'm not? You know what movie I'm not going to be reviewing, Kevin? What's that? Did you watch Before the Green Knight? Did you watch the trailer for Lamb? For the Lamb? I, I can't wait for that, that dude. I wild as hell. Man, I cannot I watch it. Wait. I cannot watch it because I feel like they're going to do some fucked up things with animals oh, in that fucking movie. They will. Dude. I have no doubt. I can't I watch a comment it. Comment the other day. I saw that trailer and I was like, "This is right up my alley." I cannot wait for this. It's been another A twenty four film. I cannot wait. I'm not going to. What's the, what's the elevator pitch for this movie? <laughs> <laughs> not a lot. I mean. A woman thinks a lamb is a child? It, oh, no. I don't know. A like, little Sunday suit dress. <laughs> but, but does she, I mean, I, I, there's going to be some twists I have a family, or feeling in this thing. Fuck or, that. I mean, fuck is this. Is that lamb, I mean, is there something actually going on? Is that lamb half Lamb half kid? I don't know. I, I think it's the origin of weird. Lamb Chop. I'm just gonna, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna Every fucking, time. I'm gonna watch Lamb Chop's play along or just Paddington. I'm not watching, there's no way in fuck I'm watching Lamb. There's no like way. The, the only premise I think that I saw said something about a, a, a couple, man and woman in Iceland, uh, find themselves parents of a strange creature, which will affect their relationship or something like that. We, something very simple like that, very vague. But yeah, I, I go if you haven't seen the trailer for the lamb, or just lamb, um, yeah, watch that. It's 
<laughs> it's fucking nuts, man. <laughs> Would you watch a movie where Jake is trying to figure out the name of a Cheryl Ladd movie? <laughs> I give Jake 25 guesses. <laughs> oh, no. You've got to be able to get one. Come on, one. The only thing I can think of is Charlie's Angels, and that's not a movie. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I don't know that she's famous for anything else. I haven't Googled. Uh, now, you're, you're pretty much correct. Though. She's She's been in a lot of stuff, but I don't... She was in that Poison Ivy movie in the early 90s. I love that movie. Uh, with um, Drew Barrymore. Oh, yeah. 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 They made like a hundred straight-to-video sequels. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> That's the only other thing I know she's been in. So, Oh, she was uh, unforgettable. Jake for, in Millennium. Jake actually ironically forgot about that one, Paul. <laughs> uh, let's move on into the uh pop culture leftovers news i can f- find the bumper here we go hear ye hear ye read all about it it's a lift of a news and there's no doubt about it this news is gangsta as fuck yo it's gangsta as fuck yo oh my god this this uh this episode is certified lad fresh jake all right. <laughs> true. <laughs> Certified Cheryl Ad Fresh. All right. What do we got here for news? New details. This comes from Dark Horizons. New details on new Predator film. Uh, following uh, Jungle Cruise hitting this week, the film's producers, John Davis and John Fox, have been out doing press rounds and have spoken to Clyder about the upcoming new Predator movie, titled Skull. 10 Cloverfield Lane Helmer Dan Trachtenberg directs the project, which will look at the Predator's first journey to this planet. The project, which has almost finished filming, boasts a female Comanche warrior played by Native American actress Amber Midthunder. Guys, we remember her from Legion. Um, and she was also in the new Liam Neeson movie, The Ice Road. <laughs> and uh so yeah amber mid thunder who honestly was probably the best part of the ice road and uh, i loved her in legion uh as uh, what was it carrie Loudermilk. um davis says the film will have a back to basics approach akin to the original namely a survival thriller in the wilderness relying on two foes trying to outsmart each other that doesn't sound familiar at all <laughs> never uh, seen a movie like it. Never seen. Well, a Predator movie like that just doesn't that doesn't ring true. I'm kidding. Uh, quote: <laughs> It goes back to what made the original Predator movie work. It's the ingenuity of a human being who won't give up, who's able to observe and interpret. Basically, being able to be to beat a stronger, more powerful, well-armed force. It actually has more akin to the Revenant than it does any film in the Predator canon you know i mean once you see it you can use your imagination it is early uh davis wouldn't reveal the specific time period it's set in but did reveal the idea has been in the works for several years and was slowly cooking away under much secrecy he has nothing but praise for trachtenberg quote watching dailies 
you just understand how his vision is completely unique. He's got his own language, and it's fresh, and it's cool, and it's interesting. He also promises this is trying to be up there with the original film, but understands that's a high bar to clear. It's going to be, I believe, the second best, or the first, or it may be equal to the first one, right? I, I feel like the first one was a wonderful, interesting movie, and I know what worked about it. I feel like we kind of never got back there again. We ended up in a, in different places. I think this is a worthy compliment to the first one. It's going to be as good. Finally, he confirms the film will be conceived as an R-rated movie, but it could easily end up PG-13. I, I guess I'm going to find out what it has to be or what it is when it's all cut together. No release date yet. Um... I love Dan Trachtenberg, but nothing about this news gets me excited. And and the reason I'm saying all this is because, and it has nothing to do with Amber Midthunder as the lead here. My big thing about this for me is the fact that, like, this quote of, like, oh, I believe it's the second best or the first, it may be equal, like, he's trying to figure out, like, where this movie is going to rank as far as like these predator movies. And then, you know, he talks about like, I feel like the first one was a wonderful, interesting movie. And I know what worked about it. There's no surprises. There's no surprises. If you're just going back into the well of predator stuff, there's no surprises there. Um, so basically at the end of the day, all they're going to do is basically kind of like, and not retcon, but they're going a little bit further into the past and they're giving us uh, this Native American female lead who might be the first one to realize that you have to put mud on your body to cover it up and then the predator can't see you. And then like, ooh, it's all shit we've fucking seen. Like, and, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm speaking prematurely. Maybe they're going to be doing something completely different with predators that's going to blow our fucking minds here. But at the end of the day, I feel like it's just, it feels like it's a love letter to the first movie. Just they're going further back into the past, probably in the Americas before it was fucking, you know, before, you know, Europeans settled here. And, um, so she's not going to have guns and she's not going to have all that kind of stuff. And yeah, man, I'm not, a, I love Dan Trachtenberg. I, if anybody can do it, I would give the Predator franchise to Dan Trachtenberg or Lee Winnell from, you know, the director of Upgrade. That's about it. Um, I'm hoping for the best, but at the end of the day, um, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't have a lot of hope, uh, in, in this new Predator movie. And it's, I, it's, it blows my mind how, Often Hollywood is just coming back to this Predator well now. It felt like we didn't get anything yeah. pre Predator after Predator Two, except for Dark Horse Comics, and then they finally give us you know you know Predator versus Aliens and and all that shit, and and then when they finally do give us a Topher Grace Adrian Brody Predator movie, which oh god, it, it felt like it oh god I don't know god damn it, give me a fucking Predator, just give me a fucking Predator movie where you cast Dave Batista or The Rock or so. I don't know, man. Is that is that too fucking cliche? I don't know. Maybe it is cliche to just go with these big hulking guys in the fucking jungle. 
I don't know. Maybe I, I'm just done with Predator movies at this point. I'm done with Predator movies just like I'm done, I feel like, with Terminator movies that are just underperforming. It's just, it's just like, I don't feel like anybody fucking gets, I, I, I don't feel like there's like a, a, a fucking guy out there or a woman out there that fucking gets Predator the way that fucking Kevin Feige gets Marvel or the way that fucking Dave Filoni gets Star Wars. I, I don't think it's out there. And I think it's just gonna, they're just gonna keep recycling this shit under people that have like, that don't know what the fuck they're doing. And I hate this, I, I'm not saying this about Dan Trachtenberg because I think he's fucking great. 10 Cloverfield Lane is fucking amazing. But at the end of the day, I don't know. I don't know. Am I out of bounds here? Kevin, what do you think, man? No, I don't think you're out of bounds. I, I absolutely love the first one. I, I mean, the second one as well. I mean, then of course, Alien vs. Predator and all that nice stuff that comes afterwards. Um, but I, I think this franchise, I mean, this will be the fifth one, I believe, um, will be, I mean, I think it really just needs to be shelved for another 10, 15 years. Just there, there's no need to make another movie. I mean, what was the last one was in 18 and I think it was then eight years before that or something. And then, yeah, I, mean, I think it's, I think just, you're correct. I, I think there's no one that gets this franchise like Kevin Feige gets the MCU. I mean, it, that's. I mean, I, I don't. I don't know who you would get to do it properly, or at least do it better than what we've seen in your, some of the first originals. I say you uh. get fucking. I say you get. They should have done this movie fucking uh, eight to ten years ago, and it should have been. Well, fuck. Honestly, you could do it fucking now, in my opinion. You do this fucking movie now with uh, Lee Winnell, director, the director of Upgrade. You get mm-hmm. Lee Winnell to direct this motherfucker, and then you just say, we're going to cross this fucking shit over with fucking Rambo. And we're going to have Rambo fighting this motherfucker. We're going to have Rambo, Rambo fighting this motherfucker. Dude, Rambo versus a Predator? Come on. And Lee Winnell directing <laughs> this bitch? Dude, that's going to sell. that gets made, he'll be like 80. <laughs> Dude, have you seen the pictures of him flexing oh, I've that on him? He's still on roids. There's no doubt. I Fucking mean, it. Get, I, good for him. He's still using. He's still using. But good I, for him. Good for him. Uh, he looks fucking great. He's looking. Oh, he, he does. He, he looks fucking fantastic. I, I just, man, I don't know. I think it just like the Terminator movies you already mentioned. Uh, I know I this just kind of needs kind of to be shelved and forgotten about for a while. You've got the movies we've got. You can enjoy the first. You can enjoy that first one for fucking. I've been enjoying that first one since 1987. Exactly. I mean, you just enjoy it and enjoy it and love it. And maybe 20 years from now, reintroduce Predator. Yeah, Jake. Properly. Jake, I know you're itching to talk about this. What are you thinking, man? Yeah, I agree with a lot of the stuff you guys are saying. But I mean, I just don't think this franchise at its core is deep enough to ever have that guy to come in, you know, to ever have that. You know, Kevin Feige or Dave Filoni, like it's, it's the predator. And I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think you, you just go back to basics and you put Batista and the rock in a movie for the first time together. I, I think the key to making a good predator movie is to keep it simple, stupid, and just give us fucking big buff dudes trying to take down this fucking predator. I think the more lore and the more type of like, world building they try to do with this franchise and this character that it's never going to play it's never going no one's ever going to be invested no one's ever going to care there's never going to be a follow-up it's just going to be 
all these one and dones over and over and over again. And if that's what we're going to do, let, let's just know that that's what we're going to do and make an awesome fucking one and done. That's just very much back to basics, back to the jungle, get some big fucking eye catching celebrities in there and let's have a rollicking good time. I, I think the more they try and like, like I keep saying, the more they're trying to do all this world building or like reinvent this wheel, it, it wasn't that great of a wheel in the first te- place you know I'm, and i'm not trying to take anything away from that first movie i love that first fucking movie i think kind of it is what it is you know well i think like it's the, it, what always intrigued me about the predators is the fact that they're trophy killers they're trophy killers you know the ti- the title of this movie i think is fucking excellent predator skull Every fucking movie, those skulls are their trophies. You go into Predator 2, you get on their ship. Those fucking skulls from all different fucking alien races are right there on display. Those are the fucking trophies of, of, of other creatures and of things that they've fucking conquered and killed on other planets and shit. I'm saying maybe the only thing that I would like to see is like a Hunger Games version of this shit where they take humans, take all these different fucking aliens, they put them on a planet and they send them out to this fucking alien jungle and different aliens and humans all have to go up against each other in a Hunger Games type of tournament. That's kind of like, that's the only thing that I would want to see at this point. And I'm I love t- it. Even that though, it's very much, that's back to basics right there. It, You're it figuring is. out a way to get it back to what made the first movie so great in the first place. And I, the more they try to make the predator a sympathetic character, like fucking PU. I, I don't want to see any of that shit. And yeah, that's been yeah. a big problem with the last couple of movies is I don't want to relate or feel bad for this character. I, I want this character to be a fucking stone cold trophy hunting killer. Yeah. 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 Agreed. Agreed. I don't give a shit about his relationships or his fucking like, <laughs> empathy about anything like fuck that i no empathy kill take skulls and i feel like at the end of the day this movie all it's going to do is going to be like okay uh we're gonna have a human that is like before you know the time of like guns and all this technology uh be able to kill a predator and it's like okay all right cool that's it it sucks too because i'm right there with you where dan trackenberg is so talented yes yes it's the worst part about this news is he's tied up with another Predator movie that's probably just going to be a big fucking, you know, dud. Yeah. I, this movie's, I think it's getting made, man. I think it's, I wow, think. Oh, I think so too. Yeah. I think so too. Well, and how, how you, you had mentioned something about PG 13 or rated R. Yeah. They the said R-day. it could, yeah. The, uh, it was, uh, one of the guys here involved in the project, uh, was it Davis, uh, said that it could, it, he was, uh, the film was conceived as a rated R movie, but it easily could end up PG 13. See, I think that's a huge issue. Huge <laughs> issue. You can't, you can't yeah. do that. I mean, you, why even make one? Why call I mean, it Skull if you're going to puss out on that? Exactly. Paul. I mean, make it R. Yeah, yeah, no, I was going to say the same thing Kevin said that the most, like, disparaging thing about this is, hey, yeah, like, it could be R, but it'll probably be. PG-13, and I mean, I agree with everything everybody said is that, like, I think this needs to be shelved for, like, 20 years. Let's come back to it, like, in 2040, um, because that Shane Black movie was a piece of shit. Um, yeah, and it's like, And I also agree with you, like, either, either really go back to the basics of what made us all fall in love with this character or do something really 
off the fucking wall. Fuck it. Hey, take Sigourney him. Weaver and fucking DH her and have Ellen Ripley go up against one of these things in the past. Yeah, or, or I'll <laughs> one-up you. I'll one-up you. One of my favorite, like, miniseries of 2015 was Archie versus Predator. <laughs> yes, I own I own those issues, bro. Oh, dude, yes, yes. That was a fucking awesome It was fun. Man. Yeah, man. It, I love, like, those Archie crossovers are fantastic, man. Put that on a big screen, dude. Let's see fucking... But let's see the predator trying to kill Betty because it's got a crush on Veronica. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I mean they just put that right on Riverdale. I mean the predator wouldn't be so far fetched for Riverdale. Well, what it's turned into these days. <laughs> uh, I stopped watching Riverdale, man. I was into that show for the first couple seasons. Um, yes, yeah, it's watched, out there. I watched two seasons and I checked out. God damn I it! I dropped off once the predator didn't show up. Yeah. <laughs> well, God. you should you should get back to watching because anything can happen at this point. <laughs> uh, let's see here. What do you guys want to talk about the Pokemon live action series in the works at Netflix? Sure. It comes from ComicBook.com. They don't know if it's going to be based on the. They really don't know anything about it. It is happening though. There's a Pokemon live action TV series in the works at Netflix, and you know I'm famously not. Like known for, I, I never grew up really with Pokemon. I didn't get into, I, and it's not like I'm into Pokemon. Like I played Pokemon Go, and I thought it was a fuck ton of fun. I really enjoyed it, and uh, and I honestly I loved Detective Pikachu. I thought it was a fun movie, but they don't know what this is going to be about. They don't know if it's going to be like based in that Detective Pikachu world. Um, or if they're gonna take like a more traditional kind of like, you know, what was the character, the human character? Is it Ash, the boy? Yes. They don't know if it's gonna be that story with Pokemon and stuff like that. That's kind of like, I, Jake, I think like that's what I wanna see. At, uh, yeah, Ash Ketchum and his quest to become a Pokemon master. That's kind of like, that's, I guess that's the story that I would wanna see because like I'm not really like vested or like I, I don't have any knowledge of that world, that story. And if like they could take that story and put it into live action and make it look fantastical and uh, bring these characters to life with this crazy CG where I get to see like these crazy characters that I saw in, in the Pokemon Go game that I played and enjoyed, if they could bring those to life and then like, really dive into like that original kind of like story with the lore of that character of Ash Ketchum and like bring that to life for me. Maybe that'll connect me more with this franchise. That's kind of like what I'm hoping to get out of this, this series. I, I, you know, like I, I don't want them to take like the detective Pikachu approach to this one. I, I'd say, I say, you know, uh, bring in that original fan base and, and give the original fan base kind of like what they've always kind of like wanted to see with a live action project and, and then make me like a fan of it, you know? Cause like I, I never got into the power Rangers. I was a little too old when the power Rangers came out, but man, there's some love for the power Rangers out there mm-hmm. from like, you know, people that are just like a few years younger than me. Like they grew up on power Rangers. They love power Rangers. So, like, my introduction into the Power Rangers was that new movie that came out a few years ago, and I had a lot of fun with it, you know? Um, so, I'm hoping that that's what they can kind of do here with this Pokemon live-action TV series 
with Netflix. Jake, what do you think? Does Netflix have a good enough track record to work with this massive franchise? Yeah, I think it could be done. And I think you're right on target with what they should do with it. Like, and I don't even need it to be the, the cartoon character, Ash. Like, but I, that, that is the story I want to see. I want to see someone's journey into becoming, you know, a Pokemon trainer for the first time, being brought into this world for the first time, and then follow their journey into becoming a champion. You know, just that's the, I don't want to see more Detective Pikachu stuff. I think the idea of doing a series, that means it's finally time to show what the Pokemon world is really famous for and, you know, see all these just crazy creatures doing their Pokemon battles with each other. I think, you know, we waited so long to see live action Pokemon. And as much as I love Detective Pikachu, it really doesn't deliver on the core thing that made Pokemon popular in the first place. I think an episodic series is exactly the place to do that. So yeah, I'm right there with you. I don't, I don't even need it to be Ash. Just, I just want to see that journey of a character, you know, picking his starter Pokemon between these three for the first time. And then, and then what happens next? And I think that could be really cool. Just, just massive, insane battles with powers flaring everywhere. I think that could work really well in like the half an hour, like weekly show format. Do you trust, do you trust Netflix? Um, yeah, I, I trust Netflix enough. I know they have the money to make it look good. Um, I, I don't think it's that complicated of a story either. It's not like there's all these, like, your really delicate things they have to get just right to make the story work. I, I think it's a very bare-bones, simple story, and that's kind of what makes the franchise, like, roll along in the first place, is it's very easy to understand the concept of what's going on. What blows my but, mind, though, sometimes is, like, with some of these big properties is like they'll hire these people and you're like why the fuck did they hire that person (laughs) what you know like i mean seth graham smith being one of those guys you know what i mean like i feel like this guy gets he gets hired on to write shit or or direct shit and you're just like why are why do you keep going to this seth graham smith well and i i just i want them to get the right people behind this i would honestly feel better if this was like in the hands of somebody that was kind of like an unknown and we find out like oh my god i grew up with pokemon i absolutely loved it don't worry it's in good hands yeah, yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. Um, I I hope they do the right thing. I hope they find some good writers. But I don't know. I feel like this is almost an easy slam dunk. That yeah. it would be really hard to make something that was just completely awful out of this. This is actually it's actually being uh, brought to us by Lucifer co showrunner Joe Henderson is slated to write and executive produce. I dropped off of Lucifer pretty early. It has a huge fan base, and that's kind of like why it was brought back to Netflix. So I know that Lucifer is getting its last season or has had its last season or whatever. And so it looks like Joe Henderson is moving on from Lucifer and doing this Pokemon TV series. Uh, any – Paul, Kevin, you guys watch Lucifer? No. I have not um, watched a single episode. Okay. Yeah, I've watched the first like four or five. It's fun enough, but I, I, and I know like Joe Vitale from the Vintage Geeks absolutely loves Lucifer. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Paul, uh, thoughts on a Pokemon live action TV series? Yeah, I am just, uh, newly getting into this wild world of Pokemon. Uh, my son has become obsessed and, it's kind of cool because we've been watching the old cartoon, but like Netflix has done a lot of their own 
like Netflix originals, uh, Pokemon, like animated movies and TV series that are pretty cool. But I don't have a lot of background with it, but I know that if it comes out soon, I'm going to be watching it either way with my son who's going to be obsessed with it. So I'm in either way. Kevin, do you give a fuck? I, I, I honestly don't give a fuck. I mean, it's – I am not – the. <laughs> I watched Detective Pikachu. I liked it. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. But yeah. I absolutely have no idea anything else about Pokemon outside of that movie. Right. So I was probably I was lost a little bit in there, here and there in that movie because I don't know who some of these characters are. I don't know who they are. So outside yeah. of Pikachu, um, but yeah, I don't care honestly. Yeah, but I think it's cool that stuff be, like this stuff is happening though. Yeah. Um, for for fans. Yeah. So. Are you, Jigglypuff, Jake? That's a thing, isn't it? Squirt, squirt. Uh, Jigglypuff is my favorite Pokemon. There you go. There you go. The only the only other one I knew outside of Pikachu before that movie was Squirtle. Squir- yeah, because it sounds dirty, doesn't it? It does sound dirty, and I really thought it was at one point, but <laughs> I just, I don't know. I, it's one of I the, have no knowledge of that. At stuff, the uh, so. Council of the Jake-Offs, that's something they say. <laughs> Squirtle, Squirtle. <laughs> I just get, it, get ready, get set, squirreled and I just squirtled all over your dirtle, bro. And then that's when you know when to start. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then you're off to the races. Um, news from Slash Film. Uh, Taika Waititi's Flash Gordon movie is now live action. Two years ago, Taika Waititi signed on to helm a Flash Gordon movie about the space opera comic hero who debuted back in 1934. The film was initially planned to be an animated feature, but recent reports prove that he that's no longer the case. And the project is now being developed as a live action film. While promoting his latest release, Jungle Cruise producer John Davis revealed to Collider that this decision was made by Taika Waititi himself, saying Taika is writing it. It was a movie that was a huge influence on him growing up. It is one of his favorite movies. He initially said to me, let's do it animated. I said, okay. Then we got into it and started developing it. And he said, no, let's do it live action. And I said, even better. All right, so this moved on. This is crazy. This is crazy to me. I was seriously this is crazy. I was looking forward to this when it was announced as a as an animated feature. Um, I love the first Flash Gordon movie. I absolutely love it. Went uh, what was it uh, last year? Uh, it was one of those movies they had it for like a a fathom event where you could watch it in the theater and nobody showed up to my screening. I was the only one there and I got to watch Flash Gordon on the big screen all by myself and it was fucking incredible. And, um, Jake, God damn it. Uh, this could go really good or really fucking I love Taika Waititi. Like, he dropped off the Akira project, but now he's taking on Flash Gordon. I keep thinking to myself, like, when do we get the announcement that he's cast Chris Hemsworth as Flash Gordon? Like, when is... Can we just get that out of the way? I don't know. And that seems boring to me. I love Chris Hemsworth. He's going to be playing Hulk Hogan in the Hulk Hogan biopic that's going to be coming out. And we know that these two, do you think that it's going to be that kind of like boring of an announcement that they've cast? 
Chris, am I crazy to, to to be upset by that? Like, I think like a lot of fans would be like, "Oh my god, Chris Hemsworth as Flash Gordon, it's perfect." But me on the flip side, like looking like at the original actor and then comparing him to Chris Hemsworth, I I don't see it, man. No, I'm right there with you. I think that is boring casting. Um, I would hope Taika would have something a little bit more like different than that. Um, not that Chris Hemsworth isn't a funny guy. I think he has pretty good comedic timing, but yeah, but like yeah. the guy in Flash Gordon, it's not like he was fucking cracking wise the entire fucking movie. No, he's kind of like the straight guy to all this like goofy stuff going on. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think I think Taika is gonna like make it a bit more goofy than it would need to be. Like I think the Goofy's kind of baked into Flash Gordon. It's not really just like oozing with it. I think I think he gets the job because of Thor Ragnarok, a hundred percent. It's just like like that movie had like the Mark Mothersbaugh kind of like soundtrack that really felt Flash Gordon esque, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and um, I don't, I don't like I I was upset with the with the Taika Waititi Akira news like. I felt like if anybody could do it, it would be Taika. But on the flip side, it's like, honestly, I don't even, I don't, I don't even think Taika Waititi could do an Akira movie. I don't. I, I really found don't. That more interesting than this, just because of like, yeah, the challenge that it would be to make that a cohesive, interesting movie as a live action piece. I think James Gunn could do it after watching The Suicide Squad, but I don't know about Taika. Yeah, yeah, that's that would be a tough challenge. I think it's going to be easier to make a Flash Gordon movie than it would be to make an Akira movie just on paper. But yeah, I don't know. I, I'll i definitely be there opening night to see it, but I, I could see this going either way, either being just an instant classic or just instantly forgettable. Oh God. I, some shit you just got to leave the fuck alone, man. Sometimes like I, have I've, they ever followed up with that franchise before? I have, I've, I've never seen anything other than that original Flash Gordon movie. I haven't, I haven't, that's all I've ever seen. That's all I've ever seen. I mean, there might have been like, you know, comic books and stuff that came out from a certain, but that's it. I mean, I mean, it's based off of, uh, you know, comics, but they might have had stuff come out since, but I, you know, I think there was like a Canadian TV show or something, wasn't there? Really? At one point, I think it was in probably 10, 15 years ago. But I think <laughs> there was a Flash Gordon TV show at one point. I maybe, maybe lasted a season. I don't know, man. This, dude, it's, it's like, this is a tough one for me. Cause I, I, you know, I, I feel like I have no problem with Taika taking over. Uh, yeah, I have no problem with Taika taking over Thor because like those first two Thor movies, like definitely you can, you can definitely make those better. Right. I mean, you could definitely, yeah, yeah I would have given anyone Thor after those first two movies. And with, well, and I think the first one's way better than the second one. So, no, oh, I agree. You know, it kind of went down from there, but then it like you know exploded with Ragnarok. And I have no problem with watching, um, you know, Taika take on like new original stuff, like Jojo Rabbit, like which was fantastic, and then like Taika doing like What We Do in the Shadows, fucking amazing, love it, man. But this is Flash Gordon, and I mean, some people will be like, yeah, I watched Flash Gordon. Wasn't my thing. But for people like me, 
when I watch Flash Gordon, I love that movie. I love that movie. It is just there's just there's just something about it that uh it, it, the soundtrack, the just the way it looked and uh I mean, I think it's pretty perfect. Um, it's perfectly imperfect, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I feel like for as much as I love Taika Waititi and for as much as it feels like he's kind of like, like made for this, you know, after watching Ragnarok, it just seems like it would be like the perfect fit. I just feel like at the end of the day, when we get a Taika Waititi Flash Gordon movie, and I hope he proves me wrong, I feel like it's going to have like this... Hollywood Taika Waititi sheen on it that I just won't be able to shake that it just won't have like that you know what I mean I I, I don't know but Paul uh, are you a Flash Gordon fan you have any thoughts on this story uh, my only experience is that uh, like documentary I watched for this show um, that talked about like the whole making of it and his feud with the producer because they dug oh, yeah. his voice um i was i was hoping that you would say no uh i i I only once i got flashed by a guy named gordon so that's the it was just terrible yeah Um, (laughs) absolutely it was awful yeah fuck that property no um yeah i'm a big taika fan you know like jojo rabbit was one of my favorite movies a couple years ago and what we do in the shadows is one of my favorite comedies uh so i'll i'll see anything he's in and it might help that I have you know I don't have huge nostalgia tied into the property so it might help for people like me I oh guess. my god I never even thought of that I never even thought of that Jake like somebody like this could be like the first introduction to Flash Gordon they'll be like and they'll they'll watch this this version that Taika does and they'll be like oh my god this is great let me go back and watch the original one and they'll be like, yeah. what the fuck am I watching? They won't get it. They won't what get it. What the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> that could definitely – and I feel like that could definitely happen. Jake, am I being too hard on this? Am I being too hard – am I being too protective of Flash Gordon? I don't think you are at all. I don't think you are at all. I mean there's there's a reason that this hasn't been touched really at all and that we can't think of anything but that movie. I think it just seems like a bit of a forbidden fruit when it comes to why remake it. So, yeah, I don't know. I love Taika, too, but I, this is not the project I would have chosen for him. I, I'm more interested in seeing him do more original things. I'm very excited about that soccer movie he's got coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me the original stuff. Give me the original stuff or just, like, I want to see, like, what he's going to do with, like, you know, Love and Thunder. Uh, Flash Gordon, that's a that's a... That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Yeah, the Marvel stuff is enough IP property stuff for Taika Waititi for me. I, I, yeah. I would prefer just the Marvel stuff and then original projects in between that. Yeah, I mean, you know, like with the Marvel stuff, like taking over these characters and like putting your own spin on these characters is basically like the same thing that we've been seeing in comics for years. Like, oh, we've got a new writer writing Batman. You know, oh, here's here's Tom King's Batman. You know, um, you know, here's, uh, you know, we're going to give you... Uh, um, you know, just you know, think of any any comic oh, book yeah. writer. It's on been like that a way new... since the dawn of time. Yeah, yeah. here's Todd McFarlane's Spider Man. Yeah, you know, here's Rob Liefeld's Captain America that right. everyone's going to go Gaga <laughs> right. for. Right. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Here's George Perez's Avengers. I mean, that's just kind of how comics have always worked. With each new writer comes a whole new like style. I mean, here's right. Brian Michael Bendis's Avengers, which was unlike anything we'd ever seen before it happened. 
You know, all the, here's, uh, we're going to jump into Marvel news. All the, here's the thing, Jake. My, I get you know going back to Black Widow the movie and like you know all the people that were like, oh, I was fine with Taskmaster. I you know what? I, I get it. I get it. You know, you're fine with Taskmaster, but what, Jake? Like, what if you were the fucking the, the person that fucking you were the one that created Taskmaster? Like you fucking you were the you were the writer or the artist that created that Taskmaster character. And like th- am I being a fucking nerd no, here? I don't, I don't, now hold on, like I, Jake, I like what even that. What if it, like well hold on, like if if you get a fucking great villain, like the way they present Thanos, like everybody wants to go back and read the Infinity Gauntlet now. So they're selling fucking Infinity Gauntlet books off the shelves and shit. And people are getting their money for that. You know what I mean? But, like, when you're not doing justice to a character like Taskmaster, and, like, are we are, are we selling, are we selling, am I being a dick? Are, uh, are we selling more Taskmaster comic runs because of what we saw in the Black Widow? No, I agree. I don't think you're being a dick at all. I don't think since what they did to Deadpool and Wolverine Origin have we seen a more beloved character mishandled in one of these comic book movies. Like, it's one thing to, like, change plot points and change origins and i'm fine with that i'm not a big like push my glasses up nerd when they do stuff like that but this is such a drastic change and it very much reminds me of the deadpool thing because the taskmaster like just won't shut the fuck up in the comic books and in this movie he doesn't even utter a word or she doesn't even utter utter a word right um so yeah, it's it's just a complete mishandling of such a beloved character that's known for it, it, his talking. Yeah, yeah. I, Kevin, am I out? It, <sighs> <laughs> no, I don't. I think you are one hundred percent correct. Um, I just, I don't know. I just echo pretty much all of what you guys have said because I just can't see. I mean, this sort of thing. I mean, if if you're talking Taika Waititi, I, I just I don't see it. I mean, I I only know little of Flash Gordon. I've seen the eighty movie, mm-hmm. and I know the soundtrack by Queen. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's the only thing I have experience with Flash Gordon. Yeah. Um, I but that's I all you need, though, bro. No, see, that's all you need. I mean, I, do you need more? I mean, is this one of those things where you can just hey, we, you've got the eighty movie? Sure, it's 40 years old now or whatever, but do you really need to see something remade or rebooted or redone or whatever? Sometimes you do. Like, if hold on. Let me throw this out there. Let me throw this out there. And Jake, Kevin, Paul, let me throw this out there. What if Taika Waititi says, like, you know, like, I'm not going to do I'm not going to do a Flash Gordon movie, but I am going to handle another franchise. And they and 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 Disney has contacted me, and we're gonna do we're gonna do a Taika Waititi Rocketeer movie. Would you be down for that? Yeah, I, I yeah. I'd be okay for that. I feel like that character definitely needs to hit the silver screen again. That would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I I would be. I think I I would definitely. I just <laughs> that's I so that weird. Now. I want it yeah, to now. Now I'm like excited for that. Right, yeah, I really right. Want that, man. I, I think Taika would also be a better fit for Toxic Avenger. I think that would end up being a better well, that would be franchise cool. with him involved. Oh, I, like I was I was wanting James Gunn on Toxic Avenger. Uh, I mean, that's perfect too, especially yeah. with this traumatized. But right, right. 
but, but yeah, I, I think even that is still better. Would be a better fit for him than Flash Gordon. I don't know if anybody can do Flash Gordon. Like the it's just and and a lot of it does. Kevin come down to like that Queen soundtrack and like how yeah, perfect I mean, that it's was. Just things you associate with that. I mean that yeah. is that is the movie. I mean, right. So I yeah. I just don't see. I mean, you throw Chris Hemsworth whatever in there. I I just don't. I okay whatever. I mean, it's not. It's going to be very forgettable. If you get Chris Hemsworth to be in that movie, um, like that's like that's a red flag for me right there. And yeah. and and it's not that I don't love Chris Hemsworth. It's the fact that I just, you know, I don't know. Go what ahead. If they cast him as like the villain of the movie, <sighs> I don't. <sighs> so we're going up. So is this going <laughs> to be? I mean, is this going to be like a reboot or is this going to be like a completely different story with like, cause he can't be Ming the Merciless. I did not take that into consideration when I made my <laughs> recommendation. Cause I have no idea who Ming the Merciless is. Well, yeah. I've, so, so, so let's forget I said that. It's okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You definitely can't do that. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Paul, you just got canceled, sir. I got canceled. <laughs> Delete all your accounts, or you could be the sidekick. I don't know. I'm just gonna stop. P- I'm gonna stop making suggestions. PCL just just fired you, like like Marvel did uh, James Gunn. Oh no! <laughs> I'll see you guys back in three weeks. <laughs> Paul's, Paul's final Paul's final appearance on PCL. Um, I'm not joking. Um, (laughs) Guys, the Joe Bell plot twist. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Guys, it's time for Marvel news. I said that really weird. (laughs) Yeah, it's different. Guys, it's time for Marvel news. (laughs) (laughs) Arnold. Getting the chopper. That's tough. Oh, Marvel news. Guys, time, time for the Marvel news, guys. <laughs> Get to the chopper. Time for Marvel news. I watched, here, dude, true story. I watched, uh, Twins for the first time in years, like three weeks ago. That's a fun it's movie. Funny. Yeah, it's still very funny. Fucking Danny DeVito and Schwarzenegger have really good chemistry in that movie. Like, it's the complete opposite of, like, this episode and, like, what we've presented it. <laughs> as far as, like, the chemistry between, you know, the, the hosts and the guests. Like, they had perfect chemistry. <laughs> really good. Really That's good. a rough comparison. I don't know how we could hold up. We can't, Jake. Spoilers, we can't. Spoilers. Spoiler warning. Yeah, spoiler warning, Jake, we can't, okay? Yeah. (laughs) All right, I don't know. It doesn't take a fucking rocket scientist to figure that out. All right? (laughs) Okay, this is, let's chalk this episode up to a box office failure, okay? All right? (laughs) Oh, no, we're Battlefield Earth. (laughs) Oh, dude, dude, dude. You're you're giving this episode too much credit, okay? Battlefield Earth. Oh, no. Yeah, that's a it's a fucking juggernaut compared to this episode, sir. Dude, remember that line? I'm the juggernaut, bitch. Remember that? That that was a line in a movie. Yeah, that happened. That happened. There's a line in an X Men movie. I'm the juggernaut, bitch. <laughs> Somebody. 
Vinny, what, what was his name that played Vinny him? Jones. Vinny Jones. Yeah, yeah. Vinny Jones. A terrible. Gosh. <laughs> and I like that Vinny movie. Jones. That was terrible. Uh, Marvel News. I played half the bumper. Let's fucking go with it. Um, this rumor's actually been out for a couple weeks. I, I was aware of it last week. I didn't report it, but here it goes. Hawkeye spoilers. Uh, say, uh, fans, uh, fan favorite Marvel villain is coming to the MCU. Uh, moderators of the Marvel Studios spoilers subreddit say that they can verify that Vincent D'Onofrio is bringing his Wilson Fisk kingpin to the MCU. We've seen the beloved character on Netflix and Daredevil with D'Onofrio receiving praising reviews for his kingpin version. Uh, as you recall, Netflix has now canceled Marvel shows were not made by Marvel Studios and were not part of the MCU. Some theories said that both D'Onofrio and Daredevil actor Charlie Cox will appear in Hawkeye, but the Reddit moderators say only D'Onofrio will appear in the show. We are excited to re- reveal that according to our verified sources, Vincent's Kingpin is going to make his MCU re-debut in Hawkeye this year. The source indicated that Daredevil was also supposed to make his MCU re-debut in Hawkeye alongside his role in Spider-Man No Way Home, but scheduling for Hawkeye didn't work out. Kingpin will instead be filling that void. It gets even better. We already know that Cox will appear in No Way Home, and if these spoilers are accurate, then Hawkeye will run on Disney Plus at about the same time Spider-Man 3 hits theaters. The two might share some scenes, which is something we've heard before. The source that we've been in communication with has also implied that Hawkeye will be airing around the same time that Spider-Man No Way Home will be in theaters because the two MCU projects share some connections. This lines up with the previous verified information that we received that suggests an October release for Miss Marvel and a November release for Hawkeye. Second source, as always with leaks, there's no way to verify them, so you shouldn't be too excited about these Hawkeye revelations. But Redditors have also noticed a tweet, and this is true, I saw this, a tweet from comicbook.com, uh, from comic books, comicbook.com's Brandon Davis that said, we'll see D'Onofrio return after Hawkeye. Um, D'Onofrio liked it. That tweet has been deleted, but D'Onofrio liked that tweet. And then the actor unliked it. <laughs> so someone got a scolding. <laughs> you can't get away with it unless your name's Alfred Molina. <laughs> then you can just fucking do whatever the fuck you want to. Fucking Alfred Molina is just living his life like it's the 1980s. You know what I mean? He's only, got, a, he's only got about five years left. So. He's fucking, he's slapping interns on the ass. He's fucking snorting coke in the fucking, in the fucking, in the fucking bathrooms and shit. He's just, he's, he's living life like he's his Boogie Nights character. He's probably got that fucking that that fucking kid walking around popping firecrackers behind him and shit while he's filming shit. I'm fucking. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know about you guys, but um, it's it is kind of a big deal on Reddit when when moderators actually um, they they approve something and it's moderator verified. It's it is kind of a big thing on on Reddit. So I don't know. I think there's a, I think there is a 
Hmm. Ah, I think there is a big chance. Oh my God, Jake, I can't believe I'm saying this. I think there's a chance that we could see Vincent D'Onofrio in Daredevil. There's a chance. I'm not saying it's a hundred percent, but I'm saying there is a chance. Yeah, I feel it too. This feels like it very well could happen. It's such a big can of worms to introduce this character. I wonder what, what future plans hold for it. If it's going to be like maybe a TV main villain or if we'll eventually see him in movies as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kevin. Yeah. They introduced Vincent D'Onofrio into the Hawkeye series. One of my main concerns was the fact that he was so super violent in the Netflix series. <laughs> yeah, that's huge right there. Are they going to, um, okay, if this is a variant version of him or if the multiverse has now branched off into a Nexus event and created a bridge with the Netflix universe and brought him over. I can't feel like this is going to be the Netflix version, Jake. I, it, it, yeah, Kevin, is this going to be a neutered version of the? <laughs> is this going to be? An... <laughs> is it going to be? I mean, it, it yeah, has to be. It has to be. Yeah. I mean, it can't. They're not putting that on Disney Plus. They're not putting the violence and the blood and violence and and I mean, dude, he really slammed he slammed a motherfucker's head in a car door until he yes. died. I mean, his backstory. They're not putting any of that stuff on uh, in. Disney on Disney Plus. Yeah. Is all that even canon still? I mean, they, who even knows? That's true. I mean, they can do what they want, I guess. But um, I, but yeah, I I think it's cool. But yeah, I think it, this could. I mean, said. I mean, it could open up a huge can of worms when it comes to yeah, I mean, characters and everything. What's going on? And what do you show? What you don't show? What is canon anymore? What is not? Um. Yeah. So I think it's cool. I mean, I, I would love to see him back because he was just such a badass in that. I mean, such a terrible person and such a great villain. Yeah. That, but I just, I, I have a hard time seeing that exact version of him fit in the MCU. Yeah. 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 I do too. I do too. It'll be interesting to find out like what version of Kingpin we do get from Vincent D'Onofrio. I don't know. I don't, I hope, uh, Paul, is this is this a win for fans or or what, man? I don't know. Well, I think fans. Like, I mean, I, I don't think there's two ways about it. That it's going to be a more probably a little comical and definitely toned down from you know the car door killing guy. Yeah. Um, but man, dude, would I love to see Kingpin kind of be pulling the strings for the tracksuit mafia? Like because we know this Hawkeye series is going to be kind of based on the Matt Fraction, yes, thing. So I would love to see Kingpin be involved with that tracksuit mafia and all that, and to see him work. You know, just to get someone like Vincent D'Onofrio into the MCU would be fucking great. Yeah, um, I would love it. I, like I, I would, I would personally love it. But I see like how it might alienate some fans. Like, oh yeah, like we are getting Vincent D'Onofrio. Like, we're getting him as kingpin, but not as our kingpin that we fell in love with. Yeah. How do you get an apostrophe in your name? <laughs> when, like, when did that? When did that, you talk to? <laughs> when did that happen? Like, it's 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 his last name's D'Onofrio. It's D apostrophe and then a capitalized O, and it goes from Onofrio. When like when were they handing out apostrophes in people's names? 
Why can't I get on that fucking shit? How, Jake, you gotta be born into it, I think. Yeah, fuck, man. How, when did that happen, dude? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. The, the apostrophe is like me only, or you gotta be worthy of it. Because that shit. here's the thing, like, the apostrophe wasn't always around, dude. People didn't know about apostrophes, you know what I mean? Like, when fucking, like, cavemen and shit were fucking, like, you know, fucking making tools out of fucking sticks and stones and shit. This shit came along, dude. We missed the apostrophe bro- boat, bro. I want, maybe I want an apostrophe in my name, Jake. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you with some money, you can make that happen. Get, get some money, get a lawyer. We can, we can do it. Can I be, but where would, where would it be placed though in your name? It would be B apostrophe Ryan. B Ryan. Ryan. Is what I would be my name. <laughs> yeah. I'll start calling you B Ryan if you want me to. <laughs> I would like that, Jake. <laughs> okay. Okay. You got it, B Ryan. Dude, I just think I think it brings like an extra level of class to your name to have an apostrophe in that bad boy, right? You seem way more classier than you did five minutes ago with the B Ryan. Yeah, with the B Ryan. Yeah, so much intrigue to it too. You know what movie I didn't fucking talk about this week that I went and saw? Oh, uh, I don't know. Zola. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, I wanted to see that. Has anybody yeah, seen that? You've seen it. Yeah, I saw it the first night it was out in Hold theaters. On. Oh my god! I actually, what's crazy is I watched it the last night that it was in theaters here. It was out of the theaters after that, and I watched it the last night that it was in fucking theaters. Yeah, I, I was uh, quite. That Twitter thread is so infamous, and man, it that Twitter thread was a ride. Zola, yeah, fuck it. I'm gonna do this review right now before I forget because I fucking I want to talk about this fucking movie. Zola, a Detroit waitress, strikes up. We're gonna get back to Marvel news. Chill the fuck out, people. Like this is how this show works. Sometimes your host gets fucking drunk off of drinking Stella and forgets to fucking throw in a good pop bad pop review. And the, you know what? These are the things that people are gonna have to deal with. Maybe if I had an apostrophe in my name before this episode, that wouldn't have happened, Jake. Mm, I don't know if the apostrophe changes the game that much. Jake, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you're wrong. I think that you're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong. I think you're wrong, sir. Uh, Zola, a Detroit waitress, strikes up a new friendship with a customer, Stephanie, who seduces her to join a weekend of dancing and partying in Florida. What at first seems like a glamorous trip full of hoism rapidly transforms into a 48 hour journey involving a nameless pimp, an idiot boyfriend, some Tampa gangsters, and another unexpected, uh, and other expected adventures in this wild see it to believe it tale stars Taylor Page and Riley Keog. And, uh, this is an A24 film and it's, yeah, I was kind of blown away, Kevin, that this is a movie based off of like this woman tweeted. It was 148 tweets, I believe. It's yeah, bonkers, it man. 148 string of uh, string of 148 tweets. Yeah, about basically about her meeting. She was a waitress at this restaurant. She meets this woman. They both reveal that they are both kind of like exotic dancers. They dance on the weekends, and they exchange phone numbers. And this 
girl Stephanie texts Zola and says, hey, you know, there's a lot of money to be made in Florida. Um, do you want to come to Florida with me and we can dance and we can make like $5,000 or whatever it is. And it's going to be easy money. And then it just turns into like this insane fucking story of, <laughs> you know, yeah, they do a little bit of dancing and then it turns into like turning tricks and like this whole like take doing this like um, back page when that was a thing. Like when people were creating back pages, back page accounts and like women were like prostituting themselves with these back page accounts. And oh my God, Kevin, I, I, I watched this movie and like I talked about the green Knight and how I didn't follow up on that story after I watched the movie. This is one I definitely followed up on. Like I fucking like, like after I got done watching this movie and I got home, I fucking read the entire 148 tweet thread. Oh, nice. <laughs> I haven't read it in quite a while, but <laughs> I didn't know about this until this fucking movie came out. And oh my God, like this is an absolute Tupperware. This movie is absolutely in fucking sane, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I like the Twitter thread a lot more um, because, I mean, it leaves a lot up to your imagination in regards to, like, seeing the things happen and things. But I they did change a lot, though, in that movie. They did change a lot yeah, they from did. the actual events in that Twitter thread. Yeah. Um, and, and, of course, you got to – the people that are involved in it, some of the people have come out and said most of that was – I mean, at least they say it's – kind of didn't happen the way it actually was presented. So, um, cause I think the, um, the, what was her name? Stephanie in the movie. Yeah. Um, I, her name in real life is, well, it was like Jessica. So they changed that for the movie, but then she did it. She's got this whole Reddit thing where she basically disputes everything. Yeah. She comes off as fucking bullshit though. To me, she says like this girl, yeah. this girl danced at this club and she only made a dollar. And I yeah. find that hard to believe. Like yeah. I, that just <laughs> screams of like sour grapes that you're fucking, you're bitter about this shit. And I feel like her boyfriend fucking, <laughs> of course he's going to come out and say like most of this shit didn't happen. Cause dude looked like a bitch <laughs> in the movie. Right? Yes. Exactly. Okay. So yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if anybody knows like like what really happened except for the people that experienced it and shit and it feels like we're getting half truths from everybody that's involved. Yeah. But I feel but like it's it's a wild ride though. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, Jake, you should watch this shit, dude. It's called Zola and it's dude, we're in a we're at a point in Hollywood where they made a movie <laughs> based off a Twitter thread of 148 tweets man that's what hollywood is doing they're looking at twitter and making movies also keeping up with the times it features a lot of dick oh yeah 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 keeping up with the suicide squad time i like the nice pause before you said the word dick there i had to take take a breath because i was thinking i was thinking (laughs) am i better off going in this blind or should i like do research on the twitter thread first uh, I don't know, man. Um, maybe, maybe read the, I would say read the Twitter thread first. Yeah. I think. No, I would say read the thread first. Definitely. 100%. Okay. And then see the movie and, um, then you'll be able to tell some differences. And things. I honestly but, yeah, feel you'll, like you'll enjoy both. 
I honestly feel like once you read the Twitter thread, Jake, you're going to be like, okay, I have to watch this movie now. <laughs> like the Twitter thread starts off with this quote. Y'all want to hear a story about why me and this bitch here fell out? It's kind of long, but full of suspense. And what I loved about this movie is you actually, it starts with that quote. You hear the main actor say that in this movie. Y'all want to hear a story about why me and this bitch here fell out? And it kind of does follow a lot. Like as I, as I was reading this Twitter thread after I'd seen the movie, I was like, holy shit. A lot of this is like direct quotes that we heard like the inner monologue of this character say during this movie. And I kind of like, I really appreciated that kind of shit, man. Dude, it's fucking crazy. And honestly, like the Twitter thread, there's some shit that they left out of the movie. Yep. That's in the Twitter thread. Yeah. Which is crazy. I mean, again, it's crazy that you, you, in this day and age, you're making a movie about a Twitter thread, but that it's really this good too. Yeah. I mean, that's a crazy thing. You could make it, you could make a movie off any sort, I mean, thing and it'd be a shit movie, but this is really, this is very entertaining and a, a wild movie and a, a good movie. Yeah. 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 I Tupperware it. Zola. Yep. Yeah. You can, uh, it's, it's probably, it might be in some theaters right now. I caught it in the, on the last day, uh, that it was in theaters near me. Um, but you can get it on video on demand. It is 1999 right now. But I'm sure if you wait a few weeks, you can watch this a little bit cheaper. But, uh, I, uh, I highly, I highly recommend Zola. God damn it. I can't believe I didn't throw that in a good, you know what? That's what's good. Uh, Jake, I, you know what? I can do whatever the fuck I want to on this show. Yeah, you're fucking B. Ryan, dude. <laughs> dude, that apostrophe, it fucking adds a little bit of power, right? Fuck yeah. That's like Infinity Gauntlet style. I, mean, I don't think a, it works with level. my name. Like you, you're lucky you have those two consonants next to each other. Like Jay Ake is that. Oh, know. dude, Jay Ake is fucking dope as shit, bro. Oh, I think you'd be nice. Apostrophe K E. Mmm. I like that. How about Jaka? Uh, that sounds. Nice. How about how about how about Pinky and the Brian and Jake off? How about that? <laughs> oh man, we need to remake this podcast. The, the rebirth of PCL. <laughs> Jake off in the brain. Uh, I like P all. That's awesome. <laughs> that, that sounds like you're an, like you're really mad and you're fucking telling someone to get the fuck away from you. It sounds like an R. Kelly you know, orgy. All. It sounds like an R. Kelly orgy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> There's pee for everybody. All right, that's 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 the kind of energy that B Ryan brings, Jake. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like a whole new guy, dude. I fucking dude. I've remade myself. Like it's like it's like Brian died and was rebirthed as B Ryan. No one's never gonna call B Ryan ever again. Too brain. Oh no! Fuck no! <laughs> fuck no! Fuck no! Put an apostrophe in that shit and get it correct. Yeah. 
Throw some respect on my name. Dude, fuck, when the fuck? Like, no, seriously, I, I'm seriously, I'm baffled by the apostrophes in names. I'm baffled by apostrophes in names, Jake. When did these apostrophes come about? Who was passing out apostrophes? I don't know, but there's some lucky recipients of that. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm jealous of the apostrophe people. This whole group of apostrophe name people. You're lucky. You're lucky. Count your many blessings if you have if you have an apostrophe in your name. It adds a bit of class, Jake. It does. We've already proven it. A certain amount of clout with the old apostrophe. Loki. You got some Loki-adjacent news from comicbook.com. Loki director reveals whether Steve Rogers created a Nexus event in Avengers Endgame. Big news here, Jake. Did Steve Rogers create a Nexus event in Avengers Endgame? What do you mean, Brian? I mean the fact that Steve Rogers went back in the timeline to spend out his days with Peggy Carter. Did that create a Nexus event? The article goes on to say, while Loki did manage to dive headfirst into the time-traveling rules of the Marvel Cinematic Universe... The sci-fi plot device wasn't something entirely new to the franchise. A few years prior, Avengers Endgame set the stage with a time-traveling plot through the quantum realm. In fact, there was a moment at the end where Steve Rogers was charged with returning the Infinity Stones to their moments in time before opting to stay in the past and living a full life with Peggy Carter. Technically, Rogers' decision should have been a Nexus event, according to the standards laid out in Loki. While Loki Helmer Kate Heron doesn't have a definitive answer to the situation, she does want to remind Marvel fans there are two sides to every coin. So, I've been thinking about this. I'm just, like, so excited. People are going to be annoyed because it's not a definitive answer. But also, I can only really answer as a fan, right? My theory is this. It comes down to you to if you're an optimist or a pessimist. Heron said in a recent interview with The Direct, if you're an optimist, maybe it was okay for them living that way. And the branch wasn't so severe that it didn't need to be pruned. And that meant that they could stay together. Maybe the romantics can say somehow that that managed to exist. And then the pessimists think they probably got pruned. Heron went on to, uh, to give her uh, final ruling. Judging by the TVA standards laid out in Loki, she believes both Rogers and Carter both wound up pruned by the Time Variance Authority. It depends on how people fall on that side of things, because in my head, I guess it would be. Generally, branches have to be pruned and, and then maintained, right? But it depends. Like, if it's alternate, I would imply that it's running alongside our main timeline. So yeah, I don't want to definitively say that they were pruned, but by our logic in the TVA, probably. But maybe where there's a will, there's a way. And they weren't too disruptive and managed to live happily ever after. Paul, you doing okay over there, buddy? Yeah, no, I was just, I was, uh, I, I'll let you finish. I just got a little, because I was thinking if he was pruned, then he wouldn't be at the end of Endgame. Yeah, I don't know. This uh, it sounds like she's just fucking uh, doing circles here, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I yeah, it's crazy. She doesn't give a definitive answer. She's like you could think this way or you could think that way, but I'm not going to, you know, go out on a limb and think anyway. I I tend to think that it was not a nexus event in the same ways that 
a lot of the time traveling that the Avengers did in Endgame were also described as not Nexus events by the TVA. I think this is the, the reality that was meant to happen, and it did not create a million branches in the timeline. It's weird because, like, he is a he is a like, hmm, he is of the past. So, I mean, is his place in the past? Like, is it enough to create a nexus event for someone from the past to go back? I don't know. Yeah, it's fucked up. I just feel like the decisions that he made were the decisions that are being made on the sacred timeline, basically, and that he's good to go. Like, even though it involves time travel and going back into the past and being a past form of himself, I believe these were the events that were foretelled. Therefore, they're not Nexus events because they were expected to happen already. It's It's part of the prophecy. Exactly. I don't think what Cap did differed from what the sacred timeline said he was going to do. This was the proper ending as far as I'm concerned. Yeah... And I, I, Paul makes an excellent point. If they were to be pruned, they would they would have got pruned right away. The minute someone causes a nexus event, boom, the TVA are there, and we see Cap as an old man after doing all of his errands. Obviously, he was not in any kind of defiance of the TVA and nexus events. Uh, it doesn't make sense for the TVA to show up in Endgame and do any of that. Because, you know, you know, like... The, we haven't been introduced to the characters. It just doesn't. Well, I get. Well, like I totally get that, but then I don't think she can say, "Oh, he definitely would have been pruned." Yeah, she does say that. Yeah, I just think it's a hundred percent not a nexus event. If it, if time travel just it just traveling through time is a nexus event, then the TVA would have showed up the second the Avengers time traveled in the first place in Endgame. There wasn't a break in the sacred timeline until Loki got the, you know, Infinity Gem and did what he did. Everything else was already expected and planned, even though it involved time travel, it was still the path of the sacred timeline. Yeah, I mean, like, but, like, who, who, you know, who says what's sacred in the timeline and what's not sacred in the timeline? Like, whoever says it decided that time travel isn't instantly make for a Nexus event. We've seen that multiple times. It's too late for me to be thinking about this shit. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm with Jake. I mean, I'm with Jake. I just, I just don't see how it could. I mean, this the, the events were supposed to happen the way they happened, and I, I time travel. I mean, this is what happens when you don't set specific rules on time travel. Yeah, I mean, no one has rules. I mean, so one movie it does one thing, another movie it does another thing, just a little bit differently. A TV series does something else. I mean, I, I, I just don't think it could be. I mean, I, 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 I'm with Jake on that. I mean, the Loki show pretty much spells this out too. Like Loki, the, the Loki himself asked why you know the other Avengers didn't get in trouble with their time traveling antics, and mm-hmm. right, right then and there, it's like if just time travel itself was a Nexus event, then. Hawkeye and Black Widow wouldn't have done what they did and all those characters wouldn't have done what they did and like everyone just would have been pruned from the get-go. It's not just the act of time travel that makes a Nexus event. I pruned myself one time because I was fucking constipated, dude. I ate a fuck ton of prunes one time. <laughs> I pruned the... Easier ways to do that, man. <laughs> dude, uh, 
X lax? Is that it? What do you? Are that you, could be one. I mean, that's wait. a lot faster than waiting for. <laughs> or, or I, agree, I agree with Kevin. Just going straight prune. That was probably not. That was probably a Nexus event when you decided to go straight prune. Oh, God, I can just imagine. <laughs> what, what, what do you think? Uh, what do you think I should have done there, Kevin? Should I have like? What, what, what's that thing when you flush your butthole out with the what, an enema? An enema. Yeah. <laughs> should I went? Should I went the enema route? No, I, I would. I would have just went the X lax or some sort of stool softener plus a laxative. Yeah. Um, definitely not a bunch of prunes, dude. That out. Yeah. <laughs> how, how long did you just have to like, eat? I mean, just sitting there eating prunes. I mean, oh, dude, it was a good hour of just pruning. Now, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's a decision that B. Ryan would have made. Dude, 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 dude. It's a whole new world for B. Ryan, bro. Yeah. It's yeah. a whole that new. Was a, that was a boneheaded Brian. That was a bo- boneheaded Brian. <laughs> Classic. B. Ryan wouldn't even look at B. Him. Ryan's not doing that shit. B. Ryan's going straight for the X-Lax and the stool softeners, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> B. Ryan has this shit together. No, yeah. no pun intended. No, dude. <laughs> B. Ryan. <laughs> B. Ryan. B. Ryan had. Dude, fucking. My stool as B. Ryan. No problems. No problems. <laughs> yeah. Fucking. Pr- <laughs> dude. Fucking. Eating a bunch of prunes. Get the fuck out of here. B. Ryan ain't doing that shit. B. Ryan's hip to the game. <laughs> <laughs> Hip to the uh, sphincter game, you know what I mean, Jay? <laughs> and many other games. What? What are you? What are you? What are you insinuating, sir? Uh, all good things. I, I think B Ryan is more knowledgeable than things just besides butt. Oh God, B B Ryan is a sage of the ages, sir. <laughs> 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 When someone says Oracle of Wisdom, they are referring to B. Ryan. That guy is with it. Um, real quick, we're going to take a break here in a second. But, uh, I, Jake, I've got a Loki Season 2 th- like prediction that I wanted to bring up. Oh, yeah. Lay it on me. What, at the end of Loki Season 1, um, Sylvie you know, kills He Who Remains. And, like, so what happens with Sylvie? Like, right after that. Like, what happens in the Citadel? My prediction is that another version of Kang is going to show up right in the Citadel with her. Like, we're going to see, like, a fucking, like, tempad time door open up. And she's going to be greeted by another version of uh, of Kang at that moment. I think Jonathan I like- Majors will come back. What are you saying, Jake? I like that theory a lot. I think there's no way in hell we don't see the Sylvie character return. Yeah. So something has to happen to link her from that, the scene we last saw her and something new going on. So I yeah. like that theory a lot. And I, I like it too, it. but I also think it could be something as simple as just like we could see interactions with her and Miss Minutes, I guess, which like I think that's fine. To, I definitely want them to explore more of Miss Minutes, but um, I think it would be more interesting for like one Kang to instantly die and then, like, we see all these branches, and then another Kang is just like, holy shit, I'm going to show up. Uh, it's time for new management. <laughs> yeah, I love that idea, too. Just instant repercussions yes. for what she did. Yes. I like, yeah, 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 yeah. 
All right, let's take a quick break. I've got more Marvel news. <laughs> Marvel news. <laughs> Marvel. Dude, that B. Ryan would never say that, Jake. I still haven't. Oh, God. That might even be a tongue twister for B. Ryan. That's a lot of M. It is. A, more Marvel news. Um, yeah. <laughs> We've got more Marvel news uh, after after the break here. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we'll be right back. Bacon pancakes, making bacon pancakes. Take some bacon and I'll put it in a pancake. Bacon pancakes, that's what it's gonna make. Bacon pancakes. Bacon pancakes, making bacon pancakes. Take some bacon and I'll put it in a pancake. Bacon pancakes, that's what it's gonna make. Bacon pancakes. Bacon pancakes, making bacon pancakes. Take some bacon and I'll put it in a pancake. Hey, we're back. Jake, we're back. Yeah, whoa. Ooh, that was ooh. fast. Oh, ooh. Oh, ooh. Oh, I got an apostrophe <laughs> in my name. Oh, ooh. Okay, whatever. What's going on? I don't know what's going on here. Uh, <laughs> Jake, I love your fake laugh there. Um, <laughs> that, was, that was legit. I tried to stifle it. <laughs> no, it was like, it sounded like the most fake, uncomfortable laugh I've ever heard. It was me, it was me trying to stifle a bigger laugh. I felt felt like I was making love and I farted and she was kind of like trying to play it off like, oh, it's okay, but it's really not. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that didn't make things better. Um, Marvel Theory from Inverse.com, Eternals Theory hints at huge Loki cameo. I don't know about this. Maybe, maybe. Uh, Marvel's Eternals will probably encompass the broadest range of time in the MCU, considering the titular uh, Eternals have been uh, around for millennia. Uh, The movie follows them from their ancient beginnings up to hopefully the present day by covering huge swaths of human history. Uh, the movie's timeline could coincide with one of the earliest appearances of Kang in Marvel Comics, a time before the name Kang was even mentioned. Redditor Scarlet Warlock 911 noted Kang's first appearance in Fantastic Four number 19. In 1963, Marvel introduced him not as Kang, but as Ramatut, a time-traveling ancient Egyptian pharaoh who arrived in a sphinx-shaped time machine. This means it is possible Ramatut could appear in Eternals, Yes, it's a bit far-fetched, but Ramatut is a huge part of Kang's history. We've already seen one of his variants with He Who Remains in Loki, and Kang the Conqueror himself won't be introduced until Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania, so if we see any Kang variants in Eternals, it will have to be someone like Ramatut. Jake, what, Jake, Eternals, do you think Eternals is going to introduce any, uh, Kang variants? Or, or hint at Kang variants? My gut says it won't introduce any, but I, I could see them potentially hinting at it. I do think he's going to be a very important figure in the Marvel mythos, like, coming up. So it would make sense to keep him, like, fresh in everyone's mind. But I don't think it'll overall be that, like, much played in the plot of this movie. But I, I could see it. Yeah. Kevin. Kang? Yeah, I mean, I, I think... You could, I mean, I could see it, but I don't know. I just don't, 
I don't see the crossover that much between the. I mean, they're trying, they're doing certain things, but that's a huge tie-in from yeah from the series that's only available on Disney Plus to, I mean, a huge movie, a tentpole movie. So I, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, it would be, I, mean, I, don't cool. think that, I don't think that's the issue at all. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any issue of pointing people towards plot points that happened on the Disney Plus series. I, I think that's a non-issue, and they're not afraid okay. to do that. I, that's not in my reasoning why we wouldn't see it. Uh, the only it's, the only way I see anything Kang-related in the Eternals is if we've gotten through the main story of the Eternals and we see something in a post credit scene. Yeah. That's that's it. I can't see them unless there's Easter eggs that eagle-eyed fans are going to see in the actual movie itself. And I think that's all it's going to be is Easter eggs. I don't think that we're going to be getting Jonathan Majors showing up. Definitely not Jonathan Majors showing up in this movie and giving us another kind of like exposition driven, you know, monologue that we got in Loki, you know, for anything in this movie. Yeah, no way that happens. Yeah, it, it would definitely be on the Easter egg level if it happens at all. Yeah. Paul. Yeah, I was going to say Easter egg, like almost kind of like in the first Thor, how in the background you could see like the Infinity Gauntlet when we find out that's fake. But just like kind of just for like the people that know about him to kind of be like, yeah, this is like kind of, you know, he's the he's got to fill Thanos's shoes. So now like we kind of need to like just remind you that he's still present here. Yeah, And I think like a little Easter egg. You know, for the eagle-eyed people to see, like, oh, shit, yeah, there it is. Right. Well, I sent you guys the picture of the uh, of the ship that the Eternals show up. It's got a cloaking device, and then it uncloaks itself. And when you look at the ship, and you look at the design on that ship, did the black and gold revi- remind you of the design that we saw from the Citadel, or was it just me? I mean, to me... It look. I mean, it looks similar, but I. I mean, if you look at the the ship in the Eternals trailer, mm-hmm. I mean, it's got like. I mean, they're circular. There's design there. Yeah. There's like, I mean, really demonstrable designs that you can see and pick out. And when you see that sort of color and those crack or whatever that sort of design, you don't see that same thing in in the Loki in the Citadel. It just cracks. It's more, it just cracks all over the place. Yeah. Um, but it is, I mean, essentially the same color scheme. It's just, I mean, one seems to be more designed, purposefully, purposefully designed versus one's just breaking stuff like cracks. I feel like, like what we see from the Eternals and the shapes and stuff, it reminds me of like, it almost looks like ancient kind of like Doctor Strange slash the Ancient One magic. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. A little bit? Yeah. yeah. I buy into that. It looks yeah. definitely more like that than like the... Citadel cracks. Right. Would you smoke crack in the Citadel, Jake? Um, I don't know. I, that, that, I don't think that's a very safe place to smoke crack. I feel like <laughs> you need a little bit more cover. <laughs> okay, Kevin, you're the, you're, you're the, uh, you're, you're the only toxicologist on the, <laughs> on the episode, unless, unless there's something I don't know about the, the rest of the people on the podcast. Would you smoke crack in the Citadel? Uh, I would do coke in the Citadel. I would not smoke crack in the Citadel. 
You heard it here first, kids. I feel like it would be easier to smoke crack than coke in the Citadel. Like, there all those cracks. Like, where are you going to get a straight line on the floor <laughs> anywhere in there? I mean, the only reason I I wouldn't do that is just because I can't smoke. I just I can't inhale. So I, I, I would I would I mean resort to uh, snorting coke or something. Okay, that was fun. Uh, <laughs> hey, you asked. I, I learned a lot. I know, I know. Um, I love, I love that that was Kevin's qualifications. Like he was definitely the most qualified to uh, answer that yeah, question. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I, he's he he's the smartest guy on the podcast, Jake. Uh, no, I know that's no, the part no, that's funny. No. He, you know what I mean? <laughs> we get the smartest guy on so we could find out if he'd uh, smoke crack or I, coke in the Citadel. <laughs> I don't fucking care if you put fucking multiple fucking apostrophes between every vowel and fucking consonant in my goddamn name. I'm never going to be as smart as Kevin. You could put as many. My whole name could be just a string of apostrophes, Jake. <laughs> 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 I think we all know our own stuff in our own little way. <laughs> oh, that's 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 sweet of you to say that, Kevin. <laughs> I, it, it's it's a Kevin. It's amazing that I'm able to form sentences. Let's just say that, okay. <laughs> It's, I should be, I should be in like a human fucking circus. <laughs> listen to, listen, um, the, 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 the rambling moron, you know, I'm like, babbling Brian, babbling Brian, B Ryan, the babbling B Ryan. <laughs> and they, they put me right next to the bearded lady and the, uh, the, the, the strong man. So, yeah. I would come marvel at you. You, you, dude, I went, I went to like one of those, it was like a freak show event that they had like at the Peoria, um, fair years ago, Jake. And it was the most awkward thing I've ever done in my life when I was a little kid. Like they had the world's smallest horse and they had like the world's largest man. And so we went and saw. <laughs> So we went, we went and saw both and like, we saw like the world's smallest horse and it was like the size of a fucking like little dog and it was weird. It was so wild. And after that, dude, we went and saw the world's largest man and it was the most awkward thing ever. And I remember how awkward it was as a child. Like I was like, I can't, I wanted to take it all back. Like, why are we doing this? <laughs> because it, you literally just like, they took you behind this area and like you just walked by and like looked at this large man and walked like you just walked around and like looked at him and he's like looking at you and that's it like there's nothing like just look at the no lar- actual interaction with the no large man. interaction it's not like he fucking had a stand up comedy set or anything Jake <laughs> he's just sitting in a fucking like this big chair. And you just walk around in a line of other people and look at this guy. And that was it, dude. I was a little, little kid. Little kid. Like, I don't even think they have, like, freak shows like that anymore. 
No, not at like local fairs, at least. I don't think. Yeah, it was at a state fair and it was the fucking weirdest fucking, it was so awkward, dude. It was so awkward. And like, I left that and I just felt like, oh my God, I can't believe we just did that. That was just, it felt wrong, even as a, as a little kid to like, for them to be exploiting this guy. I've never felt right about it. Like if that, there's like certain things that you want to take back in your life. One is like, I wish I had an apostrophe in my name. Like, and that's, that's like, that like is something that I, like I have no control of. Number two is the fact that we just fucking spent money to like, look at this guy for being a big, large man, like very like obese. And it was like, it felt wrong. It felt wrong to do that, Jake. Yeah. I mean, you know, the errors of the, of your ways though. I, I think you, I was fucking five. I was like five or six, dude. Like, you know. <laughs> That's great. I always wanted to do that, but my parents wouldn't let me. Oh, my God. There's a lot of things my parents wouldn't let me do, but that was like one of them. Like, oh, let's scar our child by fucking, you know, ex- you know, helping to exploit this, oh, you know, obese man. Let's do that. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> but you won't let me fucking watch Cinemax. Fuck you. <laughs> oh believe me i watch cinemax so fuck off yeah i fuck i can't tell you how many times i watched a manual fuck when i was a kid anyway oh memories memories you're absolutely right sir uh are we still doing a show jake yeah yeah this is this is a show okay all right. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 news. This comes from Dark Horizons with James Gunn's The Suicide Squad upon us next week. And with the spinoff Peacemaker series having wrapped filming, Gunn isn't taking much of a break and is reportedly locking it, locked in filming dates for Marvel's uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Gunn was committed to a third Guardians years ago, but social media controversy saw that film being put on hold a few years uh, for a few years. Speaking with Collider this week, he confirmed that despite the time that has passed, the script has been near completion since about a year. And after the last film opened back in 2017, quote, it's basically been finished for years. I keep fiddling with different things and adding things and figuring out permutations and stuff. Jesus Christ, that's a word for you, Jake. Permutations? Yeah, that's a, that's a rough one to say. Jesus, James Gunn, big brain gun over there. Sounds like something Kevin would say when he's fucking doing his toxicology shit. <laughs> <laughs> you smart motherfucker. You permutation word using motherfucker. <laughs> I'm in the middle of doing it. Kevin hates me right now. <laughs> He's like, why you got to put my big brain on display, Brian? I uh, hate on anyone. No. Oh, no, man. Um, if, Jake, if you took my brain and you put it right next to Kevin Shank's brain, it's not, it, there's no Coke Pepsi challenge here. You're picking the Shank's brain. <laughs> the Shank's brain. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, Jesus, Shanks, your your brain has big dick energy. My my fucking, I got a micro, <laughs> a micro brain. I got a micro penis brain, bro. You got fucking BDE brain, bro. Oh jeez, your brain gives off big dick energy, dude. I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
James Gunn, what's he saying? Permutations. All right. I'm in the middle. <laughs> I'm in the middle of doing another draft now, but it's really small stuff in comparison to what it has been. It's basically been finished since three years ago. Filming on the new Guardians is set to begin in Atlanta this November. All that's known about the new film is that it's said to be quite emotional, with Gunn also confirming events that take place after those in Thor Love and Thunder. Now, guys, remember, Thor Love and Thunder does feature members of the of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um, one key element that will have to be dealt with is the death of Gamora and the alternate version that remains in the wake of Avengers Endgame. Uh, whatever he intends to do, Gunn says Marvel hasn't burdened him with having to set up much of anything else in the MCU. Uh, quote, the only time they've ever asked me to include something for future MCU, MCU movies was on the first movie with Thanos, putting Thanos in there, which they wanted me to do. But besides that, they've never done that. I have to pay attention to the things that happen, which they did talk to me about, the stuff with Gamora and things like that. I know that the characters have been through th- certain things, so I have to deal with that stuff. But for the most part... They never once asked me to put anything in the script for Volume 3 to set up anything in the future, nor would I do it. Frankly, it's not really my thing. One place it's likely we'll see some of those story threads picked up from Endgame and the like is the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, the one-off Disney Plus event that will air December of 2022. God damn it, does that not seem far the fuck away? Yeah. Five months. Five months before the third film arrives. Guys, we're going to be in 2023 before. Does it? 2023 sounds so far fucking off. Think about yourself back when you were fucking. I was, when I was 15, Jake, it was 1993 and trying to think of 2023. That seems galaxies away. We're only two years away from 2023, but that date sounds fucking wild to me. 2023 get the fuck out of here <laughs> it's coming you can't stop it you can't stop 2023 from coming it's co- jake it's, <laughs> it's coming we've, we've talked a lot about come this episode haven't we <laughs> it has been it has been our keyword yes yes i feel it wasn't there an, wasn't there an episode of peewee's playhouse where the secret word was come and then fuck it we go <laughs> We got to see Conky <laughs> Conky two thousand fucking go crazy for come. Mailman Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> sure, Cherry had a bunch of come on. Lawrence Fishburne was uh, Cowboy Curtis, Paul. Oh yeah, my bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll see myself out. <laughs> for I, shame. I didn't want the f- Paul. I didn't. <laughs> I, I didn't want the email correcting you. Somebody would have oh. emailed it. Uh, excuse me, Lawrence Fishburne was Cowboy Curtis. You fucking <laughs> Why is Paul not getting this correct? I thought he was canceled anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting canceled twice. Phil Hartman was Captain Carl. <laughs> that, that, that fact did nothing for anyone. It made me sad that we don't get yeah, so sad. Oh my god. Yeah, I felt remorse too. I remember there was an episode and I was watching it with my sister and my dad of Pee Wee's Playhouse and Phil Hartman. This is before Phil Hartman was like even on SNL. And Phil Hartman was Captain Carl and he had the hots for Miss Yvonne. And Miss Yvonne had the hot no, Miss Yvonne had the hots for Captain Carl. 
and uh, they were they were gonna. I think they were gonna have a date in a restaurant. Captain Carl and Miss Yvonne and <laughs> and Pee Wee was playing like he was the waiter, and he was gonna sit Captain Carl down in the restaurant that he made in Pee Wee's Playhouse. And Pee Wee puts his <laughs> Pee Wee puts his fingers over his nose, and he goes, Captain Carl, party of one, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> and and me and my fucking dad and my sister laughed at that for fucking I could literally call my sister right now and go Captain Carl party of what Captain <laughs> and she my sister would fucking lose her shit. Anyway, that's funny to me and my sister and no one else, but I thought I would share. Oh yeah. <laughs> And Gunn tells the outlet that the special, the holiday special, which is aiming to clock in at just under 40 minutes runtime, is officially a part of Marvel continuity. Quote, it's in canon. It's about the Guardians. You're going to learn stuff that you need to learn before volume three. And it's great, and I'm really happy with it. I'm going to film it at the same time as the movie. I'm using a lot of the same sets, the same actors, obviously, so we're filming simultaneously with the film, but it's going to have to be edited and finished soon. Holy shit, Jake, that's huge news, okay? Uh, you want to know how fucking important Disney Plus shit is? Well, not it's not even a fucking series. It's a one-off holiday special, and the holiday special is kind of like when we think of a holiday special, we think like it's just a, a one-off bullshit thing. Like, speaking of Pee-wee's Playhouse, they had a Pee-wee's Playhouse holiday special. Uh, think, speaking of holiday special, Star Wars holiday special. Those are just like one-off things that aren't part of like main continuity that mean anything. Um, he's telling us like, it's in canon. There's stuff that you need to learn in the holiday special before you go into volume three, this is important, Jake. Yeah, that's cool. That's interesting news. When I first heard of this holiday special, I did kind of think it was going to be along the lines of those other holiday specials you mentioned, that it was just going to be like a fun, like variety show featuring the Guardians of the Galaxy. But it really sounds like this is going to like paint the reason they all got back together and kind of catch us up with Gamora and, you know, really catch us up with all these characters before we see the movie. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, I I'm uh I'm I'm kind of uh kind of blown away by this news. Um the fact that it's going to be So how important is it going to be at the end of the day? Do you feel like I don't know. Like how important is it going to be like if you haven't watched the holiday special and then you just sit down and you're going to watch your um you know Guardians of the Galaxy volume 3? Are you going to be missing something? Have had you not watched the holiday special, or will you get it? But if you have seen it, it's just going to possibly enhance your experience. That's what I'm. I, I can't think that you're going to just jump in from like volume two 
end, you know, Infinity War and Endgame, and then just be like, once you, I can't, I can't fathom that you're gonna watch Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three and just be like lost the entire fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. How come no one has any arms? What's going on? <laughs> I just can't fathom that you're gonna be lost watching it. I think there's got to be. I think that the just watching the holiday special is going to like maybe enhance the experience for you, but like there'll still be enough in Volume Three to where you're gonna get something out of it. No, I agree. They're not going to shut anyone out. I, I think it will enhance stuff. You'll you'll know why certain things are, but those certain things I think will not be like deal breakers when it comes to understanding what's going on with the flow of this movie. It'll be like so. uh, it'll be like uh, those extends commercials for men. It just enhances your lovemaking experience. <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I mean? You worried Is about it a pill? It's a pill, and you're worried about performing that night. You take the extends. It's got the horny goat weed or whatever the fuck they're using, dude. <laughs> horny goat weed. <laughs> it's horny goat weed for the for the Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> horny Groot weed. Horny Groot weed. Oh. oh, Jake, I like what you now did there, there dude. There is a <laughs> plot line I'd like to see explored. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Jeez, Kevin, he's just a teenager. <laughs> well, here, however many years we've, we've, we've accelerated a certain number of years here. Come on. I don't want to get canceled now. That's the best time to explore shit, though, is when you're a teenager, Jake. No, I agree, personally. Yeah, I wouldn't know. That's the fuck. That's what I want from the holiday special. I want it to be a sexual awakening of Groot. <laughs> <laughs> His pubes look like a chia pet. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Oh, uh, uh, let's see here. Black Panther. Oh, this uh, Black Panther two. Where did this come from? Where do they? Why am I not fucking crediting any of my sources this week? You're being greedy. I don't know. It's like it's like oh this yeah. Uh, anyway, somebody reported this. I think it was. Huh? B. Ryan. B. Ryan don't give a fuck about that shit, bro. Don't cite shit. B. Ryan don't credit nothing, dude. (laughs) He says, fuck you, footnotes. Fuck you, man. I don't credit shit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Black Panther 2 leak allegedly solves the sequel's biggest mystery. A new alleged Marvel leak claims to answer some of the uh, some of those very questions, but make sure to take everything from this point on with a hefty grain of salt. The rumor that hashtag show reports that not only will the search for the Marvel Cinematic Universe's next Black Panther be at the very heart of Wakanda Forever story, but that the sequel will take its time before naming T'Challa's on-screen successor as well. That said, the site does state that Letitia Wright's Shuri will ultimately take over the mantle from Bozeman's T'Challa in the film's third act. The outlet goes on to claim that, as has been previously rumored, actor Tinoch Huerta will be playing Namor, the Submariner, in the sequel. Apparently, the film will see Namor going to war with Wakanda and will not feature any appearance of Doctor Doom, despite previous reports stating it would. Again, it's worth noting that these claims should all be treated as nothing more than rumors for the time being. Marvel has done its absolute best up to this point to keep the plot of Wakanda Forever a secret 
which means that any information about the sequel that doesn't come from the studio itself should be viewed with a heavy dose of skepticism. That hashtag show also has a mixed track record at best. So until Shuri actually puts on the Black Panther outfit, assume nothing. So, yeah, that's what that hashtag show is reporting. Uh, yeah, they do have a mixed track, mixed track record for sure. They're very good. Here's the thing. That hashtag show, in my opinion, is very good as far as getting, um, uh, what, casting, casting call sheets. Like, like, um, when, when Marvel is casting a certain project and they're looking for like certain types of people, like, oh, we're looking for, you know, uh, we're looking for an African American, uh, between the ages of 20 to, you know, 35. Uh, we're looking for this. We're looking for that. They're very good at, at that kind of stuff. I've noticed that, but like, this is, this is like them basically like saying, yeah, uh, Shuri's going to be the next Black Panther and Namor is going to be the villain, which is like shit we've heard from like everyone fucking else. So yeah, I don't know. Like this just seems like they're doubling down on like what everybody else has been fucking saying. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I don't take much stock in this either. It's just like, it's the safe bet. It's the Vegas odds bet. It's, it's done really, you're not really going out on the limb to say this is, what's going to be and you won't look that bad when it ends up not being the truth either yeah so it's kind of yeah. a, it's kind of a win-win for a news outlet like this yeah yeah because like if it turns out to be true they'll be like yep we were right yeah i don't find that to be too exciting either i i feel that like the same way about like chris hemsworth is flash gordon yeah it's just like the boring safe choice yeah. Like we we kept all this like secrecy so we could do what everyone expected. Ah. Right. What do you what the I don't know. Like what the fuck is going to happen in Black Panther 2? Jesus Christ. Mm. What a, I mean, it's 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 fucking terrible what happened. You know, losing Chadwick Boseman and it's like Oh my god. Well, yeah, you're impossible. not going to please everyone, no matter what you do. I, I do not envy Ryan Coogler and the choices he has to make here. Not at all. It's the it's the impossible. Tr- I mean, decision. I mean, how where do you go? How yeah. do you, how do you make that decision? Because I mean, yeah, if you whatever decision you make, I mean, there's going to be there's going to be people on both sides that or all sides that yeah. probably hate your decision. Yeah, and will be very vocal about it as well. What so. Oh, come on. <laughs> that would never happen. <laughs> You're nuts, dude. People yeah. are just so Everyone's easy. Everyone's going to keep their opinion to themselves. Yes. And not say, yeah. People on yeah, social yeah. media are so easygoing, dude. Yeah. Just so easygoing. I think, honestly, I think if more people had fucking apostrophes in their name on social media, they'd be easygoing. <laughs> they'd be all rainbows and. Yeah. Rainbows and sunshine. Puppy dogs and ice cream, bro. <laughs> that's the new blue check mark is the apostrophe <laughs> let's move into uh let's move into d so yeah we'll see what happens with black panther 2 dc news last night batman destroyed my vagina and now the leftovers are going to destroy dc news it's time for dc news you fucking pieces of shit that bumper doesn't get enough credit jake that fucking bumper fucking, you know what I mean? That, that bumper is my favorite. 
Oh, thank you, Kevin. Of all you have, everything you have, yeah, that bumper is my favorite. And I'm, I, I'll listen a lot while I'm at work, actually working in the lab. And I'm like, I, I start to say things out loud, and I probably shouldn't say that one out loud, but I have a couple of times. Uh, but um, this, this is my favorite one that you've got. So. There was a moment. There was a moment, Kevin, where um, I reached out to someone to create that bumper, and I literally typed those words. <laughs> on my keyboard, I typed out, Batman destroyed my vagina, and now the leftovers are going to destroy DC News. You know, that, that's something that's worthy <laughs> of, like, putting on your wall. Yeah, like, I, like, yeah. That. Yeah, live, laugh, love, fuck off. Batman destroyed my <laughs> vagina. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Maybe even tattoo. You go to the next level. I, and that's something I would not tattoo redo, Jake. Like that's, no, no. that's a, I don't need a fucking flower covering that shit up. Okay, bro. All right. You could just, you could fucking put your fucking tattoo gun away. I don't need any, I don't need a fucking lily covering that. All right. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Batman destroying vagina is timeless shit. Get right. The only thing that you can add to this is actually Batman destroying a vagina on my shoulder blade. All right. <laughs> you got time to fucking fucking chisel that shit on my fucking shoulder blade, bro. Batman just fucking tearing up some some vagine. <laughs> Make it so, as one Jean Luc Picard would say. See, the, all right. The problem with this is that there that probably exists. Somewhere. Somebody's got Batman fucking uh, banging some I, puss. I, I probably <laughs> they do. Oh Let's see that, listeners. Come <laughs> <laughs> on, somebody try and check. Oh, God. We're going <laughs> to fucking somebody's going to draw Batman fucking banging some puss. Send it to us. <laughs> PC House getting canceled. <laughs> uh, oh, come on. Batman would destroy some puss, Jake. Oh, no denying. No denying. Uh, news from CBR.com. Uh, flash set photos have convinced Ben Affleck is back as Batman. It, hadn't it already been confirmed that he was coming back? I thought so. Yeah, I, yeah, I thought I, all along this was, we knew this. Yeah, I guess like just the set photos confirm it. So, yeah, I mean, this is not really news to me. So, yeah, we're, I, you know, Michael Keaton, Ben Affleck, bring it on. I'm ready. I can't wait for it. You guys saw the pictures, right? Yeah. 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 Looks like it looks like. That's yeah, exciting. Did you guys see that they fucking, um, they had to shut down production? Yeah. <laughs> somebody, no, on the flash? Yeah. Somebody got injured on the set. I hear, uh, mm. yeah, somebody got injured on the set. They had to shut it down. I hear. Harrison Ford, Harrison Ford showed up for a visit. Um, <laughs> that's a joke, but they did. They, they, <laughs> he did. Um, oh my God. <laughs> I sent my <laughs> Jake. I sent my CBR when they did that fucking, uh, suicidal <laughs> suicide squad includes full frontal male nudity when they, when they quoted my tweet in that article. I sent it to my sister and she goes, wow, that's super cool. And she followed up a couple hours ago and she goes, and your quote is legendary. 
<laughs> again, that's wall worthy. You frame that shit and put it up. Should I? I should have probably have that made into a poster, shouldn't I, Kevin? Yes, you've yeah, got that's to. a good poster. You've got to. I can't believe it, man. I fucking i I tweeted that, not thinking I'd get like a a big response. I didn't want to spoil too much about the movie, but there was full frontal male nudity in a certain scene, and I I I got on on Twitter. Where where's my quote? Yeah, and I said uh, I will say one thing before I review the Suicide Squad on the podcast. It has full frontal male nudity. Why is this important? It's a flaccid cock in a superhero movie. <laughs> one small step for mankind of shit. And <laughs> I posted that. And then John, John Arvidon, who we've had on the podcast before, uh, reaches out to me uh, through a Twitter message. And he says... Hey, Brian, hope all is well. Saw your tweet about the male nudity in the Suicide Squad. My boss is giddy and wants me to write a story on that. I haven't seen the movie. <laughs> I haven't seen the movie yet. So I just wanted to be a hundred percent. It's legit before I start writing. And I kind of, I, you know, I described the scene for him and like what happened in the scene. And I kid you not, within an hour, I fucking checked CBR.com and they had posted that article. And, uh, it's, it's kind of surreal guys. It's kind of surreal. Like, you know, just something like that happening. Um, you know, I, I was just like, <laughs> just to be, just, my quote is so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like that double whammy. It's like, it's surreal that you got it's CBR, but then it, it makes it even extra crazy that it's what the topic is. <laughs> and I know like the listeners that listen every week, like when they read that tweet, they're like hearing it in my voice too, yeah. which is, <laughs> which is wild to think. Um, News from, uh, yeah, news from Slash Film. James Gunn has talked to Marvel and DC about a Harley Quinn and Groot crossover movie. Jake, what you, okay, yeah. Gunn shares the details of his pitch. I would really be happy to do a Harley Quinn and Groot movie. Not only have I thought about that, but I have actually talked about that to the heads of both Marvel and DC. It's like everybody's open to everything, but whether anything would ever happen, who knows? But the idea of being able to bring Marvel and DC together in a movie, that would be really fun for me. Um, so, you know, how do they do this? Like, we know that it feels like in the Flash movie, you know, they're going to be doing some kind of like time traveling multiverse shit. We've also got some multiverse shit happening in, you know, the uh Marvel Cinematic Universe of course after the events of Loki and then going into the Multiverse of Madness with Doctor Strange sequel could it be just kind of like a one-off kind of like one-off self-contained story where the multiverse sends Harley into a universe and Groot into a universe they share an adventure and then they both kind of like bounce out back to their prospective universes but man alive can you imagine Harley Quinn and Groot together in the same movie. And if James Gunn, here's the thing. If James Gunn has a story for this and he's fucking like championing this, I definitely feel like there's something here. And I feel like there's money to be made here. Like, like this is huge. Like if they can figure out how, how to make money off this, both studios, Warner brothers and Marvel studios, if they could both figure out how to make money off of this shit, 
this could be huge if this fucking happens. Is this going to – Jake, is this idea going to flourish or is it just going to die on the vine? I think it's sadly going to die on the vine. Um, I agree with everything you said. I, I think there's definitely something here. I don't think I don't think James Gunn is being flippant when he talks about this or trying to just make a joke. I, I think he legit probably has an idea how to make this work. I just don't see the two studios coming together like in the way that like Disney and Sony did with Spider-Man and the MCU on a way to make this happen. I, I think it's so tonally different. I, I would imagine that they would want to do this R rated if James, if it's James Gunn's idea and it's going to have Harley Quinn in it. And I don't know. I can't see them taking, you know, child toy Groot and allowing him to be part of this. I, I think the heads at Disney will probably shoot this down. <laughs> Maybe he's horny, horny teenage Groot. <laughs> Horny, horny, horny Grootweed. He's horny Grootweed. Horny Grootweed. (laughs) Harley Grootweed. Nice. Yeah, I I don't know. I I think this is going to die in the vine. I, I, I just cannot see them going forward this with this project. Would it be a financially smart idea? Probably. But I, I just can't see them coming to an agreement. I think. Can you imagine I, the merchandise? Oh yeah. God, that would be cool. I mean, just crossover merchandise somehow. I hope they do like a like an Ash, like an Evil Dead thing, where like where the roots fuck that girl. Oh God, that's terrible. Do you remember? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys, watch Evil Dead. Even watch the reboot. There's a scene where fucking roots. Yeah, I'm not gonna. Let's. <laughs> uh, why am I going down that road? Uh, this would be fu- this would be so much fun. I think Marvel, Jake. Honestly, I think Marvel. There's so much that they could do. They could be. They could market a movie. In my opinion, where they're like, this is not canon. This is just like we're just gonna fucking make a movie where like Marvel crosses over with Star Wars, and it would be like I think it would be the highest grossing movie of all time. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I feel like that probably will happen at some point. I, it should happen, like Marvel crossing over with Star Wars. Like it should happen, like you know. And it doesn't. It doesn't have to be canon at all. It could just be like you know the com- comic books do this all the time, Jake. Where where stories cross over, and if they just did like a one off of Marvel universe, like coming in contact with the Star Wars universe, it would I, there. Everyone would see that movie. That's a movie for everyone. And as ridiculous as it sounds, I, th- I think like it could it could dethrone Avatar easily, easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Star Wars meets Marvel. It's yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Everyone's seeing this movie. Everyone's seeing it. There's nobody that's not going to see that fucking movie. And it'll never happen. Do you think it would happen, Jake? I think there is a chance, yes. Interesting. I think it could happen in animated form, but I don't know if they'd ever do it live action. Um, but yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, Paul, Harley Quinn, Groot, you know, so we fucking got Margot Robbie, Vin Diesel making a movie here. You want to see this? James Gunn directing? Oh, I would kill to see this. This, this would be fucking great, but I just, I don't see this happening. At all, I mean, it's it's hard enough for Sony and Disney to try to keep the peace. I can't imagine, you know, them 
and DC working together to really kind of beat each other's face about, oh, this is going to make our character look bad, and oh, it's going to make our character look bad. Like, it's just going to be hell. Uh, Jake, is, is, is that Sony Marvel Studios stuff overblown? Do you think it's overblown? Like, what part of it? Like that The part like, oh, we can't – we're not going to sign another contract for Tom Holland to come over to Marvel Studios again. Do you think it's overblown or do you think or do you think like like it's all just kind of like a little bit of posturing and working out contracts? I think it's a bit of both. I think it, it, it's definitely posturing involved. But I do think there's probably, you know, just a little bit of an air of animosity between the studios. I mean, at the end of the day, Sony would stand to make more money if they could make Spider-Man successful without the MCU. And not have to share any of those profits. So, uh, Jake, I, they they get all, they don't share the profits when it comes to the standalone Sony movies. Marvel makes no money off of uh, Marvel made zero. I can tell you right now, Marvel made zero dollars off of uh, Homecoming. Marvel yeah, made it, zero dollars off No Way Home. But it just traps them into these into this weird like story thing going on with all the ancillary characters. Like if they could. If Spider-Man could be as popular as he is without the MCU tie-in, then they would stand to make a ton more money off of all these ancillary characters, too. So I don't know. It's I a, but but they a, haven't. They haven't. They run out. They run, about, they run out of ideas. They've only been able to go three movies deep on their own. That's the well, that's farthest. Where the je- that's where the jealousy comes in. Well, that's the thing. But, but, but they're making money hand over fist with Marvel. They're making money hand over fist. With Marvel, it, it, I feel like uh, personally, I think like you know, God, God damn it, put the ego aside. I don't. I, I I would like to know how much ego is involved here when it comes to this, or if because I hear mixed reports. Like it's like it's like I hear that they're like Sony is very happy with with working with Marvel and they don't want this relationship relationship to end. But then I hear like oh, there's this problem with the contracts and tom holland was the one that saved it and got them to do an extra two movies and it's like they're making all the money on their movies the only movies that they don't make any money off of are the movies where tom holland is appearing in the marvel studios big events like civil war infinity war Endgame. but as far as no way home and homecoming and you know far from home like that's Everything that they make, that's theirs. That's their money. Kevin Feige is going to be able to provide some guidance and some notes on like maybe what they should do in those movies. And he's doing it all basically, you know, for free. (laughs) I mean, so I don't know. I agree. I think both studios are getting a great bargain on the deal. Yeah. I think it's working out well, but I do think that it is fragile. Hmm. Kevin, is it fragile or do you think that Sony's all all in on this, man? We're making fucking money. We've got we've got a great thing going here with Marvel. Or do you think that this relationship is is it, it it's fragile that it could that it could end at any moment and Sony could say Sony could turn into fucking like your, you know, fucking uh, you know, who you thought was your best friend that lived across the street and said, "No, it's my ball and I'm taking it home. No more. I'm not done. I'm done. I'm no more. I'm not playing with you anymore. It's my ball. I'm taking it home." I I can see Sony. I mean, I can see them be, it being a little fragile. 
mean, there's obviously lots of ego involved. I mean, I don't think you get into any of these sort of um, deals and, and discussions. And I mean, these, there's got to be ego involved somewhere. Um, now, how much does that affect it? I I personally don't think it's there's a lot of an effect from that. I think it's Sony just posturing a little bit or a lot. And in the end, they're just going to keep going. Uh, they're just going to I mean posture and hold out and say what they need to say. And eventually they'll come to another deal and then they'll do it again five or six years down the line. They'll keep I mean, it'll just a cycle, I think. Um, like you said, they're making a ton of money. Yeah. Um, okay. Are they also maybe getting a little bit cocky because of like the success that they've had outside of like what they have, you know, uh, done with the MCU? Like there was some success there with that first Venom film. There was yeah. definitely some huge success with what they did with Into the Spider-Verse. So mm-hmm. do you think like, if Venom 2 comes out of the gate just fucking, like, firing on all cylinders, let there be carnage, and, like, holy shit, it's fucking, like, holy fuck, it's amazing. People are fucking sucking the dick of this fucking movie. And then all of a sudden, like, after that, Mobius comes out, which Mobius is like, whoa, okay, what the fuck are we going to get with Jared Leto's Mobius? And then all of a sudden, like, is that going to be a sleeper surprise hit? For fucking Sony, are people gonna fucking be coming out to the theater in droves to watch fucking Mobius? Is, I, Morbius. <laughs> I, I'm saying Mo, Mobius. Morbius. <laughs> are people gonna go nuts for Morbius? And like, will Sony just be like, oh my god, we've got our own universe here that's really special. People are really digging this shit. Uh, Tom is our actor. Tom is our guy. And we're, we're taking Tom away. Tom is going to be a part of like what we've got going on here. And we're going to fucking have him involved in a Sinister Six movie. And we're done with you. We're done with you. We're done with the MCU. Like we, we thank you. Thanks, Kevin. We've got it from here. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I could see, I could see them doing that or at least getting to that point of, I mean, getting a little too big and kind of too cocky. I mean, if, these movies are successes like the first Venom one. Is Tom cool with that, though? Is Tom Holland Tom Holland, is he cool with that? Like, he was the guy who was fighting fucking apparently to, like, get this this contract deal worked out for another additional two movies to be involved in the MCU. Or are they gonna, I mean, are they gonna push their star out of the role if they continue if, if not if they continue, I don't know if if they do decide to do anything like that. Uh, good, good question. I you got yeah. you're on your third Spider-Man in how many years now? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. And you've got what? This is his third movie plus the movies he's been in. I mean, yeah, I mean he might he might not like this, and he might. I mean, they might push him out eventually. I mean, he is a young kid, so he's still got years left. Well, and he's he been able to, to do he's been able to do some other things. You know, yes. like people really enjoyed the Cherry movie on Apple. You know, TV Plus, and, you know, it's not like he's just like, and, and, and he's got another, uh, he's doing the, uh, what's the adventure? Uncharted. Uncharted. He's doing the Uncharted movie. We don't know how that's going to perform. I, I, man, I think it's fucking, I think it would be fucking terrible at the end of the day if you've got a guy in here who loves being Spider-Man, loves playing the part, but then you got all this fucking bullshit business shit going on 
behind the scenes that just fucking forces this actor to be like, you know what? Fuck all this. I'm out. God damn it. That's, that's it's a shame if it happens. It's a shame if it happens, yeah. Yeah, that would be terrible. I think Morbius is going to end up being a very humbling experiment for Sony. I don't think they – the Venom thing is like an anomaly. I Venom is a very popular character. And it's very, Tom Hardy too. Very, very popular character. And, well, and you've got and Tom knows, Hardy in, the, in the role. Who knows Morbius? I mean the diehard fan. Part of me – part of me like after – part of me having this conversation with you guys is – Jake, I'm kind of wanting that Morbius. <laughs> this sounds terrible. I'm kind of wanting the Morbius movie to fail to give them that kind of like wake I don't up think you call. Have to, you have to cross your fingers too hard to get that to happen. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think this is definitely going to be a flop. I, I think they're going to realize that. And I, I'm sad to say, but I feel the same way about the Craven movie. I, I think Venom is a beast of its own. That's a huge name. Millions yeah. of people have fucking Venom tattoos. It's one of the most beloved characters in all of the Spider-Man mythos. And as much as like the hardcore fans like Craven and Morbius 2, yeah. very few people have tattoos of either character. They're, they just don't hold the same kind of like fucking weight that the Venom character holds. On the fifth I, episode of Tattoo Redo, somebody got their fucking Craven tattoo <laughs> removed yeah, from their body. Fucking Venom. And they replaced no, they replaced it with a nice with a nice tulip. So yeah. I think even Carnage <laughs> himself is a bigger draw to people than both Craven and Morbius combined. Um, I think that movie is going to be gangbusters again as yeah. far as making money. I think these are Carnage is a character that fans have wanted to see on the screen since he was incepted. And I don't think people have been like, oh, my God, when are we going to see Morbius finally get his due? <laughs> I, I can't imagine a single person has ever uttered that sentence. <laughs> Jake. <laughs> this. There is this. Jake, if, if that, if that, Jake, if that sentence has ever been uttered, we're gonna hear from that asshole next episode. <laughs> He's gonna show us the picture of his Morbius tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> it does make you wonder who actually asked for a Morbius movie. Of all the things they could focus on, who was it? That brought it up. Who, they yeah, Venom money, and they they know they have all these ancillary Spider-Man characters. Yeah, like I well, I th- out of all of the ancillary characters, Morbius. They're thinking they're well. What they're doing here is they're trying to set up. I feel like they're still trying to set up the Sinister Six thing because, like, when you look at the Morbius trailer, for as much as like uh, it's been a long time since like that trailer first came out, and I feel like a lot of people have forgotten about that trailer, but. In that trailer, uh, Michael Keaton's Vulture shows up yeah. in that trailer. Um, they're definitely setting up some sort of like Sinister Six element, especially bringing in Craven and, and I feel like their focus is on like bringing us this Sinister Six and having a Spider-Man Sinister Six event eventually. Paul, haven't heard from you, dude. What are you thinking, man? Man, I think, like, I definitely think there's egos there, and I would, I just think it'd be stupid on Sony to, you know, to kind of pull the plug on it. Because, honestly, like, if I think if you had some people that did not know the whole Sony thing, I think you look at these Spider-Man movies, and the average fan is just thinking those are Marvel movies themselves. Because they feel more like an actual Marvel movie than 
any of these Sony movies just because they have so much tied to the MCU. So yeah, I don't see yeah. how all of a sudden. They well, have you guys see- seen? Have you guys seen the pictures of the latest suit? Uh, I believe Dude, it was it's got like the portals on it. Yeah, it's got the Doctor, yeah, the Doctor Strange. Strange shit. Yeah, it's a black and gold suit. It looks like the Doctor Strange, um, you know, magic mixed in with his web. I believe it was a sideshow collectibles fig, uh, figure slash statue. So. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people are freaking out over the design of that and saying that they don't like it. And I get it. I think a lot of the things that we don't like as far as like what we're seeing, like in initial concept design, um, look better by the time we do see it on the screen. Um, but, you know, it may not be our favorite design at the end of the day, but yeah, they're trying to sell figures, they're trying to sell toys, I get that as well. But I don't think that's gonna be his suit the entire movie. I think we're gonna see him in the classic, no. you know, yeah. Spider Man suit and everything. Um as as far as the movies because Jake, is that a weird suit? Did you oh Jake, uh Kevin I like it. I I per- Part of the oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I want to hear what your thoughts are about that suit. But before I forget, did you guys see like it, somebody posted a fake? They tried to put it off as like a real video, a leaked video from like uh, it was like a a foreign trailer leak is how they tried to put it, and it was like um part of like a teaser trailer for No Way Home and it showed all three Spider-Man swinging along in New York City. Yeah, I remember this, yeah. Did you well, it just came out within like the last week, week and a half. Did you guys see this video? No. No, I did not. No, I haven't seen it recently. What No, it well, it just it literally just came out within the past couple weeks. Okay, yeah, I'm unaware of this then. Um, it's a video of all three Spider-Man like swinging side by side. And there was like this big debate, like, is this real? Like, is like, is this like, you know, is this a trailer, like an international trailer that just kind of got leaked early? And, um, this, thank goodness there are people out there that like have been able to kind of like pick up on like, okay, yes, that is the, that is the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. That is the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. But yes, these are scenes that have been taken out and kind of spliced into a video with Tom Holland Spider-Man. And uh, yeah, this is 100% fake. But yeah, it looks pretty cool. So yeah. Anyway, Jake, uh, thoughts on that uh, on that suit? I, I like it. I think it's cool. I, I've always been a fan since I was a, a kid of Spider-Man having costume changes and the things that come along with that usually gets like a new kind of power set or ability with a costume change. Um, I loved when he got the cosmic powers and he had the cosmic Spider-Man suit. I love the Ben Riley costume they had when they did all the crazy clone stuff. I, I, I love seeing different. I, I almost feel like every Spider-Man movie, we should see some kind of different. I like the, 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 suit. the fantastic four suit that he had, the white suit. Oh, I, lo- I love that one too. That one's awesome. Yeah. I, I'm all about it. I think when they did it with Superman, it was a big dud. Like Superman should just always be in that Superman costume. I don't think that costume really allows for much like imagination or interpretation. Like you always just kind of have to be very similar to the, the classic design, but I think it's fun to toy with the Spider-Man suit in a lot of different ways. 
Yeah. I thought it was cool. And I, I liked that we, you know, we know we're going to see some crazy Doctor Strange, like, combined with Spider-Man technology shit going on. I, it, it excited me. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, oh, shit. Star Wars news. I've got one article here from uh, from from Star Wars. I guess, Kevin, Kevin, is Star Wars news your least favorite bumper? No, I don't think so. What's your What's your least favorite bumper that I use? Oh man, uh, let's see. I'm trying to just cycle through them in my mind here. It won't offend me. Uh, no, <laughs> I think. I think it, I mean, honestly, I think it's the Marvel news. Oh, whoa, whoa sir! <laughs> <laughs> Coming in swinging. Wow! Woo! Jake! Jake's shots fired, sir! No, but this, this is like, but this is like MCU movies and things. Even the crappiest MCU movie to me is still a really good main movie to me. Yeah, but see so, the, the, the bumper, the back to the bumper, back to the the, the bumper. It just here's the thing, here's the inspiration for the bumper, Kevin. It was like I'm gonna play some epic music and then I'm gonna end on this fart that, that just some just this voice where I say Marvel news. <laughs> you know, it's like the most epic build up. Dun 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 it's like this fucking like it's like this amazing build up and then it ends with like Marvel now, my, my favorite special one though, I mean the special things I think it, it's got to be WandaVision though oh the WandaVision bumper yeah that one is spectacular yeah yeah alright Star Wars news you were supposed to be here with me, listening to Pop Culture Leftovers Podcast. It's not true. That's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much nonsense going on in that Jar bumper, Jar Jake. Yeah, yeah, Jar that Jar bumper's Jar crazy. It all together. You know, that, 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 that bumper is like a cocaine... Fuck it. That's like that's like a cocaine fever dream or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's wild. It's, it's wild. That R2 scream at the end. Oh, it's, like, it's like a cup of coffee. <laughs> it's the fear and loathing of bumpers. It is the fear and loathing of bumpers. <laughs> fear and loathing and Tatooine, man. That's amazing. I would love to see some art from crossover like that. Oh God! Oh, that would be fun, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think that would be really cool. Oh my God! Like fuck it! Like who would you have, um, as your like Johnny Depp and uh, Benicio del Toro oh. characters for that one? I would make it just Luke and C three PO. C three PO would be the Benicio del Toro, and uh, Luke would be the Johnny Depp. I like that. Riding in a land speeder together. Oh man. What if I said I didn't like that at all? I'd be fine with that. I, I all, all opinions are valid. <laughs> I would want to see it for me. It would be, it would be, it would be Ben Kenobi would be the fucking Johnny Depp character and it would be Watto 
as the Benicio del Toro character. Yeah, I was thinking Watto too. I was thinking Watto and Chewbacca. Watto and I Chewbacca. Mean, you're pulling at my heartstrings, including Watto. I, I I can't say I don't love that idea. Watto was the first guy that came to mind. I want to see him fucking drugged up, dude. That's exactly, dude. I want to see just. I, I want to see Watto just fucked up off some shit. That's him and fucking Anakin's mom. Yeah. Kenobi tries to Kenobi tries to buy some drugs from him with Republic credits, and he's like, "No, Republic credits." <laughs> <laughs> news from starwarsnewsnet.com that is that's redundant isn't it starwarsnewsnet.com why isn't it just like why don't they just call it starwarsnewsnet.org.com.edu like what the fuck the musical the series the podcast yeah, I mean, there's so many Star Wars news sites out there that you just have to really, like, fucking stretch to get just Star Wars in your name at this point. Yeah. Dude, would you – Jake, if you started your own Star Wars website, what would it be called? I, I have no idea. Maybe uh, maybe Star Wars with an apostrophe? <laughs> I can't use apostrophes in web domains, though. So, no, I can't. Jake, you haven't thought about this enough. Um, no. Kevin, what would you name your Star Wars website? Oh, um, uh, I haven't thought about it. Uh, makingthesith.com. I don't know. Makingthesith.com. Uh, Paul, do you have a Star Wars website name? Uh, the Mustafar Minute. Ow! Fuck, dude! <laughs> the Mustafar Minute? Holy shit, dude. You just fucking, you just, you know what? You just broke. Uh, search engine optimization. You just, you fucking killed it, dude. <laughs> Mine would be, uh, wikidick.com. <laughs> Straight into the point. Straight into the point. All right. But even, <laughs> this actually says. even though wikidick kind of leans to the left. But you know what I mean? This actually exists. Oh, let's check it out, dude. Wookiedick.com? Not destroying my search engine. I don't know. I'm going to go to... does not exist. Fucking A, I'm going to... got this right now. I'm going to GoDaddy.com and making that website. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't... GoDaddy.com, that sounds really porno related, doesn't it? I mean, they advertised it like it was porno related. They had the GoDaddy girls doing the GoDaddy dance. Jake, you're really well versed in GoDaddy, aren't you? Well, yeah, they, they used it as a plot line in wrestling a lot back when I was younger. So, yeah, uh, likely, likely story. I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I uh, the wrestling fans will know what I'm talking about. They, uh, <laughs> it was definitely part of canon. GoDaddy. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I love it when people try to like cover up how like non-pervy they really are dude i if i was gonna get pervy i sure would be going to godaddy.com oh god i would be there on a daily basis (laughs) 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 registering web domains gets me so fucking horned up i'm fucking i'm surfing that shit right now bro it's pending approval. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Star Wars news. Uh, Lucasfilm hires popular deep fake artist who made a version of Luke Skywalker from The Mandalorian. 
Isn't that fucking crazy? Jake, I honestly think that during one of our episodes where when we, when we saw the deep fake versus the what we actually got in the Mandalorian season 2 finale, I think we said like, "Oh my god, they should fucking just hire the deep fake guy. It was so much better." And Jake, what happened? They fucking hired the deep fake guy. Yeah, that was that was a smart move. <laughs> Because the guy they had, I mean, they should definitely throw him out in the street. <laughs> I fucking, how, Jesus Christ, man. That's, I think this is cool. I think this is super cool. It's, it's this guy, um, his name is Shamook. He, he has made a hobby out of, uh, these sort of adjustments. Shamook's most popular CGI fix video is an edit of Luke Skywalker's surprise cameo in the rescue, the last episode of The Mandalorian Season 2. The digital facial model he utilized more closely resembles Mark Hamill's appearance at the end of The Return of the Jedi compared to the model that Lucasfilm created. In addition, he also did edits adjusting the CGI on Grand Moff Tarkin and Princess Leia in Rogue One. They just said, fuck it. And hired this guy. And, uh, that's smart, man. Because, um, and honestly, Jake, I would not be upset if they fucking, if this is like one of those moments where like this is so fresh and so new that if they went back and Lucased this shit and made it look better, I'd be totally happy with that, man. Yeah, me too. I'm all for that. Cause that was the biggest thing that took me out of it was I just thought it was just jarring to look at. So I would love them to go back and tweak that up and fix it. Jake, Jake was like, why do they look like that fucking Tom Hanks North Pole fucking Express movie? <laughs> what was that? Polar Express. Why does, why does Mark Hamill look Polar Expressed? Yeah, that is exactly what I was like. And Jake was like, I'm Polar Depressed right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. I know. It's time to end when I say shit like that. I get it. I I understand. I understand. Uh, Kevin, was this a smart move? That's a dumb question, isn't it? It's just like the answer is yes, right? Kevin's on mute right now. <laughs> Kevin oh, hates sorry, this. sorry. <laughs> Absolutely smart move. I mean, you when you see talent, you don't let it go. Yeah. And so when you it, – it's a great opportunity for whoever this person was um, – it's a huge thing for Disney because now they're getting, or Luke's film, they're they're getting um, uh, a, a talented person who can do it better, probably with less resources at his disposal. Her disposal, right. I don't know if sure who it was, um, but um, I, yeah, it's a win-win for everyone, for the fans, for the viewers, for the person getting hired, and for and and for the company overall. So, yeah. Easy, e- easiest yes you could probably say in your life. What's so fucking weird to me, Jake, is the fact that Marvel, which is owned, you know, Marvel Studios, which is owned by Disney, can get it so right when they de-age, you know, Michael Douglas and Ant-Man, when they de-age Kurt Russell and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, when they de-age, you know, Robert Downey Jr. I mean, they get it right, and then, like we get what we got in it just doesn't make sense that it's like the same company. Like why can't you put the same kind of like laser focus that you put like on those other movies? Why can't you put the dollars behind this 
that you put into that? Why can't you like? I don't know that Jake. That's never no made sense, sense to me. Why would they share the technology to the the same studio? Thank you. Like, why couldn't we get Princess Leia looking like Princess Leia at the end of Rogue One instead of like looking like Polar Express Carrie Fisher? What the fuck? I I don't get it, man. It, so I guess if you have to hire this guy to get somebody to fucking do it right on the side of Lucasfilm, then yes, this makes sense. But I don't understand why this got so fucked up in the first place when you've been able to do it right on so many other levels in so many other Marvel movies. I don't know. It just never made sense to me. Makes zero sense. You know us, you know what, you know what makes sense, Jake? Us ending this episode. That's what makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are on to something, B. Ryan. <laughs> B. Ryan's back. B. Ryan's back. B. Ryan's back. All right. Yeah, that's the <laughs> B. Ryan would have never said that. That is, uh, I, I no, I disagree. B. Ryan would say that. Oh no, that's that smells of Brian. <laughs> I don't know. Hold on. I don't know. I don't like Jake being the authority on B. Ryan right now. I don't like the direction that this is taking. That's what Ryan would say, so there you go. Yeah, uh, B. Ryan, there you are. <laughs> Jake's like, that's the B. Ryan I know. <laughs> Welcome back, Kata. Um, <laughs> Welcome back. All right, guys, I want to thank Jake. I want to thank our fucking guests this week. I think they did a f- fantastic job. Uh Paul from Apple to Oranges. Dude, what are you doing over there on Apple to Oranges, man? Man, we are reviewing all the new stuff that's coming out. We're talking some of the news, which isn't a lot right now, and upcoming stuff. And uh, our big one is uh, fucking uh, Ted Lasso right now. We Ted Lasso, yeah. In full swings of covering that schmigga dude. And uh, the new Joseph Gordon-Levite show comes out next week on uh Apple TV, which looks like it's going to be pretty fucking awesome. What's that show called? It's called Mr. Corman. Oh, Mr. Corman. When's the Joseph Gordon-Levitt show come out? August 6th. Comes out next week. What's that one called? Mr. Corman. Oh, is that who you said? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. Brian's back. Dude, Brian's back. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, everybody. I'm back. Uh, uh. I thought I was trapped in a time loop there for a second. No, I thought I didn't think he said Joseph Gordon Levitt. I thought he said like um Schmoshif Schmashnevit or something like that. I didn't know. That's exactly what I said. No, I thought you said a completely different name. I didn't think you said Joseph Gordon Levitt. I thought you said a completely different actor. So I was like, hey, when's that Joseph Gordon-Levitt show come out? Because you clearly said Schmerschiffmack and Snabben. And I totally went German for a little bit. You, you, I don't know. Oh, my God. Guys, yeah, B. Ryan is dead. I fucking killed him. <laughs> Man, what a roller coaster this was. <laughs> no, but check out Apple to Oranges with Paul Hart. Um, yeah. Jesse Candelary in June, you guys, uh, you guys cover all, uh, things Apple TV plus related. So yeah, check yeah, out the podcast. It's, it, it's so cool. Cause Jess has really started to kind of take like over a lot of the show too. 
So she's been fucking killing it. So yeah, she's she's awesome and June's great to be with. It sounds like Jess is kind of micromanaging the show. Is that what's going on? Here, <laughs> Pretty much, and I, it's it's for the better. Is it, so no, it sounds like it's it sounds like Jess has slapped the dick out of your mouth here with this show. Like, oh yeah, yeah, that's exactly what happened. Oh. Uh, uh, no, no, like, it's just because she was, you know, like, everyone, when they first start out, you get super nervous. Yeah, and, and now she's she just, just, she's and just, now she she's, takes over the reviews. Yeah, she's like, just steamrolling you in June. Yeah, that's, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't disagree with that. Jake, does Jesse Candelori work well with others? I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely up for debate. Isn't it? <laughs> oh my god, no, she's awesome. Stop it. I know. I fuck. I I think Jesse's fucking incredible. I'm just fucking around right now, dude. I think I, I'm just fucking around. Don't listen to me. Um, <laughs> she would lay down the fucking micromanaging and ask why I allowed her to be slandered. <laughs> I'm glad, uh, Paul. I just want to thank. I, I want to thank Jesse for allowing you to be on this week. So. <laughs> Thank you, Jesse. Paul was great. Thank you. I enjoyed having Paul alongside me as a guest. This is fun. Thank you for allowing that to happen. Kevin! Yes? What are you doing and where can people find you, sir? Uh, I've been on hiatus with Nobody Asked You Kevin, but I just recorded episode 62 today, and it'll be uploaded soon. So I'm back from hiatus on that. And I'm working on, I believe it's episode 18 of Dose Makes the Poison, the Toxcast. I talk about drugs and chemistry and forensics in pop culture and the media and movies and all sorts of things. So um, that'll be going up in August because that's a monthly podcast. So you can find them wherever you find your typical podcasts. But that's me. That's the podcast where Kevin explains science to us simpletons. <laughs> I, I, I talk a lot about poisonings in movies and how are they portrayed correctly. Um, or my last episode was the Olympics are going on right now. Um, and uh, we had a sprinter that was suspended for testing positive for cannabis, marijuana. So um, I just talked about that whole situation and anti-doping and all this nice stuff. And so, yeah, if you like drugs and pop culture and sports and all that nice stuff, give it a listen. Yeah. So if you, yeah, if you like, uh, if you like doing drugs and, <laughs> and watching TV, give them a listen. It's a good combination. Good combination. It's a wonderful, you know what? It's honestly I'm sure a lot of our listeners will be into that. Can, yeah. Can you find a better combination than that? There dude, there's not many great combinations in life. That is Yeah, peanut butter jelly. Peanut butter and jelly. I think you've named them. Drugs and TV. Drugs, Drugs and television. TV. B and Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> B and Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Paul! I can't. You did it, Paul. Joke of the podcast. Joke of the podcast. I wish so I took me six hours. I wish I had a. I, <laughs> Jesse will be proud. Fuck 
no, I feel like there's some fucking like Handsmaid's Tale shit going on over in your podcast, bro. Be well or whatever they say. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it sounds like she fucking she rules that podcast with an iron fist, bro. Yeah, June gets in a lot of time to talk. It's, it's, it's pretty toxic, actually. <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing with my life? Uh, no, check out apple to, apples to oranges and uh, the tox cast. Dose makes the poison, which Kevin. I'm telling you, it should be the Toxic Avenger. I'm telling you. Uh, yeah, I, I, I had, I thought about that after I think you'd brought it up a long <laughs> and, time ago. And then I you were like, I, and then you were like, you, you small pea-brained motherfucker, that would never. No, I love that. <laughs> if, if this, if this show wasn't named this already, I would 100% name that show. <laughs> 100%. Seriously, I, guys, I don't know what our listeners think about this episode, but I've had a fuck ton of fun. I love talking to Kevin, love talking to Paul. And uh, next week we'll be back. One review next week. We're going to be talking about The Suicide Squad. Jake, I am so excited to talk about this movie with you. Um, you are going to love this. And... Jake, the only thing that could have made my experience better watching that movie would be had I watched it with you. No, I appreciate that. Yeah, it sucks we couldn't make that happen. But, yeah, we, next week, man, I can't wait to fucking be talking about this shit. You're going to be obsessed with this movie, Jake. You're going to be obsessed with this movie. It is going to live up to all your expectations and more. And uh, I hope everybody else loves it as well. But we will be back next week with episode 392. We'll be talking about the Suicide Squad. And until then, just like all good leftovers say in the doggy bags, thank you for your patronage. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. See ya. Laters. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it toss it, good it Do we love it? Hey, let's race it, clean erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over, counterculture pushed over. Pop culture leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are originally good. I've already been done before, so we should Separate the wheat from the shaft And give a shout of crap, even though we're the shit Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap! Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, clean it, race it Let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture Carry over, counterculture pushed over Pop culture Leftovers And with the uncool kids 